Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, trees and multiforms, it's time for a return to to who? Who or whom are we returning to, or who or whom is talking? Well, I could tell you that I don't know the difference between my who or my whom, but I can tell you that one of my favorite doctors, D- David T., is uh, coming up tonight. I'm going to be talking about an episode of, well, anyway, I'll be meandering. It'll take me forever to get there. It'll feel like I never got started. Because I'm really here to take your mind off stuff and keep you company as you drift off to sleep. Who I am, and that's uh, that's who I am. Oh, who I am I is a good, good question. And if you're thinking about that stuff, that's one of the things I'm here to take your mind off of because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, you know, you're thinking about thoughts on your mind, or, you know, I guess it could be other thoughts. So whatever you're thinking about, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, you you know, like uh, whatever's going on, you know, a second, third shift, you could be on call. You know, stuff could be just, you know, stuff, holy stuff, S-T-U-F-F. I'd like to read it in reverse. Uh, when I think about some of the stuff that keeps me up at night, I'd spell stuff backwards. But I drop one of the Fs, uh, and then whatever comes after the U, like S, the T and the S, too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't need to talk, but, but just sometimes, but I'm here. I already got lost. What am I going to do? What am I, what am I doing? Oh, I was seeing the stuff that keeps us up and up at night. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of, no, no, I'm not really, I'm, I'm just being facetious. I know you're, you, it's not your fault. You're keeping me up at night. Uh, it's, it's just a thing. Uh, but so yeah, I'm here to do, try to do it with kindness, a little bit of silliness. So what I'm going to do is I got this uh, safe place uh, carved out, set aside. It's palatial. I've never, I don't know if I've used the word palatial on this podcast before. Makes me think of the palatial podcast I haven't started. The podcast about palatial places uh, and things palatial and things interesting to palatialists. Uh, the palatial, palatial notes, the podcast about palatial things. Yeah, people, palatial, what about palatial people? Are those people that live in palaces or palatial-like build, palatial-like places? Are all palaces palatial? No. Are all palatial places palaces? No. Don't put the P in the palace, though, I mean, unless you're in the right room, okay? But please, uh but what was I talking about? Oh, I'm going to create this safe place. I got to set aside. Maybe we'll go back to, I love, I love saying palatial. It's like palladium, which I think is like a new like thing. Uh, not like, well, anyway, okay. So, or velodrome. I don't know why. So velodrome just popped in my head too. So I'm going to create a safe place. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, 
I'm going to go off a topic and uh, like, uh, like do those extra words, mumbles. Uh, you saw one of those tangents, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, all in an effort to keep you company while you drift off. If you're new, uh, a couple of things you might want to know right up front. One, this is a podcast to keep you company as you drift off. I, I tend to uh, like, uh, like uh, oh, I think I said that. I'm extra mixed up today, which is a good thing in this podcast. But so if you're new, here's a couple of things to know. One, this podcast doesn't work for everybody. So uh, kind of just see how it goes. It doesn't necessarily have to work for like, uh, just kind of look at it loosely. Like if you were studying a cloud or if someone was listening, like, uh, here's the thing, like if you have more than one palace or palatial, if you have a palatial estate, um, and you start talking about it, like, I'm probably going to start to tune you out. I mean, maybe, maybe like, and that's just for my own, since I don't have a palatial estate, you say, well, yeah, then we have the mar, you know the, uh, you know the the uh, the the gra- you know the the picnic area. Then we have the picnic zone. Then we have the water play area. Then then the water park. And I say, sorry, you you have a water park at your palatial estate. It, well, it wouldn't be palatial, would it? You know. Then we have uh, the water gardens, which are really nice. So at some point, I would probably tune you out, or you know, you'd see steam coming out my ears. And I would be green with envy. I'd probably be red with envy, not green with envy. Uh, but so this podcast is very similar to that. Like uh, for some people, there is steam coming out their ears. Uh, sorry about that. It's just not for everybody. But for a lot of people, you could just start to tune me out. That's what the regular listeners do. You, you, if you're new, you're, you might be paying attention. You say, what is up with all these people that listen to this show? Because he doesn't talk about anything or get to any points. And the regular listeners would giggle along with that. And they'd say, yep, yeah, he doesn't. Uh, that's why we love old scoots. So that's, um, oh, so don't pay attention to the show. Barely listen to it. Uh, but I will say that most listeners say it takes two or three tries to get used to the show. So give it two or three tries and just kind of see how it goes and then see, okay, well, this kind of barely worked for me. So that's one thing to know. The next thing to know uh, well, so consume the podcast loosely. The other thing is there's a lot of podcasts to put people asleep out there or other sleep solutions and stuff like this. This is the only podcast that's kind of here while you fall asleep. I'm here to keep you company uh, as you drift off. I'm your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just here to be at your bedside, it, like, uh, well, you know, while you fall asleep, uh, that's it. Uh, tell you, take your mind off of stuff. Uh, so this, that's two things, two, two things uh, to know. Uh, the other thing that can throw new listeners off is the structure of the show. The show is very different and uh, it, that can mix people up. So let me tell you about the structure of the show. show starts off with a few minutes of business. Uh, that's how we keep it. The, oh, it starts off with a greeting. Uh, then we do the business. That's how we're able to bring the podcast for free twice a week. Then there's an intro. And the intro also can throw people off because it's me talking for about 12 to 20 minutes about what the podcast is. So I'm kind of, uh, I say, well, like, uh, I, oh, I, I try to get to the point and ex- explain what the podcast is. And then I go off on tangents or get mixed up. 
And I wish I was totally 100% on purpose. I, I do say that sometimes. Totally intentional. Every meander is a well-planned meander, but that is just not the truth. Like sometimes, you know, you just got you, you to gotta do a little bumbling, uh, some natural bumbling. So that's, so what was my point? Oh, so the intro, is that's one of the reasons why the intro is so long. But the main reason is the intro is like 12 to 20 minutes long when you'd say most intro scoots are like two or three minutes, you tell us what you're going to tell us, say something, then tell us what you're going to tell us again. I'd say, well, I tried to do that. But the whole idea of the intro, so there's a few ways to consume this show once you become a regular listener. At first, just kind of consume it, you know, first it probably skeptically or doubtfully. And then after that, you say, well, I'm not so sure about this. And they say, oh, I'm not so sure about this. So I don't have to listen. But as you become a regular listener, there's 2% of listeners who start to show at around 20 minutes, and they just listen to whatever starts at 20 minutes. It might be the end of the intro, might be some business, might be this where we talk about tonight, we're talking about an episode of Doctor Who or a holiday special. So you could you could see after you become a regular listener, oh, that's what works best for me. But most listeners, they listen to the intro as part of their wind down. And some of them start it before they get into bed. Some of them started as part of their bedtime routine, whether they're journaling or knitting or cross-stitching or doodling or petting pets or brushing their hair. You know, whatever the stretching, you know, just sitting and staring. That's one of my hobbies, uh, you know, out the window or at a wall or at the ceiling. I do really like, like, and this is something I just got back into. You say, Scooch, what do you, what else do you do for fun? And I'd forgotten this one. I do like to look at my, like, look at things from upside, like in the, like upside down. I like to like, uh, get into a position where I can look at and pretend that the ceiling's the floor. And if you haven't done that in a while, I highly suggest it. I mean, make sure you do it, you know, in a, in a safe and comfortable way. But talk about it. I say, how did I forget how, you know, then you pretend you're walking, you imagine you're walking around your apartment and it's upside down. I love doing that. So those are all reasons the intro is around 12 to 20 minutes to kind of give you time to unwind and ease into bedtime. Uh, so that then, then there'll be some business. And then I'll talk about a, a, an episode of Doctor Who from Series 3, the second series with David Tennant. Uh, this one will be the how like the special before the season started, and if you've never seen Doctor Who or you have strong feelings about it, uh, don't worry. This will be very meandering. Everything will be uh, told in a bedtime story way. So I'll take plenty of long turns around anything that you say. Well, I'm not so sure about that because when I was a kid, I wasn't so sure about the the original Doctor Who series. I'd say, oh boy. But now I've grown to love it and the performances. So we'll have some fun. So we'll talk about that for about 40, 45 minutes. And there's some thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. And the kind of two uh, pieces of like code you could follow. Don't really need to listen to me or just barely listen. Don't take me seriously. And uh, don't no pressure to fall asleep. The reason the shows are about an hour is I want to give you plenty of time to drift off. So I'm here to keep you company as you drift off instead of putting you to sleep. But then if you can't sleep, I'm here. Or if you need a break during the day, I'm here. Or if you wake up, uh, 
as I have been doing. You say, well, there's here's some scoots. I can just put on scoots and it'll take my mind off of stuff. So that's all the stuff around the structure of the show. The reason I make the show is because I've been there. I know how it feels in the deep, dark night. I know how it feels. Uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Uh, so I've, I, like, I know how it feels, and I, it's not great. And So that's one part of it. But I also uh, truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep, and you deserve a safe place to respite. So that's why I make the show, because your world and our world will be a better place if you're rested. So that's really it. I, like, uh, I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by and checking the show out. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive because I want to help you fall asleep. Uh, and here's a couple of ways I'm able to bring this show, bring you the show for free twice a week. Thanks for coming by. All right, everybody. Scoots, we're talking about a Doctor Who. We're doing the holiday special, The Runaway Bride. Which I believe precedes, well, I know it precedes uh, season series three, the second David Tennant season. And it opens with a wedding and a lot of shots from the wedding the organ, the bride, the groom, the guests, even one sneering guest, uh, the wedding music. Here comes the bride, or I don't know what song it is. Uh, there's candles, there's lanterns, there's greenery. Oh boy ribbons uh and then the bride turns to gold dust it ends up it's gold space dust uh and she in her in her space dust form goes into outer space and straight into the tardis uh and we get some comedy uh because she shows up in the tardis and the doctor says what like what right now i just rewound it to see she's turning to stardust uh her mom and the groom are gasping. She flies off uh, off of Earth, uh, probably a fat, probably light speed, I guess, if she's stardust. Uh, into the TARDIS, doctor looks up, what? She says, who are you? Uh, what? Who are you? What? Where am I? What in the heck is this place? And the doctor says, what? Then we get a short open, I think. Uh, uh yeah what what open bride uh bride something yeah we see david tennant uh catherine tates and uh doctor who uh so i don't think anything else uh, for the intro the tardis flies in runaway bride by russell t davies and we're still going through the opening I'm watching this on BBC America that I recorded it. She says, where am I? The doctor says, TARDIS. Uh, she says, what, TARDIS? What, TARDIS? Uh, you ready? And she says, that's not a proper word, which actually it is. It's capital T-A-R-D, proper noun. Uh, yes, it is. She also calls him Dumbo. Uh, like... Uh, she goes, I was halfway up to Isle, been waiting to get married, seconds away, and then you, you, how'd you get me here? Also, there's marble. This is the first time I saw marble on the TARDIS. Now, I may have missed that before. Doctor's trying to calculate and fix how even she got there. She goes to leave the TARDIS, uh, sees space. She says, yeah, that's outer space. Uh, you're in space, outer space, or something like that. Uh, this is my spaceship, I guess. Uh, and she goes, who are you? He says, I'm the doctor. Who are you? And she says, Donna. 
uh, and he goes, are you human? Uh, she goes, yeah, of course I'm human. What are you, what? she goes, is that optional? He goes, well, I'm not, yeah, it is for me. She goes, by the way, space is kind of closed with, cold with the doors open. So they close it. Then the doctor does fast uh, calculating talk. Uh, you know, he's trying to figure out everything, trying to figure out who she is, why she's there. Uh, but she goes, you know what? I need to get back to the church. I think it's in Chiswick, but I'm not sure about that. Get me to the church. Uh, he goes, yeah, why, well, you're not supposed to be here anyway. St. Mary's Hayden Road, Chiswick, uh, Chiswick, Chiswick, uh, Earth, the solar system. Uh, then she finds Rose's shirt. He goes, that's my friend. She's gone. She goes, what do you mean gone? He goes, I lost her. Uh, you know, and then we get a little touch of, uh, you know, back to last season. And she goes, hurry up and lose me back to my wedding. But the doctor's got a scowl, you know, uh, in a frown. And he goes, right, uh, Chiswick, uh, Chiswick, uh, St. Mary's recalibrating. Uh, there's also something on the wall. They're one of the ribs of the TARDIS. Uh, they land. She goes out, uh, looks around. She says, St. She goes, St. Mary's. She goes, what Martian are you? He goes, there's something up with the TARDIS. I got to, oh, this is when he recalibrates. She goes, something, she's digesting something. I don't get it. And he goes, have you eaten something strange, Donna? She tries to look around the TARDIS, which blows her mind, of course. Uh, uh, that box uh, comes back to the TARDIS. Uh, she goes, oh, the, did you, she goes, that box is weird, man. He goes, because he goes, is there something... He goes, are you sure you're, you know, you're getting married to a human? Uh, not a slit, whatever those were, slitherines or whatever. Then she says, I just want to get married. Uh, uh, she goes out to, to the, um, oh, she also talks about pockets because uh, they go, he says, come back. She goes, the TARDIS is too weird. No way. Any phone? She goes, no, I'm in a wedding dress. No pockets. Have you seen a bride with pockets? The doctor doesn't have an answer for that. She goes, I forgot to ask the one wedding dress with uh, pockets. She goes, let's get moving. He goes, I'm not from Mars, by the way. They get in the cab. It's double rates in the cab because she says I'm in a hurry. I don't know what double rates said today. She goes, you got any cash, doctor? He goes, no, don't you? She goes, uh, pockets. Uh, he goes, okay. So then she yells at the cab driver, double for his mother. We see some uh, Boxing Day signs outside of James Howell and company. The doctor hacks a payphone so she could call her mom, but she has to leave a message. The doctor hacks an ATM uh, like uh, so that she can get in a cab. She borrows a tenor from somebody without the doctor, like while the doctor's trying to get money. We see three Santas in a band playing tidings of comfort and joy and some snow person inflatables in the background. Uh, but those snow people are not in the business of giving tidings of comfort and joy. They're clearly trouble, so the doctor throws a cash party. Uh, but she gets in a cab, Donna. Uh, but a Santa's running the cab, uh, and it's a Santa to say, time for the, straight to the North Pole, this cab's going. 
So it's action TARDIS time, and this was a cool scene. I was trying to imagine myself watching this as a holiday special as a kid and thinking this would be really fun. And the doctor has her on a map. It's a Santa bot uh, or robo form. Then we get another open tag. Uh, then, you know, the ad. Then we see Donna in the Santa robo form cab. And the TARDIS is flying after her in pursuit with hero music. And there's kids in a the car. They see it. They love it. Uh, the doctor uses some twine to control the, the TARDIS while he tries to, you know, help Donna. She, she doesn't want to go to the North Pole. She wants to go to her wedding. And he, he kind of works out a method. Then we get some James Bond music. Uh, this is when it's revealed that Santa's a robo form. And uh, he said, uh, like he says, if the Santa's a robo form, there's no way that uh, it's going to take you to a wedding. It's got to be going straight to the North Pole. So Donna says, uh, well, uh, but I'm going to my wedding. Uh, so he's, then uh, she, so she won't go with the doctor, though, either. Doctor has to use his twine to speed up the TARDIS. He goes bouncing on some cars, more Bond music. He tries to cancel the robot. That doesn't work uh, that well. She said, Donna says, no jumping on the motorway. The doctor says, come on. The kid's in another car cheering, jump, jump, jump. And he says, you got to trust me. And then she does. And there's victory music. And the TARDIS is out. Uh, uh, then we see a watch. Is that right? And some steam. Let me see what we have here. He's, you know, the doctor's trying to warn her off, say, come on, let's get going. They jump back in the TARDIS. Everybody's, kids are happy. So that was a cute moment, of course. Uh, and a good moment for Donna, you know, to say, well, I did it. Uh, the kids, wow, they're really happy. And they, one of the kids has a Santa doll. TARDIS is out, uh, flying high in the sky. Yeah, oh, she looks at her watch, because, uh, oh, and then it's, they're on a roof. Smoke's coming out of the um, TARDIS. Uh, the doctor says, a funny thing for a spaceship, the TARDIS doesn't do much flying, or she. They're looking out over London. She says, I wish you had a time machine so I could go back and be at my wedding. Because goes, yeah, we can't do, TARDIS can't do that. Even if it could, it would mess up the timelines. Uh he says that apparently it does that uh, from his own error. I can't remember from last season. The doctor's very thoughtful. He gives Donna his jacket. Uh, she gives him some burn, you know. Uh, uh, he gives her a wedding ring, which is a bio damper. He goes, I hear the, their bio, I the, do the bio damp, which was funny. Uh, it keeps her hidden. With this ring, I the biodamp, he says. Uh, and then he talks about last Christmas. Uh, like He didn't give anything away the very next day. He said, last Christmas, you know, I had to deal with some other thing. He goes, yeah, I dealt with these, ro like a different kind of Santa, robo form. Because uh, you don't remember that great big spaceship last year over London? She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I was hungover. And I had to sleep in. He goes, okay, well, he goes, yeah, just over there in the Powell estate. Uh, and he says, anyway, my friend, and now he goes, okay, I got to change the uh, subject here. 
friends. So he has some memories. He's a little down. She says she notices. Uh, she changes the subject. Uh, or no, he does. She says, who was he? He goes, anyway, what is, why do you think those RoboForms want you? Uh, there's nothing special or powerful about you. And he tries to scan her with the um, sonic screwdriver. She goes, stop bleeping me. Then we get a flashback of Donna's and Lance's love story at H.C. Clemens, where they both work. He's in HR. Uh, they do ID cars, keys, locks. Uh, she, she started there. There's some interesting signs about locks and her desk and Lance getting her coffee. And it's a nice little scene. Uh, and, I mean, it, it, it unfortunately pays off, you know, but not in a... Hey, there's a couple payoffs for it. Uh, but, yeah, she talks about, uh, you know, this thing with Lance and kind of paints her own her viewpoint of it. Then they show another viewpoint of it. Uh, so you get some humor of uh, Donna and Lance uh, and the perspectives of reality. And uh, you get to see some of London or, uh, like, sets. I think it's London. Doctor tries to get more information. And she goes, enough of my CV. Uh, the doctor says, because something with keys, maybe. She goes, come on, let's get back to the wedding. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. She goes, you can do the explaining Martian boy. He goes, yeah, I'm not from Mars, by the way. Then we go right to her wedding reception. It's party time. There's disco. There's dancing. There's a cake. Uh, and Donna rolls in. Her Lance is dancing with the woman that was uh, sneering at the wedding. Her parents are dancing. Everybody's having a good old time, with, even though Donna's not there. She's very cross, I would say. Very, very cross. Uh, it's holiday dancing music playing. She says, uh, what did you do? Are you having the wedding reception without me? And then everybody says, well, why not? It was already paid for. Uh, like, uh, they kind of give her some tood. Uh, Lance is like, where were you? Uh, it's a tense moment. Uh, the doctor says, hi, I'm the doctor, by the way. And, uh, there's more kind of very funny episode. Uh, uh, even Donna's mama says, mama says, uh, what am I supposed to do? And they go, where, what happened? Uh. You just disappeared. Everybody's so she gets a little sad, but it's a fake out. Uh, she kind of plays them, and then I think there's a commercial as Donna plays them and winks at the doctor that she's super sad. Uh, then we come back. Let's see. We come back to. Uh, I have to fast forward through these commercials because I'm why I don't have it. Uh, an ad free, I, I, like I can't find it anywhere. I guess it's moving to another service, but I do have it on BBC America. So we go back to the party. It's really kicking off. Donna and Lance are dancing. Neil Hannon singing Love Don't Roll By. Uh, doctor borrows somebody's flip phone, looks up H.C. Clements, uh, puts on his thinking face. Goes over to the videographer. He says, okay, what is up with this uh, disappearing Donna? He sees that it's gold that she disappeared by. 
He says, well, that's impossible. That's like Huon Huon particles, uh, too ancient, so old, uh, doesn't exist anymore. Billions of years ago, uh, so old uh, that biodamp doesn't even work. It can't be biodamped. Then we have Action Doctor again. We see Santa bots everywhere. They're in the Manchester suite, by the way, where the wedding reception is. uh, yeah, Santa bots are everywhere. Then one of the Santa bots pulls out a Nintendo GameCube controller. I'm pretty sure that's the one. It's a controller to GameCube. It could be a 64, uh, but I think it's a GameCube controller. And uh, it's a remote control for these uh, flying ornaments. Uh, and everybody does Oh Dear. Some people do a cake dive. There's fun music, at least, but it's not good for the wedding because it ruins the wedding. The ornaments ruin the wedding reception. Uh, more Santas come in, but then the doctor totally plays them. He says, hey, by the way, don't let somebody with a sonic screwdriver get to a sonic system. And so he gives them a sonic a screwdriver, sonic blast. Uh, uh, short circuits all the RoboForm Santas. He says, hey, by the way, there's two remote controls here. And Donna says, aren't you going to do anything? Like, what? He goes, I got to look at the big picture. Who did this? Who is that? Uh, who's uh, that? Uh, who's that? He goes, and they see the RoboForms are coming from up there in the sky. Uh, then we see projections and we hear a voice say, clever, clever, clever. Kind of a cat voice. Uh, or someone doing a cat voice, they have many uh, screens, and they have, like, a, oh, then it opens, uh, or then it goes to a commercial. So a cat voice, kind of from the movie Cats. I didn't see that movie, but you've seen kind of some of what it looks like to have a celebrity dressed up as a cat. And that's what you could expect coming up here, uh, but uh, with uh, wax teeth. Uh, is that part? Yeah. Then we're at AC Clemens' uh, office. Uh, doctors are looking around. They have nice holiday decorations at AC Clemens. Uh, it was bought up 23 years ago by Torchwood. You know Torchwood? No one knows it. Uh, Canary Wharf, uh, Cyber People. No. Uh, Daleks. Uh, she goes, I was in Spain. He goes, you didn't see any Daleks in Spain? She goes, I was scuba diving. He goes, well, that was it for Torchwood. But H.C. Clement stayed in business. I didn't know. I said, Torchwood's gone. There's also a sign, engagement is the key for business. Uh, he says, Huron's ancient. We got to figure out. He goes, it's rem- related to the remnant of the TARDIS, the heart of the TARDIS. That's why you connected with the TARDIS. Uh, activated these things. He goes, and now I'm looking at the building plans, and I see that there's a sub-basement. So we'll go to see you later. She says, no chance, Martian. Uh, Lance, get inside here with me. Then we hear the cat person, they're a cat person, like they say, the bride approaches. She's my key. Then uh, Lance, uh, Donna, and the doctor in a sub-basement with green lighting. They ride some segways around. They have fun. Uh, They get their bearings. The doctor says, we're just under the uh, Thames flood barrier. Rhapsody in blue plays. It's a secret base. uh, And uh, somebody says, I know, I know, love. Uh, 
particle. Oh, they go into a lab. There's particle extrusion and bubbles. Uh, and the doctor says, yeah, they're extruding, extru extruding Huron particles. I don't know, from the Thames or something. Uh, he says, this is brilliant. Uh, oh, they're manufacturing them. He makes faces, but he makes faces behind the bubbles. Uh, Lance is still trying to do, who are you? The doctor says, I'm a freelancer. Uh, so they're using the attempts to extrude stuff into liquid form. And yeah, that's what's in you, Donna. He uses them to light her up to show the resin, that Huron particles resonate. The doctor gets really excited, does some fast talking, says Shazam a few times. Shazam a few times. Because he says, well, geez, your wedding, you would have been all, uh, you'd have had all these chemicals inside. Uh, you know, endorphins, adrenaline, you're like a walking microwave. Uh, uh, that's what makes you go Shazam. But the doctor says, don't worry, I'll re reverse it. They open up lab 003, and we see Santa Roboform, or no, just Roboforms in cloaks. Uh, there's a big hole in the earth built by a laser. It goes all the way to the center of the earth. The doctor's surprised by that. Uh, then the cat is coming in through, per well, let me get some of these. Uh, he says, geez, how far down does it go? Uh uh, but then they hear this voice. The doctor says, oh, well, only a, uh, only a doctor talks to thin air. Who are you? Come on down and see us. It says, Hi, I'm a cat high in the sky on a pillow uh, floating over Christmas night. And the doctor goes, I'm not talking. And the, he goes, come on, kitty cat. I want to see you. Come on down. Uh, she goes, who are you to command a cat? He goes, I'm the doctor. And she goes, prepare your best stuff, doctor, man. Because you're going to be in trouble. Then the, the cat appears, and she's like doing uh, meowing, and some hit cat hissing. Arachnos is the name of the cat in the cat people. Uh, yeah. Then uh, he says, "I can't believe it." Uh, Empress of the Arachnos is who she is. Uh, so she's not just any cat or Arachnos cat person. She's the Empress of the Arachnos, which is, I guess, is important. Or at least for our story, it's important. Uh, then she says, oh, they say, only you? She says, only me. I'm the last. Of, or doctor says, you're the last of your kind. Uh, they also mention the shoes called spats. Uh, Lance and the bride, she calls, she says, oh, you're so feisty, this bride. Because uh, they say the cats take all the milk. Uh, these cats, arachnos, not regular cats, arachnos cats, are going to gobble up all the, you know, the milk on earth. Because uh, that's usually where they should go. And uh, let's see, Lance uh, does a double take. Lance and the bride, so feisty. The cat is just a cat. Uh, like, Lance sneaks up on her, uh, but then she says, Lance is funny. Lance is on my side. He loves kitty cats. Uh, then we kind of learn that Lance is very impolite. Uh, uh, and Lance says, you know, Donna's idea of a height of excitement is a new Pringle, uh, new flavor Pringle. And Lance says, big picture, like the doctor said, for me, is seeing all of space. Uh, that's what I want, to see the size of space. And then she says, who is this little physician? And the doctor says, well, why'd you build some 4,000 miles around, down there? 
like, uh, and then she says, anyway, doctor, you're toast. Uh, and the doctor starts buying some time in a very typical doctor fashion. And he says, we don't have to worry because the TARDIS doesn't need to go to us. Uh, when she's got Huron particles, the TARDIS comes to her. And so they t- are protected by the TARDIS. The Empress is not happy. Then the doctor says, by the way, I can use this as a time machine. Molto bene. Molto bene. Donna's a little bit sad because the Lance was so rude. Uh, which totally makes sense. Uh, but they go out into space 4.6 billion years ago. Sun was brand new. Uh, Earth was still dust. They needed it, uh, gravity to pull everything together. And Donna says, well, this puts my wedding in perspective. Uh, uh, some, like a nar- the first rock, uh, the gravity of the first rock pulled all the other rocks together. Still don't understand why. And Donna goes, well, that's why the Ragnos cat pillow was this, is the center of the earth. That was the first gravity rock uh, that pulled everything else in. Uh, Lance starts to glow. Is that right? Uh, oh, there's trouble. The TARDIS like, starts to get pulled back in. Yeah, because Lance is glowing. So he pulls the TARDIS back after earth forms around uh, the Ragnos cat pillow. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. It pulls him back. Uh, she goes, okay, she's close. Uh, oh, the doctor and Donna, they, they come back, but they're in a hall. Doctor tries to do something. She says, what do you do? The doctor goes, I don't know. I'm making up as I go along. He's using a, a stethoscope, uh, extrapolator or something. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, I've already dealt with the, uh, the um, what do you call them? Before, yeah, you're the key particles. We gotta open it. Stethoscope. Donna gets it vanishes. She she goes chases the cat down, and we go to a commercial. Uh, doctor opens the door, and a robo forms waiting for him, and then it cuts to a commercial. So very interesting article. You see, okay, so the cats, these cat beings, they're not normal cats, uh, are going to drink all the milk on Earth. So the doctor's got to put a stop to it, uh, I guess, from the center of the Earth. Uh, then they are back, Lance and Donna, together at last, the awful wedding. Uh, they're both, we got their particles flowing. I guess that would, it has to do with the milk somehow. Uh, which wakes up the ki- oh, secret heart unlocks and wakes up the kitties on the pillow that will come to drink the milk and unlock it and wake up space cats and kittens. Uh, her ship comes down towards Earth because uh, she says sustenance time. Uh, uh, they're going to drink up all your milk. Uh, and she says, oh, funny little Lance, you're so impolite. The Empress does not approve. Even though I laughed at your jokes, I don't approve of them. Uh, then we see her ship, and people think it's a Christmas star with Tesla coils, uh, but it's really a milk-thieving ship. Uh, uh, the doctor goes in undercover, pretending he's a roboform, but the Empress sees right through it. She says, unmask yourself, uh, uh, doctor. I could tell you're a roboform. Uh, the doctor says, she says, you're so clever, you're busted. And the doctor goes, no, Don, I got you, swing. Then there's more comedy as Donna swings on a rope. 
And she said, he says, oh, sorry. She goes, thanks for nothing. And uh, Ragnos Emberus says, this doctor man amuses me, but we got to get this cat planet going. Uh, or the doctor says, I'll give you a cat planet if you don't drink all the milk on this planet. There's beings that need milk, mammals, they call them. And he goes, take that offer. I'll get you your own cat planet. And she goes, I decline. And he goes, what happens next is uh, on you then, uh, your own doing. And she says, I'll show you what happens next. And meow, uh, uh, kitty cat time. But then she says, with my roboforms first. Uh, and the doctor goes, guess what? Uh, and he puts them all to sleep. And Donna says, how'd you do that? He goes, pockets. Uh, and he pulls out the giant um, GameCube remote control. She goes, how'd you fit that in there? He goes, oh, my pockets are bigger on the inside. By the way, much bigger. Because uh, she says, my children, she she calls him a Martian. He takes out all the Christmas balls. And he does a great solution. He gets all the kitty cats wet, uh, like with a little bit of a, like a hose, spraying them. So then all the cats don't like being wet and they don't smell good. But mostly they don't like being wet. So they go to their mother cat and they say, take us back to the planet or something, you know. So she transports everybody back to their ship. Uh, and she's still after the Earth and everything on Earth. Uh, but uh, uh, they them, they uh, they go to, like, the doctor says, and the Earth says, wouldn't it be easier if all you and your cats, we got this great place for you and your cats go. It's called the big cat house in the sky. Go there. So she does. Uh, and uh, then, but also the doctor and Donna got soaking wet. So they get off the TARDIS back in Donna's neighborhood. And at first they're kind of laughing because uh, they can't believe it. Uh, can't we get, can't we made, made it back here? Oh, I forgot. They drained to the Thames to get rid of all the cats. Uh, they're wet and laughing at first. There's horns blowing. You say, geez, we drained, drained, drained to the Thames. Then they go back to Donna's. And the doctor goes, here we go, back home. Uh, I told you would be okay. And she goes, I can't believe it. I lost my job and my wedding. Uh, you know, all that in one day. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a day. Doctor, you're a number. And... Uh, she goes, well, and doctor goes, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, and she goes, well, Lance was a J-E to the R to the K anyway. And doctor goes, yeah, uh, love and loss. Uh, and she goes, well, I'm soaking wet in the wedding dress. Better get inside. My family probably wondering where I'm at. We see some parents hugging the windows. Uh, he goes, you don't like Christmas, do you? She goes, nope. Uh, he goes, what about a white Christmas? And he makes a snow machine. He does this, like, uh, fireworks that are snow. Uh, and it starts snowing, and Donna laughs. Uh, doctor kicks it against the TARDIS and says, atmospheric excitation, baby. And uh, she kind of smiles, looks at him, Merry Christmas. And he says, Merry Christmas to you. And he gets back in the TARDIS, and this episode comes to a close as the TARDIS heads out. Uh, good night. Oh, actually, I got to, sorry, not good night. I got to do the uh, run through, huh? Yeah, okay, so we'll run through some facts here. Chiswick, C H I S W I C K. Chiswick, uh, his pronunciation, west of London, England. 
It's got Hogarth's house, uh, uh, the residence uh, of uh, William Hogarth, uh, Chiswick House, uh, one of Neo Palladian Villa, known as one of the finest in England, Fuller's Brewery. Uh, it's in a meander at Thames, known for competitive and recreational rowing with rowers clubs. Uh, and the finishing post for the boat race is down uh, downstream of Chiswick Bridge. It's an ancient parish, parish in Middlesex, agrarian and fishing economy beside the river. Uh, had good co- communication with London, so it was a popular country routine, re- retreat and then part of the suburban growth in the 19th and 20th century. Uh, it became a part of Greater London in 1965. Uh, Affluent Bedford Park, Grove Park, Gleb, Strand on the Green, Tube Stations, Chiswick Park, and Turnham Green, and Gunner, Gunnersbury, and Gunnersbury Local Tri- Triangle Local Nature Reserve. Let's see, it's uh, 15,550 square miles or 6,000 square kilometers or kilometers square. Let's see if we can see the population. Two point five point seven two kilometers square. Oh, that's density. I don't understand that. Oh, I don't see a population list. So that's a little bit about it. Uh, and I'll link to the Wikipedia article. But yeah, it has a, it has a decent amount of stuff there. Yeah, right. a couple other things that came up in this episode. One was like Howell's Department Store, uh, which is real. It's a large department store on St. Mary Street in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, so this is a little bit different than like Doctor Who is filmed in Wales uh, or was. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of the uses, uh, but it's real and they were in St. Mary's anyway. Uh, History-wise, James Howell was the son of a farmer. 1865, he opened a shop uh, in Hayes, Cardiff, uh, in Stewart Hall, and it it was a drapery shop. They moved to St. Mary Street. uh, uh, By 1892, he had a shop that extended from Trinity Street in the east to St. Mary's in the west. the first part of the current store is built in the late 19th century, ornate facade visible on St. Mary's Street. Uh, in the 1920s, it was a neoclassical expansion. Uh, it was a unique result of this extension was that Bethany Chapel, built on the site of an earlier chapel in 1865, was absorbed, absorbed into the fabric of the building, and its frontage was incorporated into the interior and is still visible in the store today. That'd be cool. Uh, it was a family-run business managed by the family of James Howell. Uh, and then in the 1900s, they formed James Howell and Company Limited. Uh, and then, yeah, they kept extending the store uh, even into the modernism of the 1960s. Uh, uh, they had a car showroom across Wharton Street uh, and other businesses. And today, the store, this is all from Wikipedia, major destination, second largest department store in Wales, uh, 150,000 square feet of selling space, uh, went under, went a big, big refurbishment, brought in new labors and like uh, labels in 2009. In 2018, oh no, it was announced the store would close, uh, 
Uh, but uh, they were working on keeping it open in, in night 2018. So we'll have to see. And it's been used inside and outside on Doctor Who in Rose uh, and other things. So that's cool. Big part of uh, Doctor Who for us. Okay, I'm not going to quote the lyrics from the song last Christmas, but last Christmas, Doctor said in this one. So I want to talk about the Paul Feig movie uh, written. Uh, uh, yeah, Emma Thompson's one of the writers, uh, and it's based on the song uh, from uh, inspired by the music of George Michael. It stars Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Like talk about uh, superstars. Michelle Yeoh is also in it. And it was released last holidays. I haven't seen it. Got mixed reviews. Uh, but uh, those two leads, they said it was, the chemistry between them was amazing. It did. Uh, it was successful in the box office. And I've been told to see the movie and not learn anything more about it. So don't learn anything more about it. Trust me. I haven't seen the movie, but I trust uh, Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. So... Don't read about the movie next holiday season. Just go see it, because I didn't see it last Christmas. But this Christmas, I probably will. Okay, the next person is Neil Hannon. I know sometimes it's Niall Hannon. Uh, uh, Northern Irish singer and songwriter. Uh, he was a front person of the a group of the Divine Comedy. And he writes a lot of songs for television. Father Ted, The It Crowd. And he did at least one song for this Doctor Who episode, maybe more. I'm just trying to find uh, Doctor Who, Song for Ten, Love Don't Roam. That was the one in this one. Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. He does sound a bit like Tom Jones in, in some of the songs in a good way. So that was just something I want to look up. Nintendo GameCube is up next. Uh, the Nintendo GameCube, also known as just the GameCube, is a console released in 2001 and 2002. Nintendo 6th generation, successor to the Nintendo 64, uh, was around when uh, PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox came out. It was the first Nintendo console to use optical discs in the mini-DVD format. Uh, couldn't play full-size DVDs or CDs. It could only be used for gaming. It was limited with online gaming. You could connect a, a Game Boy Advance to it via cable, which you could play, so you could do special in-game features. It used composite video cables uh, uh, to display the games, uh, though it did change to digital component in 2004. It said GameCube on top. I was right about the controller, so I don't know any other previous controllers, but it does look pretty similar to the remote control the doctor had. Not identical. Uh, reception was positive. The controller was praised. Uh, it had an extensive library, good games, uh, but it just didn't sell well. And when I say that, I mean it still sold 21 million units, uh, and it was discontinued when the first Wii came out. Uh, let's see, graphic hardware design, Artex, uh, let's see, development, uh, ATI, let's see what else we got, discontinued, there's a lot, of, there's a lot in this Wikipedia article, storage, uh, two memory card supports for saving games, uh, learn from control, like it's other controllers, what worked and what didn't work, uh, 
but it went from Nintendo 64's three-handled controller design back to a two-handled con- handlebar design. So maybe it was more like the Nintendo 64 controller. Uh, let's see. It had innovative first-party games, including for Super Mario and Zelda. The first Animal Crossing was on here. Metroid Prime. Legend of Zelda, The Wind Walker, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Smash Bros. Melee. Also a re-release of uh, Luigi's Mansion, which uh, Nick Weiger loves that game, I think. Or at least he used to talk about it a lot. Uh, Yeah, so that's a little bit about Nintendo GameCube. Okay, when it comes to pockets, I think you want to check out uh, Articles of Interest, the podcast, uh, 99% of Visible Podcasts, uh, spinoff by Avery Truffleman. And episode number three is about pockets. came out uh, October 2nd, 2018. And you can find that in the 99PI feed in your podcast app or Articles of Interest. Uh, and you can find it, like, just listen to it. You'll, then you'll learn way more about Pockets than I could tell you. And plus, it's amazing podcast. So check that out. Thames Flood Barrier. Yeah, the Thames Flood Barrier is a movable barrier system designed to prevent the floodplain of most of Greater London from being flooded by tides and storm surges from the North Sea. It's been operational since 1982. Uh, when needed, it's closed during high tide, uh, and at low tide, it can be opened to restore the river's flow towards back towards the sea. Uh, built approximately 1.9 miles due east of the Isle of Dogs, its uh, northern bank is in the Silvertown uh, area of Newham and New Charlton and Greenwich. Uh, you know, they've been dealing with flooding uh, since Roman times in 54. They tried to figure out how to avoid it, uh, and they recommended it as an alternative to raising the banks, erecting a structure across the Thames that could be closed, uh, should be investigated. A large number of designs were put forward, including a viaduct uh, with gates or uh, something, flap gates lying on the riverbed that could be floated up by compressed air, which we've talked about on other shows before. Uh, then, uh, 66, they took a look at it again, tried to figure out the costs and what could be built. Uh, but they said, we got to do something, uh, to perfect, you know, to, to, to perfect London from a storm surge, uh, especially something north of Scotland, uh, in the springtide. So the concept of the rising sector gates was designed in 69. Uh, rotating cylinders based on the taps on a gas, like a gas cooker, like your stove uh, things. Uh, and uh, the, it was uh, designed, they tested out the hydraulics, and then they passed the Thames Barrier and Flood Prevention Act uh, to authorize construction in the 70s. Uh, and they started work in 1974, two phases, uh, southern piers uh, first. Uh, and then the northern piers, uh, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of work. Uh, predictions for operations, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool, a really cool piece of uh, design. 
future was uh, like it was supposed to last till 2030, but they probably didn't know about it. Uh, by mid 2000s, so it was being used six to seven times a year. Uh, but even more than that, depending on the year. Uh, but they're looking at trying to do something to supersede it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. And it appears in a lot of different fiction and entertainment. Now, the doctor says Shazam in this episode. There was a movie Shazam that came out recently, but there's also a TV show uh, that I saw some reruns of. I just barely remember it. I more remember Shazam. Uh, it was a live-action TV show based on the superhero Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam. Uh, it starred Michael Gray as Billy Batson, a teenage boy who could be turned into Captain Marvel. Uh, two different actors played it when you would say Shazam. Uh, they traveled the country with a mentor uh, in a Dodge uh, motorhome looking to help people. So it's kind of procedural. Uh, it ran from 1974 to 1976 on CBS's Saturday morning lineup. Um, I wonder when it was broad- okay, broadcast history. It was re- reruns up until 1980. And then it was on TV land in the 2000s. Uh, So, yeah, interesting. I never, I don't think I've seen it since, like, uh, I don't even remember. But I don't know. I just wanted to look it up. And finally, let's learn about spats. Uh, I know there's a place in Berkeley called spats. uh, But I wanted to look this this up. Spats was footwear that was worn uh, by a character in the show. A shortening of spatter dashes or spatter guards. A classic footwear accessory. For outdoor wear, covering the instep and the ankle. Spats are distinct from gaiters, which are worn over the trouser and leg, as well as the shoe. Uh, spats were worn by men and less commonly women in the 18th, 19th and 20th century. They fell out of frequent use in the 20s. They were made from cloth or gray or brown felt and buttoned around the ankles. Their intended practical purpose was to protect the shoes and socks from mud or rain. But we're also stylish uh, at some point. Increased formality may have been the reason. Oh, increased informality was the decline of spats. Uh, uh, King George V in 1923 opened the Chelsea Flower Show with a frock coat, gray top hat, and spats. Uh, by 1926, though, the king shocked the public by wearing a black morning coat instead of a frock coat. Uh, and that was the demise of the frock coat. Uh, and then spats were left off the king in 1926 too. And it is said that this moment was observed and commented on by spectators and produced an immediate reaction. The ground beneath the bushes was littered with discarded spats. And in New York in 1936, uh, the Associated Press observed, in recent years, well-dressed man, men have been discarding spats because they become the property of rank and file. A revival of high-top shoes and cloth uppers was forecast. Uh, there's also an article from the oldie. Oh, it's, it's just quoted here. Pity the fellow who can't afford spats. That's in the uh, references on Wikipedia. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everybody, and good night. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, the latest episode, Doctor Who. 
season three, the first episode, even though there was a special, this is the first episode of the season. And it's called Smith and Jones. It opens with the TARDIS and the visualizers. Remind me of the old iTunes uh, visualizers back in the day, long ago, or even before iTunes, I think. Uh, uh, we see a city. We see a, mus- a woman. There's music playing. A woman, a familiar woman. We see, we see, I've seen her before. I mean, at least I have. I say, well, yeah, like, uh, I, I say, I've seen her before. Uh, she's very familiar, and she's on the phone. Martha's her name. She seems to be talking to her, like, younger sister. They're planning a party. There's also, like, the sound of her ringtone is, like, the Nextel. In the U.S., there was a thing called Nextel uh, that had push to talk. It kind of sounds like that. The party planning is not going well. I think it's her brother's 21st birthday. Uh, but I'm not 100% po- positive about that. Uh, uh, what's way, let me see, 21st birthday. Uh, how do I do that? Tell him he can't bring your, oh, Annalise, there's something else. What's, uh, what's something, what's wrong with Annalise? Uh, the mom and Annalise don't get along is what's wrong with her. Uh, I just want to see what my thing, uh. Yeah, but the mom, the mom and Annalise aren't going to get it wrong. Annalise has, she calls her dad. Uh, at some point, the doctor walks up to her. Oh, and what does the doctor say? I couldn't figure that out. Uh, but she's playing at the party. The doctor walks up to her and says, "You see, or like so, you see." Uh, uh, let me see. Let me we'll see what the um, like so. Yeah, like so. You see, he takes off his tie, shows her, and then just walks off. And, of course, she's very confused. He takes off his tie. Did I say that? Also, there's a storm brewing in the air, uh, as usual. As Martha's going into a building, she gets bumped by a biker, motorcyclist, a very modern leather, like a full leather bodysuit and helmet on. Uh, safety first. She says, watch it. So we say, Martha stands up for herself. She goes to her locker. She puts on a lab coat. Uh, she notices some static uh, in the air. Uh, then we have the scene very reminiscent of uh, the idea of the movie Paper Chase, which I don't think I've ever, I, I think it's always been on my thing to see, and I've seen parts of it. And I also think it was a TV show, but the idea, or, or, um, the Prada, the uh, Diablo wears Prada or um, Whiplash. Uh, uh, but this is like more of a buffoon, this mentor, rude mentor uh, archetype. But this person's just more of a mansplainer, but he's, he has that uh, rude mentor archetype type thing going. More rude, though. Did I say that? He talks about salt. Uh, Hippocrates loves salt, he says. Uh, then we see there's two leather bikers uh, visiting this workplace uh, in helmets. Uh, then they go in to check on Mr. Smith, John Smith, uh, who's the doctor. He's all cheery. Uh, let's see what they say. Uh, they say, how you doing? He goes, eh, I don't know. Uh, and they say, yeah, he's got a tummy ache. Uh, and they say, check him out. Martha tries to check him, but she says uh, she's, she hears two heartbeats, you know. 
She also says, didn't I just see you outside? He goes, no, 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 no. And what did I do? She goes, uh, what, what was that? She, he, he goes, no, I've been in here the whole time. Uh, and she goes, well, that's weird. It looked like you. You got a brother? He goes, not anymore, just me. Then the mentor is still going on and on and on. Uh, more people are dealing with static. He says, yeah, the, then the mentor type says, his name's... Uh, Something stern, of course. Uh, and he says, uh, Stoker? Stoker? Stoker Stern? Oh, Stoker, yeah. He says, yeah, storm's coming. Uh, uh, but, but, but the doctor talks about his time with Benjamin uh, Franklin, and they say, okay, maybe you should have somebody talk to you about that because uh, that doesn't seem possible. Uh, the doctor's all smiles all the time. You know how that is. Uh, uh, then we have, uh, Martha in a break room. Oh, he says, my mate, Ben. Uh, yeah, I held that kite with, uh, I flew that kite with, uh, Benjamin Franklin. My mate, Ben. But Martha's in the break room. Her sister calls her about lunch. She's bringing lunch by. And, uh, Martha says, I think, Martha says, it's raining. And the sister says, no rain where I am. I'm just down the street, though. That's weird. Uh, and she goes, oh, there's a weird storm above your workplace. Uh, Martha also sees the doctor walking around in his robe, uh, uh, wandering the halls. Martha goes to do more party planning for this party tonight, uh. And then her coworker says, have you seen the rain? Uh, the rain, uh, it's going up. Uh, and Martha says, no, that's not possible. And then she says, uh, wait a second, it is possible because it is uh, going up. Uh, then it gets a bit bumpy. Uh, spoiler alert, because their entire building has become a ship, uh, I believe. Or it's just, it may be like uh, transporting or it's a ship. I'm not sure because they don't show that part. Uh, and after the turbulence, they're in the break room, and they say, it's nighttime, Martha says. And they say, no, it's not possible. It was lunchtime, her and her co-worker, but it's dark outside. Martha goes, it's not dark outside. We're on the moon. We're on the moon, she says uh, it twice. Uh, and then she says, we're on the bee. To the, she says, you know, a very harvest moon. We're on the harvest moon which is the actual moon. Uh, so everybody's, everybody in the whole building, uh, oh, and they are. Then they pull us back to see that they are on the moon. Uh, and, of course, then it goes to a commercial because you say, okay, they're on the moon, a work a office building uh, is on the moon. So I say, well, that's strange. Uh, not not uh, something... I'd consider possible. Uh, then we come back from the ad and everyone is looking out the window. They're at the Royal Hope uh, is where they work, uh, helping people hope for royal stuff. Uh, everyone's looking out the window. It's a little stressful because they say we're on the moon, unexpected. Uh, Martha's sister's back at, on Earth. She says there's a big hole. She calls Martha. There's a big hole where your office was. Uh, but, of course, Martha's not answering her phone. We see the TARDIS in the background. Uh, everybody's, yeah, again, a little bit running around saying, are we really on the moon or am I dreaming? 
We see the earth in the background. Uh, Martha goes around. She takes control. You see, okay, this woman is very competent and uh, uh, self-aware. Uh, and she says, everybody get back to bed. Very professional. She says, we'll sort it out. Don't worry. I work here. You're all guests in the Hope, uh, Hope Pavilion. And uh, she says, she looks out again. She says, it's real. Uh, it's real. Let's see. Where did she say that? I was just looking up the notes. Uh, uh, she gets it back to bed. She looks at the real. She goes, it's real. It's really real. Hold on. Uh, and then they look out the windows, her and her coworker, and they say, okay, well, how is this possible, though, that we're on the moon because we're not in a spaceship? And she goes, well... Because Martha wants to open the windows, and she, a woman, other woman says, "Don't open the windows; we're in space." Martha says, "Yeah, but the windows aren't airtight." Then the doctor says, well, "Holy cow, that's a great point." Uh, uh, he rolls up behind them. He says, "Joan, was it Martha Jones?" Uh, he goes, "So is this possible?" And then uh, the other person says, "No, not possible." And the doctor says, "Okay, never mind, Martha." He goes, any balcony veranda? She says, yeah, out back. Uh, he goes, you want to go outside? She goes, okay. He goes, uh, might be, you know, might be strange. She goes, might not be strange. And the doctor says, leave your pay, leave your coworker behind because they're not uh, up to speed with us. Uh, then they go out on a balcony on the moon. Martha goes, holy cow, how's that work? Doctor goes, just be glad it's working. She goes, I got to go to a party tonight. And the doctor goes, You're, are you okay? She goes, okay. He goes, are you sure? She goes, yeah. And she, he goes, you want to go back inside? She goes, well, I mean, it's strange, but she goes, it's also beautiful. And the doctor goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I mean, how many people want to go to the moon and we're here? So I said, wow, this is an impressive person. And the doctor has some great lines. It's standing in the earth light. Uh, and then he pulls up a card. She goes, what do you think? And the doctor goes, what do you think? And she says, well, it's got to be extraterrestrial because everything else, she's been aware of everything that's been happening. Unlike in the last episode where people were, uh, had too much cognitive dissonance. Uh, and then she talks about her cousin, Adiola, who worked at Canary Wharf, uh, who we know from the cyber people. And doctor says, yeah, I was there. Uh, and she goes, listen, Mr. Smith, if we can get to the moon, we can get home. I'll find a way. And he goes, well, I'm not Mr. Smith. And she goes, who are you then? He goes, I'm the doctor. She goes, well, I'm working on that myself. Uh, and she goes, what is it, Dr. Smith? He goes, no, just the doctor. She goes, what do you mean, just the doctor? He goes, just the doctor. And she goes, people call you the doctor. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, well, you're going to have to earn that. And the doctor says, okay, I'll try to do that. I can, I could try to do that. He throws a pebble uh, off the balcony. It hits a force field. Uh, and she goes, okay, like a bubble. Uh, she goes, well, that means we have a ticking clock then. And he goes, we certainly do have a ticking clock now for this episode. And she goes, who's up? who would do something? And then we see these spaceships come in. Heads up, the doctor says. They're like tube-like spaceships. They fly in vertical tubes, uh, and then they come in and land. Everyone's looking out the window saying, what in the heck? Uh, Martha says, aliens. They're aliens, real proper aliens. The doctor says, they're Jadun is their name. Uh, they do They do a lot of marching off their ship, uh, 
They're wearing a lot of leather, a lot of leather in this episode. Then we have Mr. Stoker. I think he's in his office, uh, and a, a woman comes in. She goes, can you help me? He goes, yeah, well, I need help. I want to retire. Uh, I was going to retire in Florida, and now we're on the moon. And she goes, I could uh, use some help, Mr. Stoker. Uh, and he goes, no, I don't think so. And she goes, well, he goes, she, he goes uh, is there anything else I can help you with? She goes, yeah, straws. I need straws. Uh, and he goes, well, how, straws are property of the hospital. You give one straw per drink. She goes, no, I need more. I like to have two straws. And he says, absolutely not. Uh, but then we realize the biker is with, the bikers are with her. So they say, we'll take as many straws as we want. Uh, and she goes, by the way, you were right about Hippocrates and salt. Uh, and she has some good lines here. She says, geez, doctor, you know, someone that's hoarding straws, uh, is a little bit strange, you know, when you've, uh, you know, drink all these vintage wines and have Michelin star sauces. Uh, and uh, she goes, we'll be taking as many straws as we like, by the way. Uh, then we go to another commercial on that because you say, bum, 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 total chaos. Now they're on the moon and people are just taking as many straws as they want. Uh, I think even Mr. Stoker's like, what are you going to use them at home? And people don't really use straws at home except for people that do. And he goes, you just buy, he goes, it's more convenient to, why wouldn't you want a higher quality straw anyway? But that doesn't take place. Uh, then we see uh, marching leather. These beings are in marching, they're marching in leather. People are a little bit like, what's going on? Because there's big boots and marching. They're in the waiting room. Also, they have, like, superhero abs, whoever these people are, which we find out immediately they're rhinos, humanoid rhinos, Jadoon, as we said. Uh, there's also a rhyme. Uh, or is it rhinos with abs? That's not the rhyme. Doctor says something. They march in. Uh, people say, oh, let's see. Also, where is it? Uh, they pass in. Blow so, so full though no crow blow cost so row. That's uh, what the first Jadoon says. Then they figure out how to talk English with their like translator, and they say, "Hey, we're just here to catalog. We're we're actually we're uh, a catalog. Like we're doing a catalog of everything that's in here." Every piece of you know every person just simply like a librarian inventory specialists and so they say we're going to take a status of everything and then there's a call back to another episode because the doctor and martha are looking down at this the doctor goes oh you got a little shop there i like a little shop which in another episode he said there's no shop in this place uh martha says who are the jadoon he says well they're kind of accountants inventory specialists librarians uh but they're very authoritative uh and she goes, why the moon? He goes, neutral territory. They can't do anything on Earth. Uh, so they came here to kind of, you know, run their, whatever you call that, accounting. And she goes, accounting of fine. And she goes, no, no, no. Like everything, every person and thing here, they just want to get it under, you know, cataloged. Uh, uh, he goes, but they're looking for something like out of order, probably someone that's taking more than their allotted share, either someone that works here or a stoker or this woman. I'll just tell you, you know, yeah, but the doctor is like, oh, he's impressed with Martha. So he keeps giving her these looks, uh, 
and the Jadun keep looking around. They see that's it. We're just here to catalog, so no reason to be stressful. Except for one guy says catalog this, and he smashes a vase for some reason. And they they say, well, you're gonna have to pay for that, man. Uh, then the doctor and Martha are trying. Uh, let's see. You oh, these are UV scanners. They have very nice teeth. These Jadoons. They use sharpies. When you've been cataloged or something that's been cataloged, you get an X on it, which doesn't seem like the most. I guess it seems like on your hand, or I guess they use a smaller X on items. Yeah, they say prepare to be cataloged. Vase breaker. Justice is swift. He says for vase breakers, uh, full pay. Doctor tries to scan a computer with a sonic screwdriver. She goes, "What?" He goes, "A sonic screwdriver." She goes, "What?" He goes, "No screwdriver that's sonic." Uh, she goes, "What do you got? A laser spanner?" And he goes, "I did, but I was taken by Emily Pankhurst." Uh, anyway, you're doing lock down the computers. Uh, he goes, uh, this is so weird. He goes, I knew there was something going on at this building, but I thought it was inside and not uh, that the building was going to get transported. And she goes, well, what are they looking at Cadillac? He goes, probably someone taking more than their allotted thing. I thought Scoots covered it. Uh, and he goes, it wouldn't be a human because uh, humans, you know, he goes, uh, he goes, it's some other uh, being that's not supposed to be here and not supposed to be taking things. And he goes, the problem with that is the whole, the whole office could get blamed because, you know. And she goes, well, we better figure something out then. Uh, she goes, let's talk to, I'll go talk to Mr. Stoker because he's the boss. Uh, see if he knows what's happening. She goes into his office and the bikers are there and the straw lady. And it turns out Stoker one was, had a lot of straws in his desk. So they were collecting his personal straw collection so the bikers, she says, Martha's caught me straw-handed. So the bikers run after Martha. Martha bumps into the doctor. Doctor and Martha hold hands, that old hold hand running thing. Uh, they run from the bikers. Rhinos are on the stairs grunting. There's run, run, run music. Uh, then the doctor says, okay, well... I think it like, uh, he goes, I got an idea. He goes, well, he goes, I think because of the way their bicycle helmets are, they're polarized. And he goes, I have a special, he goes, there's a special flash cameras in this room and it'll confuse a biker. So they do that. It actually confuses a biker that comes in. Doctor says 5,000% higher flash. Uh, so that, that biker just goes, I got to go home. But the doctor goes, I also, like, uh, got to get the flash. Like, uh, he shakes his shoe off because he says, you know, I'm a doctor. I got a flat, like, I'm the doctor, so I got to get this flash energy out into my shoe. He does this funny dance. Martha says, you're completely mad. And he goes, you're right. I better take both my shoes off. Uh, and he says, barefoot on the moon. I love that line. And Martha says, what's up with these bikers? He goes, they're not human, a slab, a solid leather. Uh, uh, they say, Martha goes, well, it's Miss Finnegan, I think. That was the one taking all the straws. Uh, doctor's broken his uh, sonic screwdriver. And Martha goes, one of the people taking the straws, the doctor goes, what about my sonic screwdriver? She goes, she was taking all the straws. He goes, my sonic screwdriver? And he tosses it, uh, and he goes, you called me doctor. And she goes, anyway, Miss Finnegan, she's the one taking the straws, not human. Uh, 
doctor goes, huh, so she's trying to hide out and take the straws. Interesting. Uh, internal, like she's probably going to hide the straws, uh, uh, but still get cataloged. And she does. Uh, and she gets a human, uh, marked as human, Miss Finnegan. Uh, we go to another commercial uh, after that. Uh, so already like this is a really enjoyable uh, thing. I'm watching this on BBC America, so I do have to fast like uh, jump through the commercials here. But I really like the, this, and then yeah, by the end of this episode, there's great, great chemistry. Or maybe I just feel like I have chemistry with Martha, and then I'm projecting it, which is possible. Uh, so we see one of the other biker in the hall looking around, marching, arms out, uh, really doing some stern walking. Uh, doctor and Martha are ha- hanging out. Uh, doctor goes, that's the thing about slabs. They travel in pairs. Martha goes, what about you? He goes, what about me? What? She goes, don't you have a partner or something? Back up. Uh, I, I love this little, that little tease there. And he goes, oh, humans, you know, we're on the moon and you want to ask me personal questions. And she goes, I don't believe that you're not human anyway. Then the, 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 they'd been so distracted that uh, one of the rhinos is there. He busts him. And he scans the doctor. He goes, you're not human. And we're looking for non-humans connected, looking for straws. Uh, so we're going to have to check you. And then the doctor and Martha, they take off running because they, they say, well, we got to solve this procedure because there's a ticking clock. Uh, and the rhino goes, non-human. Uh, so they run in the door, lock the door. There's a lot of people getting tired because they say, this, looking at the moon took a lot out of me. So everybody else is running out. Doctor goes, well, they, we've already been on the, the Jadun already checked this floor. They're logical and somewhat dense. So I don't know if they're going to come back here. Uh, hopefully. And they go, how much time's on the ticking clock? The doctor goes, not much. Uh, he goes, Martha, how are you feeling? She goes, I'm running on adrenaline. The doctor goes, welcome to my world. And they go, let's go to Stoker's office, which they do next. Uh, uh, they see Stoker. And they say, okay, well, like, uh, he goes, this is a straw, st- 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 you know, straw collector, clearly from the straw collection uh, so she's been collecting straws from other places. That's why the um, Jadun are here to put a stop to it. But he goes, she's clever. She's undercover. Clever as me, almost. Uh, then they go out in the hall, and the doctor says, because uh, uh, the, the rhinos are still coming, and uh, the rhinos are looking for him. He goes, Martha, I need you to buy me some time. Hold them up. She goes, how do I do this? He goes, just give me, he goes, this is going to be a big move. He goes, but it means nothing, honestly, nothing. And he gives her a kiss that made my, it really curled my toes. Uh, and, and the look on Martha's face and she goes, that's, that was nothing. Oh boy. Holy moly. So there's a makeout. Uh, then the doctor does this Fletch thing. He goes into the room, uh, some good comedy. He goes in the room that uh, Miss Finnegan's in because she's trying to make a straw transporter to transport all the straws off world, off moon. But she doesn't care. She wants to get away from the Jadoon, get away with the straws. Uh, 
and uh, she doesn't care about any consequences for you know humanity or whatever. Uh, so doctor, but the doctor doesn't. He plays the dumb. So he goes, "Hey, there's like these rhinos, ma'am, because she's dressed as a human." Uh, and he goes, "They're from outer space." He goes, "Do you know we're on the moon uh, with rhinos?" Uh, he goes, "I was here for bunion repair." And he goes, uh, he goes, really nice. He goes, I love this place. Royal Hope, they should say, you know, that's a perfect name for this. And he goes, and we're on the moon with rhinos. And Florence says to the other biker, can you check him for straws? Uh, also, I might need his clothes to go undercover as him. Then we see the rhinos looking. Martha stands in their way. And she goes, I know where the person that has the straws is. They scan her. They go, wait, human? No, wait, non-human, non-human element. Uh, let's do a, a full scan. Who are you? What are you? Uh, then they go back to the doctor. He's still playing dumb. He goes, what are you, he goes, what are you doing? Trench transport straws? He goes, this is some sort of Tesla coil. She goes, yeah, kind of. Uh, she goes, it's strong, though. I'm going to send these straws off world. Uh, 250,000 miles away, but it will disrupt everything in that vicinity. She goes, but, uh, yeah, I got to get off here. Uh, uh, so, uh, I'm going to get out of here really quick, but the rhinos will probably be mad. And the doctor goes, okay, I'm just a post person, you know, with bunions, uh, she goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, well, I'm going to fly one of the spaceships, uh, and he goes, well, that's weird. Are you some sort of alien? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, no, you don't look like that. You're joshing me. She goes, uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, he goes, uh, I'm talking to an alien. That's the coolest thing. She goes, yeah, it's the perfect way to hide straws. You know, pretend you're human. Humans have more straws for some reason. And he goes, the rhinos are looking for you. She goes, yeah, but... Uh, and then he does a double dum dum. He goes, Oh, wow. He goes, Oh, no wonder. He goes, They said they're going to level two scanning. And she goes, Oh, boy. Well, then I definitely better take your clothes because I got to be to pretend I'm human. I better pretend I'm another human other than me. And the doctor says, Well, what, would you like to have cake with my wife and I first? Uh, and she goes, Well, uh, well I have straws. Uh, why would I have cake? And he goes, Well, I could, we could have banana milkshakes. Uh, and she goes, you're funny, uh, and I think uh, you're laughing on purpose. Uh, why don't you take a nappy-poo and uh, w with my biker friend here while I check you for straws and take your clothes and go undercover? And then they go to an ad, and, uh, yeah, we're, like, about 44 minutes into the show with the ads. Uh, of 106 minutes of my recording on BBC America. And I think this, I guess this is going to go to HBO Max, all of these, but I don't know what the date dates of any of that are. Uh, so let's see, Martha gets confirmed as human. Then they give her uh, like this readout uh, that says, you'll need this. And they she says, well, for, and they say compensation. But it's written an alien readout. Uh, she's confirmed as human, uh, then, uh, oh, the, but she's had facial contact with an alien. Uh, then the rhinos come into the room that, uh, whatever, Miss Harrington's in or whatever, Florence, uh, 
And they say, what's going on in here? Uh, they say, case closed. I think that was with Martha, though. Uh, and they say, oh, this guy's asleep. Uh, and Martha goes, yeah, but he was. he's not supposed to be asleep. Uh, and Martha goes, she's the one that's a straw, alien straw thief. And the woman goes, no, I'm not. Look at him. I'm in a suit. And uh, Martha goes, and why do you have bare feet if you're in a suit? Uh, the doctor's, that's the doctor's suit. And he goes, that's why the doctor's on the floor in a rat robe and a pink uh, gown, nightgown. But the rhinos don't realize that it, it's, these aren't the, like, normal clothes of the tradition. And she goes, she's not, she's just taking his clothes. She's not human. And they go, no, no, no. And then so she scans her with the scanner, and it says not human, of course. Uh, and they, she says, oh yeah, that's, she goes, I'm not, and they go, no, no, you're the straw person. Actually, and we're here because you took all the straw, straws from the child princess of part, part, part of all Regency nine. And she says, well, you know, she had too many straws, pink cheeks, blonde curls, a simpering voice, uh. In all straws she could have wished. I was jealous, and I'm still jealous. Uh, and then she says, slab, deal with this, biker slab. And then biker slab is out, uh, uh, quick justice style. Then Florence says, by the way, this thing that I'm using to transfer the star, uh, straws is going to mess everything else up. Uh, so you're toast. Then they send uh, the, uh, her off, uh, off world. Uh, case closed, uh, overload, uh, they say case closed evac, uh, we're getting out of here then. If you're going to, uh, if your straw transfer is going to mess everything up, uh, human straws, we just wanted to take care of the princess's straws anyway, you know, but we follow the trail of straw thieving here and, uh, Martha says, you got to help us. And they go, no, no, we're getting out of here. Jurisdiction, jurisdictions ended, uh. And she goes, you can't leave. And they say, yeah, let's withdraw. Uh, and then everybody's very, very tired. Martha's like, this, you can't leave us here. You got to be kidding me. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so tired. Everybody's so tired. Uh, uh, oh, we see Martha. Uh, she kisses the doctor back. Uh, and we see the big X on her hand. Uh, once she kisses the doctor, she, they both are very tired, but the doctor still comes back. He, he tries to shut down the straw transfer, uh, but he has no sonic screw, screwdriver. But because of constraints, he goes, oh, I could just unplug it. Uh, uh, then he carries Martha off uh, as the tube ships take off. Uh, and then he says, I hope they're going to reverse this thing. Like, uh, like because if they don't, then... Uh, you know, like uh, they should, which they do. And then it starts raining in reverse or raining on the moon. Uh, there's a flash and they go back to, to normal Earth. Uh, everybody's waiting there. So the building just reappears and everybody comes out. It gets hugs. Everybody's happy. Martha's sister's there. Hugs her. Uh, what does that say? I think they go right back into party planning or something. I'll have to read that. Uh, the, but we see the doctor waves goodbye to her. Yeah, there's also other people, like, bra bragging. Uh, 
uh, yeah, and they say, okay, uh, everybody's, oh, mom and daddy, we're wanting to know what's going on, what happened. So, yeah, and I think that's it. Uh, oh, Martha looks, yeah, the doctor waves goodbye. Martha lo- looks, and then Martha looks again, the TARDIS is gone. Then we go to another commercial. Uh, so, and we come, when we come back, Martha's getting ready for the party. And uh, she's just she's, she's getting in her party gear, and uh, she's listening to the radio where someone on the radio is talking about how we're not alone. Uh, you know, ro- reports coming in. Uh, we got one of the interns talking that is a know-it-all, but they say I think uh, Mr. Saxon is right. Uh, we're not alone. There's life out there, wild and extraordinary life. Uh, and then we see the moon in a really cool shot because it looks like it's a sky shot of the moon. It's really the moon reflected in a puddle. The Anna Elise sets steps in the puddle. We see a lot of discord from the party. Everyone, no one's happy. Everyone, interpersonal drama between Anna Elise, everybody, you know, except for Martha's trying to make peace. And her younger sister's just trying to get say, geez, the DJ's going to play some good songs. Let's get back to the party. Quizmania. Because, uh, oh, Annalise also doesn't believe that Martha was on the moon. Uh, yeah, they also say, geez, would you, like, uh, you know, Annalise can't even handle Quizmania. That's what the sister says. Uh, everybody storms off and... Uh, oh, boy, is the next five minutes uh, fun and wild. Uh, we see the doctor smiling. He's leaning up against a wall. And Martha, like, turns her head, and the doctor makes, he does make this kind of seductive come-along look, more of a fun seduction. And he slinks into, like, an alleyway. Uh, she follows, and then when she comes into the alley, he's, like, kicking back on the TARDIS. Uh, new shoes, white white uh, all-stars on. And uh, he, let's see, let me look at the the thing. She says, I went to the moon today. And he goes, yeah, a bit more peaceful than that party. She goes, who are you? He goes, the doctor. And she goes, like, what species? Uh, you know, I don't get to ask a lot of that. Uh, he goes, time lord. She goes, oh, that's not pompous at all. And he goes, well, I thought since you, you know, you really helped me out and you got a sonic screwdriver, which needed road, tra- road testing, you might want a trip. Uh, and he goes, she goes into space. He goes, well, and she goes, well, I can't. I got exams, rent, uh, and my family. And the doctor goes, well, I can travel in time as well. And she goes, nah, hey, get out of here. He goes, well, I can. And she goes, come on. And he goes, I can prove it. Uh, so he goes back in the TARDIS, it goes, and then Martha's kind of like, what the heck? Then it comes back, uh, and the doctor comes out. He's holding his tie from the morning, and he goes, told you so. And she goes, but that was the morning. And she goes, oh, wait, you did travel in time. Why didn't you tell me anything? And he says, well, crossing, crossing into established events is forbidden, except for, you know, doing funny stuff, little stuff like this, flirty stuff. And she says, well, that's your spaceship? He goes, TARDIS, uh, time and relative dimension in space. Uh, and she's like, on the outside of TARDIS, she goes, this is made of wood. It's a spaceship? Uh, and then she goes, well, there can't be much room in there. It'd be a little bit intimate. And the doctor goes, well, take a look. Uh, 
He didn't say take a look in a book, a uh, butterfly in the sky, but... <laughs> and uh, she looks in the TARDIS. She goes, no, 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 no. Uh, and uh, she goes, this is just a box, but how, how is it like How is it like that? Uh, and she goes, how does it do that? It's a wood. It's just a box uh, with a room inside. And he goes, she goes, it's bigger on the inside, which I think someone else has said. And then the doctor says... Uh, is it? I hadn't even noticed. And then he kind of closes the door behind her. And he says, okay, well, uh, what do you say we get going? Uh, and she goes, well, is there a crew, like a navigator? Uh, where is everybody? Doctor goes, just me. She goes, all on your own, eh? And he goes, well, sometimes I have guests. I mean, friends, uh, totally friends, you know, friends like Rose, uh, Rose, uh, he goes, we were together. And so anyway, and Martha says, where is she now? Doctor goes, totally with her fam, you know, kicking it, uh, got back together with her ex, maybe. I don't know. Uh, he goes, not that you're, not that, not that you're replacing her. And Martha goes, never said I was. Uh, and doctor goes, yeah, just one trip, period. Then I bring you back home. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on my own. And then there's such good act. I mean, the chemistry between the actors is uh, like, uh, she goes, well, you're the one that kissed me. The doctor goes, well, that was a genetic transfer. And she goes, and you, 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 if you wear a tight suit. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Am I reading this? Like, I literally was sweating. And she goes, you travel across the universe to ask me on a date? And the doctor goes, stop it. And she goes, for the record, not interested. I only go for humans. And the doctor goes, good, let's get out of here. He goes, grand, graphic anomalizer, helmet regulator, handbrake, uh, you ready? Gets that look on his face. She goes, no. And then they start to go, but of course it doesn't go smooth like everything. You could blind me a bit bumpy, Martha says. And the doctor says, welcome aboard, Miss Jones. And she says, it's my pleasure, Mr. Smith. Okay, so a couple of things I looked up. Quizmania is a British, according to Wikipedia, it's a British interactive game show designed by Chuck Thomas, Debbie King, and Simone Thorogood. Uh, it uh, was on the air August 2005 to March 2006, December 2005, January 2007. Uh, similar to other premium line call-in shows, uh, it used a premium number to provide a quiz question. Or answer it. Uh, its last ever broadcast was January uh, 2007 with Greg Scott and Debbie King. Let's see. In background, in 2003, working for E4 uh, uh, as an anchor presenter, uh, Debbie King on another sh German quiz show called Nine Live uh, uh, pitched it in the UK. It was produced as Bowling for Bucks. Uh, then they were commissioned to create a show called Quizmania, a five-hour slot on uh, satellite channel Information TV. And then after nine months, it was picked up by ITV for their nighttime slot. Wow, that's cool. Uh, original run was broadcast from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., uh, in order to win money, it costs 75p to call in from a BT landline, up from 60p. 
And if you were successful, you were uh, put on hold, transferred to the studio, and if selected, you went on the show to deliver answers. You could win uh, uh, fifty to twenty-five thousand pounds, uh, and then once there was a hundred thousand pounds as a prize, they gave away one point two million pounds uh, in the first two weeks. Ended in two thousand seven, revived uh, with a different uh, format. Uh, but in 2007, and I think there's shows about this, uh, that these shows weren't properly audited. And uh, so so maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something coming out. I don't know if it's about this show or something else. I did know I saw a preview somewhere or something. Okay, Sharpie is a, a permanent marker. Uh, it uh, has been widely expanded, and uh, now it was like a brand for non-permanent markers and other things. Uh, but it was originally a name designating a permanent marker launched in 1964. Uh, and it be, also became the first pen style permanent marker. Uh, it also makes a popular highlighter brand uh, accent, uh, which was repositioned under the Sharpie brand name. There's also Sharpie Minis. Uh, they've sponsored, sponsored racing. Uh, yeah, they've had many famous people. Uh, it's hard to get it off, uh, but, uh, it's because it's supposed to be a permanent marker. Uh, a dry erase marker may be, uh, used successful in removing Sharpie ink by covering it using three to four pen strokes, according to this. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, T.O. made, uh, the, like, a famous by Sharpie by signing it, uh, uh, signing a football during a game. Uh, let's see. I want to look up uh, joshing me. Uh, let's see. What is this? This is from True West Magazine. I'm just joshing you. Uh, TrueWestMagazine.com. This is from October 19, 2017. Marshall Trimble. Uh, says that the origins go back to 1883 when the U.S. unwittingly introduced a new liberty in nickel. Uh, the face on one side was the goddess of liberty. On the reverse, they had the Roman numeral five. Uh, and instead of the usual five cents, this opportunity provided people to, uh, oh, because the coin looked a little bit like a $5 gold piece. Uh, so if someone was caught, they'd say, all you had to say was like, I was just joking or pulling your leg. I don't know, I wonder if this is true. And then one of these famous people that was doing this was Josh Tatum, uh, who did this. Uh, so, uh, oh, interesting. I'm going to have to reach out and see if there's any podcast episodes about that. That's really, really interesting. Uh, this episode took place on the moon, which uh, is thought to have been formed 4.51 billion years ago, according to Wikipedia. Fifth largest satellite in our solar system. Uh, second densest satellite in, among what uh, satellites' densities are known. Uh, the moon might have been left over from a bump with, that Earth took with somebody else. Uh, it's in synchronous rotation with Earth, uh, so we always see the same side of the moon. 
uh, because of lib- liber- liberation, uh, slightly more than half of the lunar surface can be uh, viewed from Earth, 59%. And the side we see is marked by, you know, a lot of stuff that went on on Earth, uh, I mean on the moon. Second brightest celestial object visible in Earth's sky. Its surface is actually dark, but compared to the night sky, it's bright. Uh, when it has a reflectance... Uh, Oh, its reflectance is just higher than worn asphalt uh, and has gravitational influence. Uh, Its orbital distance is about 384,000 kilometers or 238,000 miles, uh, 1.28 light seconds. uh, So would they say 250,000 miles away Yeah, in the episode? Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else interesting about the moon. Luna was used in scientific writing uh, to, to personify the Earth's moon. Cynthia is another poetic name for the moon. Selene is the Greek goddess of the moon. Uh, the English ag- adjective pertaining to the moon is lunar, uh, from the Latin word for moon, luna. Uh, the adjective selenian is derived from the Greek word of the moon, selene. S-E-L-E-N-E, which describes the moon as a world rather than an object in the sky. Uh, now, selenic uh, used to be a synonym. Now it refers to the chemical elements selenium. The Greek word for the moon does provide us with the prefix seleno, seleno, as in seleniography, the study of the physical features of the moon. And the her- and selenium, uh, the Greek goddess of wilderness and hunt Artemis was equated equated was equated with the moon Diana, who uh, was one of the symbols. Moon was one of her symbols, uh, and she was the goddess of the moon, also called Cynthia, from her birthplace, Mount Cynthius. Uh, and those also have something to do with uh, different types of lunar orbits. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think anything else. This is all from Wikipedia. I mean, the moon rules. I mean, definitely, let's see, compounds in the moon. Uh, silica, alumini, aluminia, lime, iron oxide, magnesia, titanium dioxide, and sodium oxide are what uh, make up the surface of the moon. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, there's so much about the moon. Obviously, we could talk more about it at another point. You know, but for this show, Moon is associated with uh, bedtime and uh, good night. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary trees and multiforms. It's time for season three, uh, episode or series three, episode two, uh, The Shakespeare Code. And it starts out in London, 1599. But uh, that always makes me think of 1989. The number, the, the, something, the number, sound of the funky drummer. Uh, but this one is London, night 1599. It starts with a candlelight and uh, a little hint of romance. As someone's playing like a lute or lyre or something with a very short neck, the, whatever the instrument is. And there's flirty words, tonight is the night. Uh, oh boy, is, and Lilith is the one... Uh, her smile like a summer bloom, as they say. 
as the like the caller, the gentleman caller says, or the singer, uh, say, okay, let's uh, let's have a little kissy poo, and uh, they go into her her uh, her house is a little bit different. Uh, the gentleman says this is different than what I expected. Because there's some toil, toil, boil, and bubble going. And his kiss transforms him. Uh, and there's mother, mother, uh, mother, uh, dear, dear finger and uh, bloom tide. Uh, and uh, they say, wait a second, you have two mothers and you. And then they say, oh boy, trouble's coming uh, before this episode. You know, this is what this episode's going to be about. And we have the opening of the episode. This one is by Gareth Roberts. Uh, we open with TARDIS in action. Uh, uh, Martha's kind of asking, well, how does this travel in time? Anyway, and the doctor says, hey, don't take any mystery out of it. Just, uh, you know, he goes, also, you don't want to know. Just uh, hold on. Uh, Martha says, blimey. She says, did you have to pass a test to, to, to drive this thing? He goes, yeah, I didn't pass. So, uh, goes, make the most of it. This is your only trip. Uh, and then they stop. He says, outside this door is brave new world. Uh, holy cow. Get ready, Martha. It's going to be exciting. And she bites her lower lip. Uh, like she says, okay, what am I in for? And she goes out the door first, and she says, what in the heck? Uh, where are we? The doctor says, look around. Uh, and she goes, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Uh, we traveled in time. Uh, and Martha's very inquisitive. Uh, so she says, wait a second, where are we? No, no, well, let me get uh, an idea of this. Uh, when are we? And then we see some chamber pots. Uh, uh, the doctor says, okay, before, you know, before WCs is when we are. And she goes, yeah, I've worked, you know, I, I worked in, uh, so she goes, I, you know, and she goes, is this okay? Can we just walk around? He goes, yeah. And she goes, what about if a butterfly isn't changing the future? He goes, uh, okay, well, don't bother any butterflies, particularly Bernie. And she goes, what if I run into my, like, great-grandfather or something? He goes, uh, don't, are you planning on that? She, he, he goes, okay. She says, no. He says, she goes, when are we again? This is London. He goes, yeah, 1599. And they kind of talk about the cultural traditions there. And she says, Jesus, is this like, uh, you know, this is a different world. And the doctor says, just walk around with uh, confidence. Elizabethan England, uh, it might be uh, not as different as you think it is. Uh, they have recycling, water cooler moments, uh, and then people, uh, buskers, you know, saying, oh boy, trouble coming. And then he says, in po po popular entertainment, uh, doctor's very happy about this. Uh, right down uh, in Southwark, Southwark, Southwark. Uh, 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 and they go past the London Bridge, I think. Uh, and it goes to the Globe Theater, brand new. But it's not, it's a tetra, tetra, tetra decagon, uh, 14 sides, not a globe, actually, uh, containing, you know, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, Shakespeare. Uh, let's see, yeah, he's really, like, doctors are really, uh, she's, she's Shakespeare's in there. And he goes, Mr. Jones? She goes, Mr. Smith? 
and then uh, they go in. I see the perform. We miss the whole performance, uh, but everybody's clapping. Doctor Martha clearly watched the whole performance. She's like, "This that was amazing." You know, even though it doesn't smell great in here. And then she goes, "Where's Shakespeare?" And she starts shouting, "Author, author!" And then everyone else takes up. She goes, "Is that normal?" And then we have a, a like a Kenneth Branagh esque uh, Shakespeare, as opposed to like other Shakespeare's. And she goes, "Whoa, boy, this guy's Branagh esque, uh, or however you say it." Uh, you know, she goes, "He's no ginger." And Scrooge doesn't not positive that Kenneth Branagh is a ginger, but she says he's uh, he's striking. Uh, a bit different than his portraits. Then we see Lilith from the opening, and she has a, like an uh, a Shakespeare one of those Shakespeare action figures she's playing with. Uh, Doctor loves Shakespeare. He says, "Genius, genius, genius, uh, most human, human ever." And we get to speak, is, is hear him speak. Uh, and then it kind of turns out that Shakespeare's a jerk. He's yelling at the crowd, overconfident, I'd say, or uh, brash. Uh, you know, he says, be quiet to the crowd. Uh, uh, and the doctor and Martha says, maybe you shouldn't have met your heroes. Uh, and he goes, yeah, that was great. Uh, he kind of just gives a hard time on a thing. But Willis work in his action figure. She seems to have some sort of power over his action figure. And he goes, I know what you're saying. Love's labor's lost. Uh, just stopped at the end without the ending. Uh, and he goes, don't worry. Uh, all in good time. You can't rush a genius. Uh, and then Lilith says something to his action figure. He says, oh, yeah, no, no. Tomorrow night will be the premiere of the sequel, Love's Labors 1. So don't worry about it. I think Lilith says something like timing's right or something tonight, tomorrow night. Uh, and then the doctor has a WTF face at that. He says, wait a second. Something strange happened there. And then after everybody's leaving the play, the doctor and Martha are talking. Uh, she goes, I never heard of that. The doctor goes, yeah, it was a lost play, only rumored to exist, uh, never turned up. No one knows why. She, she goes, could you get a mini disc? We could tape it uh, and, uh, you know, like uh, download, you know, sell, sell it or something. The doctor goes, no, no, no. She goes, yeah, you're right. Uh, and she goes, well, how come the play disappeared if he's talking about it? And the doctor goes, well, maybe we should stick around and find out. I thought we were just going to come and see a play as our, you know, as our first date that's not a date or whatever the doctor likes to call these little journeys that he goes on. Uh, then we're either outside like the Elephant Inn and Pub, I guess. Uh, upstairs, uh, Bill Shakespeare's drinking with uh, some of the actors, Dolly, the. Um, proprietors kind of dolly bailey uh she's flirting uh lilith works there she's cleaning and the the actors and performers are like dude what do you mean we're gonna do a brand new play tomorrow we haven't rehearsed it we don't even have the script you're not even done he goes yeah i'll finish it tonight i'll have you get it to you in the morning uh, then the doctor rolls in like, hello, hey, Shakespeare. Uh, he goes, no, no, no. What are you, a super fan? No way, man. Uh, this is not the VIP hangout. Uh, shove off. Then he sees Martha. He goes, like, you could see that he's a bit of a problematic person. And he sends actors to sew their costumes. Uh, and he's like, oh, boy, uh, hello, my sweet lady kind of thing. Sit right down. You'll hear a tale. 
but all eyes, sweet lady, so fitted, he says, such unusual clothes. Uh, Dolly goes, oh, what do you got, a new lad? Then Martha has some comedy. She goes, verily, forsooth, egads. And doctor says, okay, don't talk like that. He goes, I'm the doctor of Target Tardis. This is my companion, Martha Jones. He holds up the psychic paper, which Shakespeare sees through. Martha does not, though, so there's a little comedy there. Uh, then we kind of learn about the ignorance, like just like a more problematic talk from Shakespeare. Uh, but Martha says, dude, this is not cool. Like, don't talk to me like that. Uh, uh, then this dude shows up, uh, the master of revels. Oh, the doctor says she's from Fredonia. And he says, no, you're going to have to play on tomorrow night. That's against the rules. Like, I, you got to deal with the bureaucracy first, and I'm the bureaucracy. And, you know, I wield my power as I see fit. You'll see, you'll perform a play when I say you performance. And uh, I'm going to go get a banning order. Love, labor's lost may never be played because, you you know, you didn't ask for my permission first. Uh, Lilith kind of bumps into him by accident, but she clips some of his hair for her own action figure. So we see that the power of her action figures is powered by, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? The power of the action figures is powered by real hair. And then uh, there's dramatic music. She calls to her mother. So she says, this bureaucrat's trying to cancel the play. And they go, no, 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 it's got to be tomorrow. Uh, or oh, mothers are toil, toil, boil, and bubblers, by the way. Uh, so they're around a cauldron most of the time. And they say, water damps the fiercest flame, flame, splashy splash, and all the same. Uh, head to the head to the big swimming hole in the sky, bureaucrat, bye-bye. So the bureaucrat just instantly kind of heads out to... Uh, Big bureaucracy and swimming hole in the sky. Uh, but the doctor, uh, what is this about? Doctor's mind is oh, okay. So they go out, yeah. Uh, purple ring, you're not purple ring out to mystery solved. Uh, oh dear, all run out. Stick, oh yeah, big farm, Lindley to the big farm. But the doctor's mind is blown by it because he says, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, he goes, this is just, not, there's something missing here. Uh, and uh, they, uh, he says, uh, something doesn't add up. Uh, and uh, then the doctor plays dumb. And he goes, oh, it looks like this guy had just decided to, uh, like, head to a different, you know, bureaucratic form of existence. Uh and she goes, why are you doing that? He goes, well, this is the dark ages. If you, uh, if I, if I played to my gut instincts, people would think it was, uh, toil and toil, boil bubblers. And she goes, well, what was it? He goes, boil, boil toil, toil, boil and bubbling. Uh, uh, then we see that they're making a potion and they're using magic words around the potion, the, 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 uh, Littlefinger, Bloomtide, and Lilith. Uh, then we go back to Shakespeare's office room, and Dolly says, Hey, I got your room, Sir Doctor, and Miss Jones. And uh, Shakespeare's just trying to wrap his head around everything. Uh, and he says, I keep, you know, and Martha says, Listen, man, you got to respect people. And, uh, 
they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he says, uh, okay. And they says, geez, doctor, how can someone so young have eyes so old? Uh, and the doctor goes, I read a lot. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, that's what I do. He goes, but uh, he goes to make a smart reply. And he goes, you, Martha, you look at the doctor like you're surprised he exists. He's as much as a puzzle to you as he is to me. And Martha goes, bedtime, hit the road. And he goes, well, I got to finish this play, but I'll get my answers from your doctor and why you got this constant performance going. And then there's this ongoing joke. Doctor goes, all the world's a stage. He goes, well, I might use that uh, later. And they go, nighty night. This is a part of the episode where my heart beat the strongest. Uh, uh, let's see. Because uh, him and Mar- Mar- Martha goes, well, this isn't exactly a five-star room. Uh, she goes, I don't have a toothbrush. The doctor goes, here you go. Venus- Venetian, the Venusian spearmint. Uh, I got one for you. And she goes, well, what are we going to do? And the doctor goes, like, uh, she goes, there's only one bed. And the doctor goes, we'll make it work. Uh, and then they get in bed, like the doctor's lying his back thinking, or they both are. And she goes, so this is like magic. Uh, she goes, a little bit Harry Potter. And the doctor's already read book seven before it came out. He goes, oh, so good. Uh, so many tears. And Martha goes, but is this real? And there's a building uh, interpersonal tension during this scene. At least more I was projecting, thinking uh, of my own feelings. But but Martha says, okay, is it real? The doctor goes, no. He goes, not Harry Potter. And he goes, this isn't what we think it is. Uh, and she goes, well, this is, you know, I just started, time travel's new to me. And he goes, it looks like it, but it's not. He goes, uh, you're going to get in bed or what? So then they kind of try to, uh, she goes, geez, with two of us in bed, tongues are going to wag. And I said, holy cow, am I sweating or is this just a TV show? And the doctor goes, well, he goes, there's no such thing as the energy that toil, toil bubblers would use, humans would. He goes, so there's something I'm missing, something close. And this is when the tension, right, staring me in the face. Now they're face to face. Uh, I think like she's ready to 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 to, to uh, connect. And the doctor goes, I'm missing something. Rose would know. Oh, my friend Rose, she always knows what to say. He goes, but you're a novice. Never mind. Uh, I'll bring you home tomorrow. And then Martha just goes, forget it. She blows out the candle. You don't get anything. And I said, oh, doctor, man, what the heck, man? And Martha blows out the candle. Then it goes to a commercial. And uh, now this is like old school because this isn't on streaming. It's on uh, DVR here, so I'm getting through it. Okay, so we come back, and Shakespeare's working. What is it? Oh, marionette. Uh, okay, so we see, we have candles. We have the window. We have uh, the doctor. He's the fe- I mean, Shakespeare's working with a uh, feather pen. Uh, there's a window behind him that Lilith opens up, and she blows in this green fog. And says, go to sleepy-poo, Shakespeare. And then she takes out not just an action figure, Shakespeare, but a marionette action figure. And she makes him start writing. Uh, Like, so she's writing. The action figure has its own uh, feathered pen. And so the action figure and that are writing. The doctor's kind of uh, in bed lying awake, thinking... 
we see again the window outside, and we see Shakespeare writing in kind of a robo Shakespeare mode. Uh, then he falls asleep, uh, and uh, Lilith kind of pats his head. And then uh, Dolly comes in. She goes, Will, what's going on in here? She goes, Lilith, what are you doing? Uh, playing with an action figure of Shakespeare next to Shakespeare? That's weird. And she goes, no, I was just, uh, and Dolly was ready to hang with Shakespeare. Lilith goes, I'll just uh, take off. And Dolly goes, no, you won't. Uh, and then Lilith goes, you know what? You should go visit that bureaucrat. Bye-bye. So Dolly does that. But first there's like a a bump. Uh, which wakes the doctor and Shakespeare up. Uh, doctor and Martha hop out of bed, run in. They say, Did, was there a bump, Shakespeare? He goes, well, goes, Dolly went to go see that bureaucrat. Uh, and they go, what did you see? Uh, and he goes, and, and actually, I think they all saw it. Let me look at my notes again. Oh, wait, actually, it's playing live above me. Okay, there's Dolly and Lilith. There's the bumpy poo. And then Lilith, I think, flies out the window. Shakespeare wakes up. Doctor and Martha into the room. Uh, doctor, oh, yeah, Martha sees her fly off into the moonlight on a broom. And, you know, that's interesting. Uh, full moon. Uh, then it's the morning. Rooster crows. Uh, Shakespeare says, old sweet Dolly Bailey. Can't believe... Uh, she left to go hang out with a bureaucrat. She had an enormous spirit. Uh, again, they have the repetitive drove. Then, but Martha says, "Okay, we got the bureaucrat and the innkeeper. How are they both connected to you, Shakespeare?" And then a toil, toil, boil, bubbler on a broom. Uh, and she goes, "Don't you write about that?" And the doctor goes, "Not yet." Uh, and Shakespeare goes, well, the uh, architect of the globe used to talk about this old Petey Peters. Uh, and then they go to the globe. Uh, let's see. Dolly Bailey, architect, uh, the globe, 14 sides. Why 14 sides? Uh, the doctor says, does that ring a bell? Why does it ring a bell? And Martha says, well, 14 lines in a sonnet. He goes, yeah, words, shapes, uh, tetradecagon. Uh, Shakespeare says, this is a theater. The doctor goes, well, theater is magic. Uh, stand on the stage, say the words. Uh, he goes, if you empower that. And Martha goes, like your police box, a small wooden box, power on the inside. And the doctor goes, like, Martha Jones, you work like Jean-Luc Picard, like deducing things and uh, working out ideas freely. And they go, let's go talk to Peter. Uh, and Shakespeare goes, well, he's under the weather because he thought he saw all those boiling bubblers. Uh, and they go, well, we're going to go talk to him. And Shakespeare goes, well, I'll come along. Uh, then the actors come. Shakespeare goes, here's the play, Ralph. Uh, copy it. Spread it around. Uh, and remember to project eyes and teeth. You know, Queen could show up uh, even though she never does. Even says, as if. Uh, then Martha and Shakespeare have a go around cause she says, dude, get over it. Uh, and he says, well, I think you're a Royal beauty. She goes, Whoa, Nellie, you've got a wife in the country. He goes, yes, but this is town. Uh, the doctor says we can flirt later. Shakespeare goes, really? Is that a promise? And he goes, 57 academics just punched the air. Now move. 
Uh, then the rehearsal's going on, and they're like, Love Labor's one, the actors, this the sequels are not good. And they go, the last bit doesn't even make any sense. Uh, and they kind of start running lines. They say, okay, uh, uh, Shad mocks Hollow Moon betwixt Dravidian Shores, uh, and then all of a sudden this wind starts blowing. Dravidian Shores, Linear 59316. Uh, they say, what in the heck is that? How is that a play? And then these special effects that they actors weren't aware of come up, uh, like a crow, and they call it a vile shade. Uh, and they say, that doesn't make any sense. Then the boil bubblers are watching. They go, that's too soon. we got to wait for the main play. And she goes, well, says, don't worry, it's rehearsal, Mom. Uh, then we're back. They go to visit uh, uh, Peter. It takes a while to get to Peter's room, and they kind of talk about a little bit of Shakespeare's backstory, uh, like how he's been down before, and he hasn't had it always easy. Martha kind of says, oh, okay, so maybe that's why you're covering up it with your brashness, huh? And he says, well, uh, let's change it. He goes, yeah, it wasn't easy for me, you know, and if, you know, even though you think Shakespeare has it all. He goes, the futility of this fleeting existence, to be or not to be. Maybe I, And he says, well, maybe that's a bit pretentious. Uh, then they go back and forth about Peter's uh, C-A-R-E, where in his room, and his helper. Uh, and then, like, they start talking to him. The doctor kind of gets close, like, in a caring way. But Lilith somehow sees this in the cauldron. And she goes, that's the, that's the dude that was in the, with Shakespeare. I thought there was something up. Uh, and then one of the moms blooms. She says, why is he visiting the architect? And the doctor says, Peter, I'm going to do a little mind meld with you. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, so let me comfort you. And let's go into the past. Remember, the past was just a winter's tale, just a story, okay? And he goes, tell me what happened. Uh, then Lilith and uh, they go, Mom, you got to get over there and figure out what he's doing. Uh, little finger him. Uh, and then they go, Peter Peter says, uh, well, he goes, yeah, they told me to be 14 walls, 14 sides. Uh, and then they kissed me goodbye. And the doctor goes, well, where do they live? He goes, all hollow street. Uh, and then Littlefinger, the mob, the mob, not the character from the show, shows up, and she says, too many words. Martha goes, what in the double hockey sticks? Uh, and she goes, Peter, let's go. So Peter goes with her, like, through a cauldron to another, like, to, to a you know, peaceful place. Uh, and Shakespeare goes, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Uh, you're boiling bubbler. And she goes, who's next? Uh, and Martha goes, we got to get out of here. And the doctor goes, yeah, no. And she goes, well, who's first? Uh, Littlefinger. And doctor goes, if you're looking for volunteers, I'll go. Martha goes, no. And Shakespeare goes, doctor, what are you going to do? And she goes, you're, no mortal has power over a boil bubbler. And the doctor goes, there's power in words if I can find the right one. And she goes, no one on earth knows who we are. And he goes, then what's well, good? I'm here. Uh, 14, 14, 14 stars of Rexel planet. And he goes, you're a carrier, carrier knight. Uh, 
And uh, she goes, oh, no, and she has to go home. And then they go, how'd you do that? And he goes, old magic, like Earthsea, baby. Lake Earthsea. He goes, power of the name. Because didn't you guys ever read that book, uh, uh, Legend of Earthsea, Ursula Le Guin? And they go, that's in the future. Oh, okay, sorry, doctor says. Uh, and she goes, Martha goes, but there's no magic. And doctor goes, science and magic aren't that far apart. Science is magic and math. Uh, he goes, they just use words instead of math, uh, carrier nights. And Shakespeare says, for what? And he says, well, for getting Earth uh, to go back in time, to back all the way to the beginning. Uh, then back at the Boiled Bubblers are meeting, and uh, Littlefinger says he knows us by name. And Lil says, don't worry, I'll deal with it. Uh, you two go to the globe. It's almost time for the performance. Uh, let's see, 14, very earthy. Deal with the doctor. Uh, little finger, not happy. Time approaches, and then they're back at Shakespeare's room. And the doctor kind of says, "Okay, here's the the carrier knights. Uh, they're not even supposed to be around. Uh, nobody was sure if they're real or legend." And Shakespeare says, "Well, that's real." And they say, "Mars says, what do they want?" And he says, "Well, start Earth over, and they're just boiling bubblers, though." And uh, they go, how? And Doctor is possibly through words. And Shakespeare goes, my words? And, and they go, well, what were you doing with that carrier night last night? Uh, and Shakespeare goes, finishing the play. And the doctor goes, well, how's the play end? He goes, boys, girls, friends beyond the binary, dancing, trees, multiforms, uh, funny, funny, fault, fault, funny and thought producing or funny and thought provoking. He goes, but if a couple of weird lines I don't even remember writing. And Doctor goes, well, that's it. It's a code. Love labors one. Combination of words. Globes their energy converter. He says, the play's a thing. From Shakespeare, hinty, hinty, who. Uh, then we go to the uh, play. Let's see. That's a code. Play's a thing. Oh, then we have the like narrator getting the play ready to open. This is where we laugh the last left off. Uh, love labors lost. Will love labors be won? And the two moms are in the audience. Uh, uh, then the doctors are looking over a map with Martha saying, okay, there's All Hollow Street, I think. Uh, he goes, we'll track him down. Shakespeare stopped the play. He goes, all the, all these years, he goes, I thought I was the cleverest man, but you, doctor, I know nothing next to you. Martha goes, okay, it's don't complain. He goes, no, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, Shakespeare says, good luck, doctor. And then Shakespeare, uh, Dr. Kimmler goes, good luck, Shakespeare. Once more onto the breach. Uh, wait a second. Uh, and uh, the doctor goes, keep moving. Uh, let's see, love labors. Uh, uh, play. Okay, then we go to the play. The um, moms have a crystal ball. And then they, they kind of say, they're doing the play, like, uh, the eye should have contentment where rest is spun out, uh, and they're saying patience, patience, uh, uh, stretched, stretched sheets, make the bed. Then Shakespeare comes in and says, stop the play, uh, stop the play. And the actors are like, WTF, uh. 
and uh, Littlefinger and uh, uh, Bloomtide are like, wait a second, this is this. he's trying to stop the play. And uh, Shakespeare says, don't worry, everyone gets a refund, but you can't perform this play. And then the actors are like, why is he acting like this? Get get him off the stage. Uh, uh, but Littlefinger says, don't worry, I have an action figure with real hair. So uh, she makes a doctor fall asleep. And they carry him off to stage, the actors, and they say, forgive our work irksome will. He's been on the beer and feeling ill, uh, whichever cracks everybody up. Uh, and then, you know, the boiled bubblers are happy again. And uh, let's see. We're at once more. Oh, wait, this other page. Uh, okay, so then the doctor and Martha are on all Arles Hollow Street. They say, geez, which house is it? Uh, and Marcy goes, this doesn't make any sense. It's 1599, but I'm from the future. She goes, so they couldn't have succeeded. Uh, and the doctor goes, well, how do I explain the infinite temporal flux? Uh, he goes, oh, back to the future. It's the same as back to the future. She goes, the movie? This might have been one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. He goes, no, the novelization. And he goes, yeah, the film. Uh, he goes, Marty McFly goes back in time, changes history. And she goes, oh, and then he fades away. She goes, am I going to fade? He goes, yeah, if we don't get this right, we've got to figure out which house. And then a door just opens for them. He goes, oh, which house? Hardy, har, har. Uh, which was funny. Then we see candles. They go upstairs, uh, and Lilith's waiting for him. Dad goes, oh, you're expecting us, eh? And she goes, yep. Uh, and Martha goes, I'll just name her. Carrier night. Carrier night. Uh, and it doesn't work. Lilith says, it only works once. And she goes, by the way, go to sleep, Martha Jones. So Martha falls asleep. And the doctor goes, how could you do that? And she goes, weird, I can only put her to sleep. Uh, she goes, she's somehow out of her time. And you, you don't have a name. Why would a man hide his title in such despair? But she goes, I do know one name that makes your heart ache. Uh, he goes, the names won't work. She goes, yeah, she goes, uh, Rose, North Wind Blows. And he goes, Rose gives me energy. Uh, he goes, where did your carrier nights go anyway? Backstory time. She goes, okay, well, the Eternals got rid of us. Uh, and uh, then Shakespeare brought us in through his imagination. And when he was down, the combination, he goes, well, how many? Just three, but tonight we're going to bring everyone else in and, you know, live on this planet. Uh, it'll be ours. And the doctor goes, well, it sounds like you're busy, but you got to get past me. And Lilith goes, no problem, but you're very handsome. Uh, and he goes, you're not going to be able to charm me. But she's taking his hair for an action figure. He goes, what's that? She goes, souvenir. And he goes, give me back my hair. And then she fly, starts to fly. And then she goes, uh, go to sleep, doctor. Uh, doctor falls asleep. And Martha wakes up. Oh, first the doctor goes, I can't believe this. He goes, that's a DNA replicator. Uh, uh, but doctor, then Martha grabs the doctor. She goes, oh, two hearts beat as one. And the doctor goes, yeah, but uh, I'm not used to having just one heart beat as one. So uh, pat my back, pat my side. Lovely. Uh, and then he says, uh, wait, let me see. He has two funny lines. 
uh, doctor looked at the cauldron back to the old ways, busy schedule. I forgot. She wanted to think, I don't know, I liked it because the doctor saw Shakespeare in the cauldron. Uh, but he goes, uh, lovely. And then he goes, boom, oh, bada boom, ba. Uh, bada boom, ba. I love that. Uh, uh, and he goes, let's go to the globe. Uh, so then she flies out. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, two hearts now, one lovely, bada boom, ba. To the show, the play, uh, Pish. Uh, who says Pish? I don't know. Let me look. Uh, then we're back at the theater. Lilith shows up at the theater, and she says, uh, "Doctors, Doctor Martha dealt with. Uh, let's get this on." And they're getting ready for the end of the play. Then Martha and the doctor are trying to run, but they can't find the right direction. Oh, uh, one of the uh, performances, Pish, uh, it's out of season, uh, swanish sight of a woman's love. Uh, and then they say, okay, this is it. And then the performance says, betwixt Dravidian Shores and Linear 5930167 points. And I won't say the last number, just in case. Uh, and uh, that's uh, Grove Rexel 4, co-rate and crystal activate. A uh, form of a swirling crows, and then a form of swirling crows, like a portal of swirling crows opens, and they start swirling around. Obviously, everybody's like, "Like uh, that's not good for any of us uh, who weren't expecting a portal of swirling crows. Uh, that's inconvenient. Uh, meanwhile, the doctor and uh, Martha can kind of see it, uh, it like, and they say, that's a portal of swirling crows. Uh, that's strange that some a character named Littlefinger, and Martha says, don't worry about it. And he says to the stage door, maybe it's just special effects. Uh, and uh, is there clapping? I think everybody's clapping at first because they say, what in the heck? Uh, Oh, yeah, no, everybody's kind of running around. Uh, there's a crystal ball. Oh, all the um, the boiling bubblers are very happy. Uh, Will's asleep. Uh, he goes, what do you, Dr. goes, I thought you were going to stop the play. He goes, I fell asleep backstage. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he, crystal ball, crows, laughs, crow whirlwind. Uh, special effects, uh, Shakespeare slowly is waking up, uh, and, uh, they say, they say, don't rub your head too much. You'll go bald. The doctor says, uh, that's my cue. And then the, uh, boiling bubblers are like, this is it. This is our big moment. And the doctor runs out on stage. Martha and Shakespeare follow him. And Lil says, uh, the doctor. He goes, well, you're going to have to watch this. All our crows are going to take over. She quotes a play. And then the doctor says, Will, this is your moment. He goes, what do I do? And he goes, well, he goes, use your words. Uh, Shape of the globe gives words power. You're the wordsmith, the one true genius, only clever enough human to do it. And he goes, what words? I got no words ready. He goes, you're William Shakespeare. He goes, yeah, but this is carrier nights. I don't even speak their words. And then the doctor goes, you got to trust yourself. Uh, he goes, when you're writing, the words come like magic. Uh, words of right sound, shape, and rhythm. Words that last forever. That's what you do. 
you choose the perfect words to do it, improvise. And it, it kind of like a, this is like a Shakespearean improv rap battle. I guess is the closest uh, way I could describe it. And so then Shakespeare says, uh, there's like all this swirling crows and red lights, special effects, a fog machine. And Shakespeare goes, uh, close up this din of uh, boil and bubble. We'll close up your little toil and trouble. Uh, you uh, steal my ideas, uh, play with my action figure, but my doting do- doctor tells me I'm more than a toy. And Lilith goes, these are powerful words. Uh, he goes, carrier knights, uh, cease your show between the points. And he says, I need that reverse number. The doctor says, uh, seven six one three nine zero. And so the Shakespeare says a seven six one three nine oh. They didn't do the uh, they didn't do the thing. And he goes back to like a tinker. Go back to polishing things like a tinker. And he goes, I say to thee. And then uh, he says, Shakespeare goes, What's my line? And Martha goes, Expelleramus. Uh, and he says, What? And Doctor says, Expelleramus. Expelleramus. Uh, and Shakespeare says, expel or armus. And Dieter says, thanks, J.K. And then all the crows start going away. They say, we're going to fly back to, like, uh, the cauldron. We're, we liked it better there anyway. Uh, all the scripts kind of start to fly away, too. Uh, then they realize, oh, wait, the cauldron's within the, um, uh, what do you call that thing? The crystal ball. So they say, okay, let's all fly into the crystal ball. All the crows, uh, everybody. The audience is stunned because then everything goes off and vanishes. Uh, and uh, first they're all just like sitting there like, what just happened? Uh, uh, and Martha goes, I think they thought uh, uh, th- that was uh, special effects. And doctor goes, well, Love's Labor 1 is gone. Uh, all the copies. Oh, and Shakespeare goes, your effect is special indeed, Martha. And she goes, that's not a very good line. Then they all bow to the audience who's, you know, clapping and amazed. Uh, Minds blown. It's not your best line, she says, I thought. I mean, the way she said it, but I thought that was appropriate. Uh, we see the crystal ball was left in their seats. Every All the carrier knights are now in the crystal ball. The doctor goes and gets it. Uh, which has to be some sort of thing of, like, uh, it'll return. Uh, then the next day, uh, Shakespeare and Martha are sitting on a bench with the crystal ball, and they're kind of exchanging jokes. Uh, let's see, how is it? And I say, a heart for a heart and a deer for a deer. Martha says, I don't get it. And he goes, well, what's a joke for you? She goes, uh, Shakespeare walks into a pud. A pub, and the landlord says, Oi, mate, you're barred. Uh, and he goes, I don't understand that one. And uh, he goes, Hey, anyway, what do you think about hanging? Uh, and she goes, No. And he goes, Well, I don't think the doctor knew. He goes, Why not entertain a man that uh, definitely likes you, like me? And I think this was a, I had to look up this line. She goes, I don't know how to tell you this, oh, great genius, you're, but your breath doesn't half stink, which to me means it totally does. Uh, 
It could, because it wasn't a compliment. Or she said, no, thanks. Uh, no kissing. Uh, then the doctor comes back and he goes, geez, I got a Sycorax and, uh, this uh, neck frilly thing. Uh, and the doctor goes, I like the sound of Sycorax. Uh, and, uh, he goes, how are you feeling? And he goes, well, I got a headache. And the doctor goes, put this ruffle on you. Goes, wear it around for a few days. Maybe just keep it on forever. It looks good. And Martha says, well, what's up with the play? Uh, and the doctor says, it's gone. And the doctor says, it's gone. Who looked everywhere. Every single copy of Love, Love, Love's Labors 1 went up in the sky. And Shakespeare says, well, it's my lost masterpiece. And Martha goes, why don't you write it again? And uh, the doctor goes, no, 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 please don't. Uh, still power in those words. Let's forget them. And uh, Shakespeare goes, oh, I got new ideas. Uh, I think about fathers and sons of my son, Hamnet. Uh, and Martha goes, Hamnet? Uh, and he goes, oh, yeah, that was my boy's name, Hamnet. Uh, and she goes, Hamnet. Uh, and he goes, yep. Uh, Doctor says, okay, we got to get going. I'm going to put this crystal ball in the attic of the TARDIS. Uh, very much like Superman 2 or 3. Uh, with the prism thing, Majig. Uh, that's the plan with it, because uh, it's very similar to that. He goes, Martha's got to get back to Fredonia. And then Shakespeare kind of says, I could see through everything. He goes, uh, you're going to go back uh, and travel through time and space. And Doctor goes, what do you mean? He goes, you're from another world, like the Carrier Knights. Martha's from the future. I figured it all out. And the doctor, again, he's, this is like, a, like a Shakespeare love. He goes, geez, you're incredible, incredible. Shakespeare goes, we're like in many ways, doctor. And he goes, let me give you a little verse, uh, a little sonnet for my lady. Shall I compare these to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Uh, then the actors come in. They go, Will, you won't believe it. She's here. Uh, we're the talk of the town, and she heard about it last night, and she wants us to perform the show again. And Martha goes, who? And they go, Her Majesty uh, has arrived. Uh, and actually, it's really nice. Like, the globe is open to the sun, or it just has really good lighting, so it looks really cool. And then there's, like, you know, the music. Uh, and the queen comes in in full garb, like out of a movie. And the doctor goes, Elizabeth the first? And uh, she goes, doctor? The doctor goes, what? Uh, and I don't know if that was which Elizabeth it was in the last season, but she goes, you are, uh, she goes, remember when you ruined my croquet game and my card game? And the doctor goes, oh, yeah, we got to get out. She goes, yeah, you still owe me something. And so the doctor says, Martha, we got to roll. And the queen says, nope, but place the doctor. And so then uh, he goes, never mind, we'll see you. Thanks, Will. And the queen says, stop that per per precocious doctor or whatever. I don't know what she says, but uh, they run after the doctor. Martha, Shakespeare's cracking up. He thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever seen. The doctor is also having a lot of fun. Like he's laughing. And Martha goes, what did you do? And he goes, I don't know. I don't even think I met her yet. He goes, that's time travel for you, but you can't wait to find out. 
And then they get to the TARDIS. He opens the door and he goes, that's something to look forward to. And then they go into the uh, uh, TARDIS uh, and the episode comes to a close. Uh, Good night. All right, everybody, we're talking about uh, season three, episode three, or series three, episode three of uh, Doctor Who, uh, Gridlock. And it opens with uh, a news report. It's a little bit, uh, um, I don't know, it's it's in blue and white. It's Sally Calypso. We'll cover her dialogue. She has over her left shoulder a, a Statue of Liberty. She's on a screen, the camera pulls out, and we see a couple uh, kind of dressed in some old school, uh, like 1800 style clothes, including what is that thing called uh, that you wear, uh, like a uh, cameo. And, but they have a CB, they're in some sort of ship, and uh, it's a turbulence, they say. And they say, why is it so bumpy here? We're just supposed to be going to the HOV lane. Uh, let me see what other notes. Uh, family of two, uh, 1015, car 1015, I think, or car, then I thought of car 54. Oh, and they were in the HOV lane without permission because they only had two passengers and need three. So they say, well, not only is there turbulence, we're going to get a ticket for this, honey. And, uh, yeah, we see, we'll go through Cal- Sally Calypso, Statue of Liberty, Watermark, uh, uh, signs off, uh, open. So let's see, Sally Calypso says, hey, salutations, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, friends, beyond the binary trees and multiforms. This is Sally Calypso, 1015 uh, traffic. And we got, uh, you know, traffic at Junction 509, New Fifth Avenue. Go around there. Take care now. I'll see you later. And then the two characters go back and forth. They even call and they say, hey, like, can you not give us a ticket? Uh, we have a, a passenger just come check. Uh, car 10H5. Let's see what I, where's my thing? One zero five one five. Uh, please don't give us a ticket. Uh, oh, then they get their while they're getting their ticket. Sally comes down with the weather: thirty six degrees, blue skies all the way home. Sally Calypso signing off. Missing you already. Uh, then we get an open, and against a shorter open. Uh, then I think it was like a 30 seconds rough with Russell T. Davies. And then the doctor and Martha are going back and forth. Uh, we get a wide shot of the TARDIS working. Martha's on a bench. It looks like you could sit three people, but primarily in the middle. Uh, doctor's there. And they're going back and forth. High up. She's swinging her legs. It's a high bench. Uh, the doctor's kind of distant. I mean, physically and emotionally. And uh, he's work, but he's also working the TARDIS uh, as they're talking. A lot of subtext and uh, re- really good. This is great dialogue. And then they make their arrival. So the doctor says, yeah, we're just supposed to do one trip and then go home. But we could stretch one trip out, uh, one past, one in the future. What about that? Uh, Martha says, cool, Coolio. And the doctor says, you want to go into the past to meet Coolio? 
And he goes, what about a different place? Uh, and she goes, like a planet? What about your planet, your home planet? He goes, eh, plenty of other places. And then it's just a beautiful performance. She says, you know, the planet of the Time Lords, it's got to be cool. He goes, well, it's beautiful. She goes, space, outer space city spiders. He goes, yeah, temples and cathedrals. Yeah, planets in the sky. And then the doctor gets all dreamy. He says, burnt orange sky. Citadel enclosed in mighty glass dome, uh, twin suns, mountains, red grass, uh, snow. And Martha, of course, says, let's go there. She goes, no. Or the doctor says, no, I, like, I don't want to go home. That would be boring. Uh, so it's interesting that we have information, or if you're regular, like either you, you're getting exposition, which is cool, or you're re So I just love the layers of creation. like. Uh, we know some, some of us know something Martha doesn't. Some of the viewers are learning this stuff for the first time and won't learn it till later, uh, along with Martha. So it's also kind of a lesson in how do you do something kind of episodically modular with some seriality that's, uh, like for, for the regular viewer. Uh, but she, she says, nah, nah, let's go. He goes, year 5,053, planet New Earth, uh, second hope of, uh, humans, uh, Pretty sweet place, uh, 5,000 light years from your old world, and we're in the middle of New New York, uh, though technically it's uh, 15th New New York, so it's New New, New New, New New, New New, New New, New New, New New York, I think. A dazzling city, probably the city that him, I think him and, uh, I don't know if it was episode one, uh, or maybe, I guess it wasn't, it was, uh, but him and Rose went there. I guess it was in the middle of last season, or maybe not. It was when they were first together. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if that's. And then Martha does bring that up. Uh, then they get to New New York. Uh, it's raining as they open the TARDIS doors. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's raining. Into rain. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, she goes, yeah, it's dazzling, this rain. And the doctor goes, rain's great. Let's uh, go somewhere. Then we go to uh, see uh, the face of Bo uh, with, uh, the, like, a cat nun who's also an action figure. She goes, I'm, gonna, I'm going into action figure mode. And the face of Bo goes, find him. Uh, we, we like, uh, all of New Earth needs his help. Uh, and she gets up and she goes off. Uh, then we see they're in kind of the doctor and Martha leaving alley. There's a lot of green with crescent moons. Um, and it is just actors. She says, where are we? When are we? He goes, well, let me check one of these TV ATMs that's off. So he does that. Uh, and it's, it's Sally Calypso talking about the new New Jersey expressway, 15 lanes. Uh, but there's also a view of New New York, the good-looking part of it. And he says, oh, okay. He goes, uh, that looks pretty good. Uh, he goes, we must be on the lower levels, uh, some on Undercity. And Martha goes, are you kidding me? You took me to the Undercity? And Dad goes, don't worry. We'll get up there. It's glitz and glamour up there, the real city. You, or this is a real city. And Martha kind of appreciates him because she says, well, geez, you'd enjoy anything. What about, you know, what about me, though? Uh, uh, what about me? You know, th this is a, maybe not you. You enjoy everything. And he goes, that's me. He goes, uh, in the rain, he goes, it keeps getting better and better. 
And she goes, did you say you were here last time with Rose? And the doctor goes, uh, okay, yeah. And she goes, are you taking me to the same planet you took her? And he goes, uh, you, uh, what's wrong with that? She goes, uh, dude, like, uh, what do you, dude, like, what do you think, a rebound or what? Uh, then we get this, like, Terry Gilliam-esque scene, in my opinion, of all these stalls opening up and just the way the camera's, like, slightly off tilt. It's Schaffer below, and uh, even the performances, uh, they're kind of like a little bit uh, fun and over the top. There are uh, three stalls, uh, I think, total, and they're all, they're like, holy cow, customers, customers. They're, they're competing, but they're also competing to have any customers, and they say, oh, boy, so good to see you. We got happy here. Uh, mellow, Reed, what are you looking for? You know, grumpy grumps. Uh, Mellow kind of makes you, you know, chill. You want to chill? Uh, and it's the first one. Says, come on, happy. It's going to be great. Uh, come on. It's just a great little scene. Uh, and they say, come on, shop with me. Martha's like, what are they Are they selling? Uh, what are they selling? Uh, is this like a big little pharma? And the doctor goes, well, it's moods. And she goes, well, is that the same thing? Uh, and then... Uh, Another person comes into the area. She's kind of dressed as like a match girl in some sense. Uh, and uh, she says, hey, like, uh, I need to forget some stuff. Uh, you know, I got a lot on my mind. They're competing for her, but the one woman, she says, oh, sweetheart, hey, let me get you. And she goes, yeah, I need to forget some stuff. She goes, okay, I got this. Uh, she goes, so what's up? And she goes, traffic jam. My parents are in a traffic jam. And on the motorway, it's taking forever. And she goes, okay, forget 43. That's uh, that's what you want. Two credits. Uh, the doctor goes, what do you mean your parents are in traffic? And she goes, well, they got into traffic. And the doctor goes, well, what, how long do you mean traffic for? She goes, uh, everyone goes to the motorway in the end. And I didn't necessarily like the doctor's move here because she'd already paid to forget. And then the doctor kind of harshes her mellow because he says, well, they just wait for them. They'll be back or send them a text or something. And, and uh, she goes, no, I don't want to forget it. Uh, and then she's like, I forgot what you were talking about. And then he harshes her. He says, well, your parents, they're stuck in traffic. And she goes, oh, really? Okay, I got to go. And I said, can you give her at least two credits back, doctor? Because she just spent two credits. Uh, and Martha goes, uh, okay, moods and traffic. Uh, oh, humanity. And let's see what happens to the doctor. Oh, then these uh, these people are playing this tag game, like Nerf tag, but like with strangers. So they go to Martha. They go, hey, you're it now. Uh, and uh, it's, the rules are you got to come with us. And then the doctor has to try to catch us. Because uh, you're it. Doctor's not like not it. Or maybe you probably would define it as a, you're, we're not it and the doctor's it. But let's go. And Martha goes, I'm sorry. And they go, this planetary rules. Uh, let's move it. Uh, and she's like, uh, what? Uh, and so they run and they get in a van. Uh, and Martha goes, so "What do you What do you mean?" And she goes, "They go, oh, there's another layer of this. You take a nap uh, while we run." Now the doctor's trying to catch them because he's it. Uh, they start their van, which doesn't really seem fair 
to use a motor vehicle in tag, but I guess this, you know, this is New New York 15. So the doctor doesn't get there till after the van pulls out. He says, Martha. And I don't, there's an, there's an ad in here somewhere. I'm not sure it is. It doesn't really matter because uh, then we get in the ship and there's a couple in the ship. Uh, and holy cow, like, uh, this couple's going to have pretty beautiful children because, uh, but I haven't looked up these two performers, but I presume they're working because they're, they're both like I said, wow, they, and, and they're really good in this episode. So there's a couple, uh, I can't, let's see if I, I don't know if I wrote down their names or not. Uh, they're in ship four, six, five, diamond six. Uh, and so they, uh, so they say, okay, doctor might try to catch us. But meanwhile, also we had, a. uh, Another kind of thing, which is, uh, oh, she's sleeping, actually. So Martha's sleeping, and they say they say this to each other. They say, great, now we can go in the HOV lane. So that's why they call in uh, whatever the car, 565 Diamond 6, uh, and they go, yeah, we're getting in the HOV lane now with her while we're playing tag, fun and saving time. But they are carrying people. They're just, uh, like, uh, you know, they want to play, I don't know, they're, so then the doctors are back with the vendors. He says, where, what happened? Uh, uh, he goes back and they say, what do you want? Do you want to buy some happy or something or mellow? And he goes, well, where did they go? And they go, oh, they probably went to the motorway. Uh, it's a motorway tag. And probably, to be honest, they wanted the HOV lane. And the doctor goes, so what do I do? They go, well, you're not going to find her. So, uh. They go, it used to be nice around here. Now it's just all, everyone goes the motorway in the end. And the doctor goes, well, how do I get there? They go, well, you could go down the alley at the end. There's an entrance. But don't you want any happy or something? And the doctor, this was a weird one, too. The doctor goes, close all, close all this up because when I get back, I'm closing this part of town down. And I said, holy cow, you're like one of those, uh, like, uh, whatever, back in the day. They say, no, you know, pro- prohibitionist. Uh, so let's see. Dr. S. Vendors, Crescent Moon, I'll be back. Is it close the street down? Martha wakes up. She, she plays like she's asleep, though. And the couple's talking, and they kind of say, okay, this is going to be great. Uh, we're going to get to the place where the, the skies are blue, houses are wood, and there's jobs. But then Martha says, like, uh, she has one of the Nerf, uh, Nerf players. So she says, uh, surprise, I'm going to make one of you it. Uh, and they say, well, we're driving, though, so you can't really make one of us it. Uh, so there's nothing you can do. And she goes, really? Yeah, they go, she goes, there, there, you have to have the other person that's it here to change it. And he's not here again, just the rules. And they go, what's your name anyway? She goes, Martha, Martha Jones, uh, Chen and Milo. Uh, and uh, they say, sorry about this. We just thought it would be fun. And I'll be honest with you, we wanted to be in the HOV lane. And Chen says, uh, I got a, I got a honesty patch. Uh, and then Martha looks out the window. She goes, this is a motorway? What is it, fog? And they go, no, exhaust. Uh, where are we going? Brooklyn. It's way nicer out there. Also, she's going to have a baby. Uh, and then she goes, Martha goes, okay, so what? Like, I, I was hanging out with my friend, and now I'm stuck with you two? 
Aunt Martha goes, you shouldn't be taking a patch anyway with a baby about honesty or anything else. Uh, and then the, 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 the guy, Milo, says, don't worry, we'll get you there. We'll be in Brooklyn. It'll take a little while, but he goes, then we'll go in the fast lane, you know, or something. Then we'll have to do regular roads. Uh, it's only 10 miles. And Martha goes, well, how long is that going to be? And they go, about six years. She's like, yeah, what? And they go, yeah, we'll get to Brooklyn and he can start school, our baby. And she goes, 10 miles in six years. Uh, then the doctor steps out of, uh, uh, let's see, six years, then, sorry, 10 miles, six years. Uh, doctor opens this all-access door, closes behind him. It's full of exhaust and traffic. Most of the vehicles are like these space vans. Uh, and while he's out there, this uh, kind of person in like a pilot suit opens their van door and they, he says, hey, what are you doing? This exhaust, man, get in here. And they bring the doctor in and it's a cat man and a human woman. And they say, hey, come on, like, uh, get us some fresh air, man, from our car, fresh recycled air at least. And he goes, I heard about this. He goes, well, what are you doing out there anyway? Uh, because you you're like, what are you doing? And then they then the the woman says, "Hey, the traffic's moving." So he says, "Okay." So he moves his like puts a car in a drive or turns starts it. They move. Uh, he goes twenty yards. We're good, do, doing good. And then he goes to the doctor. You're looking good for a hitchhiker, well dressed. And he goes, "Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm the doctor." And he goes, "Oh boy, doctor, hey, I'm Thomas Kincaid Brain again." And this is the he has a lot of funny bane of my life, Valerie. Uh, yeah, so he's dressed as like an old school pilot. Uh, and two months, what does that mean? So let's see. They go. He goes. Oh, they. He goes. Me, my kid, kid, kitty, litter of kitties. Uh, our family. And the doctor goes, oh, so cute. He even picks up a kitty who has a pink bow kind. They uh, go, how mu- How old is he? Two months. Uh, or how much older are the babies? There's five kittens, I think. And he goes, two months. He goes, yeah, they've been out. We've been on the road since they were, but before they were born. He goes, in a van. He goes, yeah, we couldn't stop, you know. Uh, we heard there's jobs in the laundries on Fire Island, so we're headed out there. And the doctor goes, dude, you've been driving for two months? And Brannigan goes, what are you kidding me? Twelve years. And the doctor goes, twelve years? Uh, then there's some jokes. Uh, they say, well, twelve years? Where would you start driving? He goes, five miles back, Battery Park. Uh, and then they go back and forth, twelve years, five miles, the whole thing. They go, what do you mean? And the doctor goes, i got to get out of the car. One of my friends is in a car. Uh I got to get back to my TARDIS. They go, sorry that we passed the, like, get off spot, uh, Sonny Jim. And they go, the doctor goes, well, where's the next place I get out? They say, they say okay, six months from now. I know what that Sonny Jim is, so. Um, uh, then we go back to Martha, and they say, hey, why don't you eat something? Uh, are you hungry? She says, yeah. And they, she goes, uh, how long to the fast lane? Where is it? He, they go, well, we got to just go down the, below the traffic jam. Uh, you know, not many people can get three passengers. So, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, but down there, traffic really moves. Uh, and Martha goes, you live in this van. And they go, oh, yeah, we got a self-replicating fuel, you know, everything. We got everything figured out.
Uh, then there's a gap in traffic. Doctor says five diamond six or whatever. Fast lane. Thank you. They say okay. Five diamond six. Keep going. Uh, the doctor's in the other car. He goes. I got a. He goes. What, you got a cell phone in here or something? They go. Yeah. Uh, there's a robo. He goes. What about the traffic? Uh, you know, helpers. Uh, and they put the doctor on hold. It's only a CB to call. Though there might be like a, a FaceTime thing too. And the doctor goes, she says, I know the Duke of Manhattan. Any way for me to get a hold of him? Brannigan goes, wow, Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh, the doctor says, get, get a hold of my friend. Uh, and they go, you can't make outside calls. The motorway's enclosed. Uh, and the doctor goes, problem solving. He says, what about other cars? They say, okay, yeah, we got friends. Anybody on your friends list you could call. And uh, so they call up uh, these uh, two women who are uh, knit. One is knitting and one is driving. Uh, Brannigan has calls them. He, the, uh, he says, oh, yeah, let's say. Uh, he goes, let's see who we got here. Right oh, the Cassini sisters. Uh, but they're really the Cassini family. But Brannigan thinks it's funny. And he gives them a hard time, and they say, you know, they give it their friends because they say, you're a pest, Brannigan. And uh, they say, by the way, we're, we're partners, not sisters. Get it straight. Don't get it twisted. And the Brannigan knows, like, he's friends with them. He's not doing it on purpose. He's saying, oh, stop that modern talk. I'm an old-fashioned cat. But he's only uh, rolling with it. Uh, and he goes, you get a hitchhiker named the doctor who's looking for Martha Jones. Doctor hops on. And uh, they he goes, she was in a vehicle, but I don't know which one. And then one of the Brannigan sisters keeps a log of cars. She goes, okay, where'd you get on? Uh, and the doctor goes, where'd we get on? And they say, uh, Big Pharma Town. And they say, Big Pharma Town, 20 minutes ago. And she goes, okay. And then one of the Cassini's sisters says, uh, oh, well, I'm married to a car spotter. So it's obviously the other Cassini sister, Cassini families. Uh, she just keeps a, a log like a bird watcher, a birder. So, okay, they say, okay, what about anything else? Uh, and they go, well, there's three on board. Uh, and she goes, okay, uh, the only one car that was headed for the fast lane, uh, four, five, six, four, six, five, diamond six. Uh, and the doctor says, okay, how do we find them? They go, well, we can't help you do that. Uh, and the doctor says, okay, can we call them? Or let's go to the fast lane. And Brandon goes, uh, it's a different class. We can't get there. And they go, why don't you try to call the traffic? Uh, uh, and, you know, and the doctor goes, I already tried to put me on hold. Uh, and uh, Alice, I believe, says, yeah, there's no one else. you got to keep trying. And uh, the doctor says, well, that's frustrating. Uh, uh, then there's an ad, and we're back in the van with the, the, the three people. Uh, and they start going down. Uh, Milo says, 10 layers to go down. Uh, like, uh, temperature's going up. And then they hear all this rumbling. Uh, Martha goes, what the heck's that noise? They go, oh, it's the vents. And uh, Chen says, uh, uh, what, are you sure it's not? Uh, there's different stories, you know, little kids tell one another. And Milo goes, no, 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 it's just the air vents with exhaust. 
And at first she says, no, but the stories make it cool. Like uh, that there's something down there. Uh, all of the uh, hermit crabs in the world possibly are down there and they've grown. Uh, and you go, no, it's just air vents. Uh, and then Martha goes, if there's air vents, how come it's so smoggy? Uh, uh, like, do they look like they're working? And they go, well, and they go, well, don't worry about it. Cause the other stuff is just kids stuff. Uh, then we go back to the doctor. He says, take me to the fast lane. Brandon goes, no way. I got kitties and, uh, we're not going. And he goes, well, my, what about my friend? And he goes, yeah, no, I got kitties. Uh, I got a litter of kittens. Uh, the doctor says, well, why wouldn't you want it? And he goes, uh, we're not discussing it. Valerie says that. And we keep on driving till the journey's end. I really like that line, till the journey's end, uh, which I think is 23 years. Uh, let me see. 23 years I wrote uh, uh, till, till the journey's years, uh, years. Oh, the doctor calls uh, the Cassinis, and they say, we've been on the road for 23 years. And they say, the doctor says, you've seen an authority figure that whole time? They say, no. Uh, anybody check your notes. They go, no, not in the notes. Any, any authority vehicle at all, even like to change a spare tire. No. And doctor goes, are you sure? And she says, I can't keep a note of every single thing, even though I almost do. So we kind of see the layer of cognitive dissonance that we're all familiar with, uh, very familiar with, uh, and the doctor goes to Brannigan and Valerie. What if there's no, what if there are no authority figures? Uh, Brannigan goes, "Don't interrupt our cognitive dissonance. You know, we're just coping with this situation, and so were the Cassinis." And the doctor goes, "Well, it doesn't make sense. You know, to keep doing the same thing you're doing. You're stuck in traffic." Uh, and the doctor goes, "You have to. Tr we're still trusting in the authority figures." And the doctor says, but what, he goes, what do you, this is like a whole thing. Uh, and they say, don't judge us for our, what you see is cognitive dissonance is our current belief system. And the doctor goes, but you're just stuck in traffic. And then Sally Calypso comes on. And this is another beautiful moment. She says, it's at that time again, the sun, and this again is Gilliam-esque, uh, sun's high over the New Atlantic. Uh, it's the time for daily contemplation. And Brannigan says, this is our belief system. It's beautiful, doctor. We have one another. And Sally says, this is for all you on the roads. We're sorry, drive, you know, with one another. And then every car, and they cut between everybody, and they're teared up, and the doctor and Martha are watching. Eventually, Martha starts singing along. And they're singing kind of a hymn. Uh, on, on a hill far away stood an old rugged claw, cross, a symbol. And I love that symbol. Uh, we're the dearest and the best. Uh, so I'll cherish that old rugged cross until uh, I lay down. I'll cling to it and exchange it someday for a crown. So everybody's singing, and they're teared up, and they're really having this moment. The doctor's kind of just observing it uh, in a non-judgmental way. And Martha tears up, uh, and then they get fast lane access to Martha's car. Milo goes, holy cow, we're headed to the fast lane. Uh, then the doctor is in Brandigan's car. He says, you know what, like, I cannot wait, uh, so I'm hopping out uh, 
And they go, what are you doing? He goes, finding my own way. I usually do. And he leaves this coat behind him. And does a, he goes, by the way, Janis Joplin gave me this coat. Uh, and he gets ready to go. Uh, and Brannigan says, man, Martha must leave an aw- mean an awful lot to you if you're going to jump down to another car. And Dexter says, I hardly know her. I was just too busy showing off. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't totally clear with her. And Valerie says, I can't believe this dude. Uh, and Brannigan says, he's, yeah, he's a bit magnificent, isn't he? Uh, then we have an unbelievable sequence that was just so amazing. It kept getting better and better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, let's see, green light, uh, my own way. Uh, hardly know her. So doctor goes, the first thing he lands in is like, has bubble wrap and white and silver, all the style, the dress of the being, he has like kind of silverish white face paint and all white, uh, everything in his, uh, ship seems to be white uh, or bubble wrap. And I'm just going to slowly roll through this here. Uh, so the doctor gets ready. He's jumping down to this one right now. Right now, he's going back and forth uh, saying, hey, I'm too busy to show off. It was just a little bit ahead of the episode because of the commercials. Also, we can see the Brannigan's uh, laundry drying. And so the doctor goes down one level to a a ship. uh, And like, uh, oh, also the... uh, they have like one of those fake tube aquariums. Uh, I don't know if the kitten's like that. Now he's on the bubble wrap. a uh, pale person thing. He's got bubble wrap on his steering wheel, a bunch of lab uh, white suits, all white ties, everything. Uh, then the doctor gets ready to go down to the next level, goes in the next uh, car. It speeds up a little bit. I guess it doesn't matter because it's a sleep podcast. Um, we do have my favorite, but I don't, I'm not even sure why. Uh, the next ship is like uh, kind of, to pop culture, he borrows a thing uh, that has some big, like a lot of bright colors. He borrows a thing. Then, in, then in a UDIS to T car, which would make sense. I mean, you're in your car, but they have even ferns and stuff. Uh, then the doctor goes in an all red car. This is not my favorite, but it's pretty close. Everything's red, fuzzy. It looks like there's a video game on the console. And it's a little bit different than the all-white car, but uh, red. there's a bird cage. Doctor salutes that guy. Uh, then he drops down again. Oh, no, then there's a commercial. So, yeah, he doesn't drop down quite yet again. I could look at my notes here, though. I'm just going forward as well. Usually I watch these on streaming, but uh, these ones are recorded. Uh, bubble wrap, red car, there's an ad, then, uh, exit one, two, three. Uh, oh, so we get back, uh, to the, uh, uh, car with Martha and, and they, they try exit one, Brooklyn, turn off one closed, exit two, turn off two closed. They say, what do you do? Milo says, we'll just go around and come back. Uh. And then there's still more noise. Martha goes, you still think that's air vents? And Milo goes, it could be hydraulics. Uh, Martha goes, I hear something else. Uh, 
And Milo goes, don't worry about it. It's all exhaust. Uh, then someone says, uh, hey, four, five, diamond, six, four, five, diamond, six. Uh, and the doctor, Milo says, go ahead. Uh, this is four, five, diamond, six. They go to another car that has someone like uh, kind of, is it not Eddie Munster? It's someone else. Uh, but like I said, it's not Eddie Munster, but it's somebody else. But kind of like Eddie Munster in a leather jacket. Uh, maybe what Eddie Munster was for Halloween. And then two uh, women who are kind of uh, all in white, and they also have kind of face paint on them. And they say, we're like right behind you. You better go back up. There seems to be something else in this fast lane. Uh, can you go back up? Uh, and Milo says, we've been told the bureauc- we believe in the bureaucracy. We're going down. Uh, and he goes, they go, where are you going? And he goes, Brooklyn flyover. They go, it's closed. Go back up. He goes, no, we'll just go around. Uh, and then the Eddie Munster type character says, don't you understand? It's all closed all the time. And S-T-U-C-K. Uh, and they say, Miles says, well, it's just air vents. Don't worry about it. And, uh, Eddie Munster says, Jehovah, where are you? Uh, and then, uh, they say, like, then they say, okay, our, our car's st- stuck. We're out of gas. And the Eddie Munster car. And then, okay, the doctor got ahead of me somehow as I was describing that scene. Uh, and Martha goes, dude, you got to drive up, uh, uh, or hit the gas or something. And they go, there's definitely something going on. Then we get to this guy's car and I don't know who this actor is, but he must be. You know, there's just something delightful. He's in a bowler hat and a proper suit. Uh, he was kind of chilling on his steering wheel. And he's just so surprised when the doctor drops in. Of course, he says, what in the what? And the doctor goes, how you doing? Uh, foot patrol here. Uh, and he goes, you got any water? The guy goes, of course. Uh, I can't say I've lost my manners. And he gives the doctor water from a bubbler. And the doctor goes, is this the last layer? The guy's like both nonplussed and plussed uh, or whatever. It, 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 he goes, yeah, we're at the bottom, but you can't go down. It's a fast lane. Uh, and doctors can't go anyway. He goes, no, no, it's automatic. We can't. Uh, automated system will lock up the wheel. And the doctor opens the bottom door. And the doctor goes, well, I'm going to go down. He goes, yes, yeah, too far down. He goes, well, let me take a look. Uh, and he says, what's that noise down there? And the guy says, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, a cognitive dissonance. Uh, and uh, he goes, there's a lights down there or something. He goes, I got to turn on a ventilation. So he goes to the TV and he starts to work on that. And uh, there was something about rule 3644, missed lights. So, yeah. Um, uh, then he goes, uh, ventil- I got to turn on the ventilation br- br- breeze and, and see what's up. Uh, yeah, so then the ventilation starts to go. Then the nun cat drops into the Brannigan's ship. Uh, and Brannigan's goes, who the heck is that? She, she, she goes, uh, where's the doctor? I'm a nun cat looking for the doctor. Uh, then the doctor and the bowler cap guy that I love, uh, they see, what do you do? What's, what's down there? And then it's hermit crabs. Uh, 
And he goes, what are those? And the doctor goes, well, they're uh, magra. Is that what I, I wrote it out? Magra. Uh, uh, he goes, yeah, like a hermit crab uh, that grew up really big that wants to hold on to, uh, to vans. Uh, so then we see that Martha's ship, they're trying to go fast. The crabs, the hermit, they're right by the hermit crabs. So they're trying to catch their ship. And they say, oh, wait, they see this as a tag too. Martha says this, you got to turn the ship off, uh, cause they're not as sentient. They're playing tag, but they don't realize it. And she says, shut everything down, do it. Uh, and at first mile is like, no, 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 it won't work. Martha goes, trust me. Uh, then they won't be able to see us. There's fog all around us. It'll be quiet. Uh, so they stop and the, the crabs start to stop trying to catch them. And they go, how'd you think of that? She goes, a submarine movie. But I don't know what they did next in the movie. I can't remember that part. Uh, and uh, Milo says, well, we got to figure it out fast. we got about eight minutes. Uh, then the doctor and the bowler cap guy are talking about the Magra. Uh, they actually, like, uh, can hang out with gas. Uh, they, used, they were from another city. They used to be, like, empire builders. And the dude goes, empire builders? And the doctor goes, well, that was billions of years ago. Maybe they devolved. Uh, and uh, the, he goes, uh, then there's like the like the ship starts rocking. Uh, and then Novice Haim, the cat nun jumps in, but it's Novice Haim. And the guy goes, I can't believe you're like just jumping on my ship. Uh, she goes, well, it's just action figure mode in case of trouble. Doctor, you got to come with me. He goes, who are you? And she goes, I can't believe you uh, look the same. I know I don't. Time has been less kind. And the doctor goes, holy cow, it's novice aim. So then they, he goes, the last time you weren't up to any good. And she goes, yeah, but I sought forgiveness under his guidance. Uh, come with me, will re- redeem me. And the doctor goes, I can't go anywhere. You got Magra and my friends down there. And Haim goes, no, you got to come with me now. And the doctor goes, no, you come with me. And he goes, by the way, you got three passengers. But she uses some sort of transporter to uh, transport out uh, uh, to another thing. But at first it was happy, like a happy thing. They teleport out. Uh, the, let's see. Then uh, they land in a room. Doctor goes, oh, rough teleport. Uh, and he goes, teleport me back down. She goes, I don't have any more teleportation units left. Uh, and the doctor goes, get some more. Where are we? She goes, over city. And the doctor goes, no, good, because I'm going to call you in front of the Senate. Uh, he goes, all these people are in the motorway, stuck. And novice Haman goes, well, it's a different, you're, you're in a different time. Uh, goddess, Sanctuary, uh, like uh, everybody moved away, yeah, except for the people in traffic. Uh, and the doctor goes, how long has it been like this? 24 years, she says. He goes, everyone moved? And she goes, everyone but in traffic. Uh, they thought they'd follow their bliss, but it was really just a patch. Uh, but it got them off the planet. They all followed their bliss. And uh, so, yeah, it was just people on the motorway. And so the doctor goes, everything's running on automatic down there? And she goes, yeah, there's not enough power to open things back up. Uh, and the doctor goes, who's we? And she goes, she brings him the face of Bo. She goes, the face of Bo has been waiting uh, all these years. Doctor, doctor is so happy. 
And the face of Bo is like, it says doctor, like even in a better way than that. And I knew you would come. And Haim goes, yeah, I've been working for the do- the face of Bo. Face of Bo's been keeping me from having to deal with uh, wanting to follow my bliss and realize my bliss was in service. And he's been keeping the power going, at least to the everybody stuck in traffic. Uh, he's wired into the mainframe, keeping things running down there, but can't open the doors. And doctor says, how many didn't call anybody? They say, well, it was a, a bureaucracy before everybody followed their bliss. And then the face of Bo says, you got to go get it. You know, you got to fix everything, doctor. That's why you're here. Uh, the doctor says, you've been staying here, the two of you, for 23 years helping people? And the Facebook says, uh, doctor, who get to work. Uh, then there's another ad. Uh, and then we end up back in the quiet car uh, with uh, Martha, Milo, and Chen. And uh, they're quiet. Uh, they're a little bit sweaty because they're sitting in there so long. They're sweating it up. Uh, and they say, we're toast. We got two minutes. And Martha goes, don't worry, the doctor, the friend of mine, he'll think of something. And they go, no, uh, they go, well, he seemed nice. And she goes, he's a bit more than nice. And then Jen says, what about you and him? Martha goes, I don't know. I think he likes me. And then I think he just needs me and doesn't like me. And she goes, where are you from? Martha goes, long way away. I followed the doctor. I didn't even know where who he was, and I don't even know where I am, and I can't tell my parents. Uh, and uh, they go, who's this doctor? She goes, I don't even know. There's so much she doesn't talk to me about. Uh, and then she says, Jen says, uh, well, that, that means, like, he's a stranger. That's not very good. He's a stranger. And she goes, Martha says, he is, he is okay, though, because you haven't seen what he can do. And she goes, honestly, trust me, you have your faith and your hymns, and I've got the doctor. And Milo says, okay. So he says, he turns the car back on, and there's action music. Those three start kind of holding hands, uh, and then they do try to get away from the hermit crabs that wake back up. Uh, doctor's working back up with uh, Heyman, the face of Bo. He's got his glasses on now. He's in full action mode. He's sonic screwdriving and plugging and turning knobs and switches. He thinks he has it, uh, and then he goes, no, 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 no. Some power goes down. Transformers are blocked. Can't get a signal. And the face of Bo goes, here you go. I'll give you some power. My last... Uh, battery backup uh and uh he kind of does it uh uh yeah he says and the doctor says uh okay yeah hold on now uh and he starts doing stuff and then he says uh he says you look after the face of Bo. i'll be back uh he goes because you want to see this and he goes open road ha huh? Uh, or I could road, uh, like, you know, he says that sometimes at the end, uh, up, uh, uh, let's see. Then, uh, Brannigan is like, what in Jehovah is going on? Uh, and they start seeing stuff. And then we start going, we go to the Cassini's car. We see them reaction. And we go back to the Brannigan's car and we see that the roof, uh, 
is opening up. He says, by all the cats in the kingdom. And the sunlight starts to, the sun has come in. Uh, and uh, Brannigan's laughing. Everybody starts laughing. They start going to, to other shots, uh, smiles, the kitty cats. Uh, then the doctor comes on the TV and he goes, yeah, sorry, no Sally Calypso. She was a recording, but I'm the doctor. And Brandon goes, you're a magician. And he goes, everyone drive up. Uh, I got the roof open, throttle the engines and drive up uh, from the undercity. And do it now. We got to clear out the fast lane. Then doctor calls, uh, oi, uh, car four, five, diamond six, drive up. And Martha goes, it's the doctor. And Milo goes, we can't do it. And Martha goes, trust him. And the doctor goes, you have access. Uh, and they see the daylight. They go, that's the real sky. He really did it. Holy moly. And Brannigan says, Doctor, you're all right in my book. You're not bad at all. yippee ki Oh, yeah, he goes, drive up. Uh, and everybody starts hugging and kissing one another. There's music. There's sun. There's more happiness. Well, then we see the doctor back in the other room. He's got an old school mic. Uh, he takes a view of the city. Uh, and it's an old city from before. And he goes, the city's back with you people, Brannigan. Uh, also, I want my coat back. And he goes, yeah, sure. And then he goes, four, five, diamond, six, get over here. Uh, and Martha goes, on my way. Then the doctor goes to meet uh, Martha. And uh, he says, it's, it's been a while, Miss, Miss Martha Jones, uh, uh, since I saw you. Oh, that's before she gets back. Then the, the face of Bo says, you know what? I'm not going to use this uh, gas tank anymore. Then Martha runs in. She goes, doctor. And he goes, over here. Come say hello to the face of Bo. Uh, and this is uh, a novice hand. She's a cat. Face of Bo is the one that opened up that top uh, with his last power. And the face of Bo goes, yeah, I got to go. It's good to breathe the air once more. And Martha goes, who's the face of Bo? Which I didn't know if it was appropriate, but he goes, well, the face of Bo's lived for billions of years and he's going to keep on going. Now the doctors want the cognitive dissonance because the face of Bo says, yeah, no, it's time, doctor. You know that. Uh, and the Haim says he's supposed to tell a secret to a traveler, which he may have already done. Uh, doctor goes, we don't need to tell last final secrets. Uh, and the basic face of Bo goes, I've seen a lot. Uh, Last of my kind, just like you're the last of your kind. And the doctor goes, that's right, we got to keep going on. And then Bo goes, no, come on. And he goes, remember this time, Lord, you are not alone. And that's a powerful, powerful, powerful moment. Uh, holy cow. You are not alone. You know, just remember that, just like the song, the rock and roll song. Uh, by David Bowie, you're not alone. And then we have one last piece of exposition. The city's all, the lower city's all closed down. Doctor did close out Pharmacy Town, closed for uh, until further notice. Uh, but the doctor and Martha are down there. But it's time to talk. Uh, but the doctor kind of tries to get out of talking, which we'll cover. And Martha sits down 
crosses her arms. Uh, she says, I'm not going till you talk to me properly. And right as they start to talk, the hymns are coming down from the city. Yeah, but yeah, as they say, your doctor says, all's, all's good that ends well. Uh, novice aim can lead the city. Cat's in charge. We better get going. But Martha's thing is, look, what did the face of Bo mean? You're not alone. Doctor goes, I don't know. And she goes, you, you got me? And he goes, no, 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 that's not what he meant. Uh, and then she goes, then what? And the doctor says, we got to go. And that's when she says, talk to me properly. Last year kind, what does that mean? And the doctor says, it doesn't matter. And then Martha, really like a partner, she says, you don't, you need to talk to me. Then the people are singing about the eventide and the, like, uh, the things changing. Another, just another hymn, uh, when other helpers fail, with me abide. And the doctor says, you know, I wasn't clear with you because I liked it. He goes, I thought I could pretend, uh, just for a little while, that I wasn't the last time, Lord, that they were there underneath a burnt orange sky. Uh, he goes, I'm not just a time, Lord. I'm the last of the time, Lord. Uh, the face of Bo is wrong. There's no one else. And Martha goes, what happens? He goes, a time war, a uh, great time war, but not great for anybody. Daleks, uh, us, uh, no, wasn't good for anybody. W-A-R, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. And uh, he goes, it was beautiful. Uh, second sun, mountains, uh, leaves and the trees were silver. And when they caught the light every morning, it was like a shimmering uh, forest in autumn. And the breeze would blow through the branches like a song. And the whole time Martha's looking on to him with like empathy and compassion and love. I mean, and it, I mean, doesn't matter what type of love. Uh, the doctor's eyes are big and and sad and and happy at the same time. And they're singing and they say, you know, Lord, with me abide uh, in the hymn. And uh, then the camera kind of goes up from the undercity uh, while the song's still going on. Uh, and it shows kind of the sunset in the city and all the traffic moving. And the episode comes to a close, uh, just in time to get comfortable. Uh, good night. All right, everybody, we're talking about a season series of three, episode four, Daleks in Manhattan. It reminds me of the thing Muppets Take Manhattan. And it just watching the opening sequence, something I missed after. So there's a black and white scene of New York. And then it shows the, the, the Lorenzini presents the New York Review. And uh, there's some bills uh, or some posters that show Tallulah. Uh, then there's a moving shot down the hallway. And what I missed the first time was someone's on the phone. Uh, that's pretty funny. So if you're rewatching this... Uh, Somebody that not everybody, like, uh, say, wait a second, is that, like, a, did I see you on the wall of Eleanor's home? Uh, let me see what our breakdown is here. I said, is this the Roaring Twenties? No, Scoots, it's the 1930s. Uh, no, maybe it is a Roaring Twenties. Uh, New York Review, the Laurentis, uh, Tallulah, 
uh, we see the, like, then we see the C to the L to the O to the W to the N again. Then we see Laszlo and Tallulah. They're in love, uh, sweethearts. Uh, there's a little kissy poo. Uh, when am I taking you home to see my mom? Uh, white rose. Looks like an angel. Kissy, kissy poo. Uh, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too, uh, honey poo. Sweetie poo. She's, uh, Tallulah's dressed as an angel. Uh, she's getting ready to go on a stage show. Uh, even though this is a different time period, he looks a little bit like, oh boy, now I forgot. Uh, oh, one of the Jonas Brothers. A little bit like a Jonas Brother, maybe, but I'm not a Jonas Brother expert. But even though this is like 10 years ago, maybe, I said, who is looks familiar? Uh, but uh, wait till you want to talk about familiarity in this show. Holy uh, Mark, do we have something coming up? Uh, White Rose looks like an angel. It says, good luck on stage. Then uh, Tallulah goes up on stage and uh, Laszlo, that's his name, right? Laszlo. He's by himself. You hear somebody jogging, like somebody's like jogging like the hallways or pacing, or maybe here's both. He says, is someone jogging or someone pacing? Then he realizes, wait, someone's pacing and someone's jogging. This is like a bit like Scooch's apartment. And he starts to look around and, and you know, you know, remember there was a famous TV show called Seinfeld. That, that was like part of the Seinfeld generation, I guess you'd call it. And there's a famous episode of Seinfeld, or maybe it's a series of episodes, uh, where Kramer makes a friend, uh, and w- like, and there's also a famous book that I never read. Maybe we were assigned to read it, and I never read it. It's by I think somebody, and again, I'm not sure if it's Paul Zindel is the name that pops in my head. And I didn't read the book, and actually have no idea anything about the book except for the cover. Uh, and it's very similar to the Seinfeld episode where it's a person uh, who, who, a poor kind, poor, like Porky Pig. It's like a, like both the book and the Seinfeld episode are about fans of Porky Pig, which again is something I guess I have to explain because uh, it's a dated reference itself. Uh, Porky Pig, so there was a... Uh, once upon a time, there was like the Warner Brothers cartoons versus the Disney cartoons. I don't know if this is even true, but you had Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, and a couple other characters were the primary characters. Then you had secondary characters like Porky Pig or, in a, you know, Pluto and Goofy. Now, Porky Pig was not exactly like a Goofy, but he was like a Goofy. He was like a sillier, sillier character. So these are people doing... Um, Porky Pig cosplay, like, uh, but one person's pacing and the other one's jogging. Neither one of which Porky Pig did to my, like, so, but they're, so they're doing their own interpretations of it. And meanwhile, Laszlo says, uh, obviously, just like uh, you, like, what, what in the hay is going on here? And they say, hey, like, he says, isn't there other places, you know, this is a show place, like, uh, this is a theater. And, uh, there's a show going on. Isn't there someplace else you could pace and jog? And they said, yeah, actually, we're going down uh, down below, actually, to, to the below level where the steam's coming from. And the Lazlo says, okay, we'll get going because I got my girl on stage. And they say, hey, it's Lazlo. What do you think about joining us? Uh, 
And Lazlo says, I don't know. And they say, it's a really good life uh, as a Porky Pig cosplayer. And he says, oh. and they say, come out, come come along. Uh, and Lazlo goes along. Uh, also, like at first, it sounded like snoring. There's like a little surprisey poo. Like, so it does, it doesn't play out that simply, obviously. Lazlo, he looks for the jogger and the pacer. Eventually finds them. Then the episode uh, eventually opens uh, with the Daleks uh, take Manhattan or in Manhattan, not not like Muppets take Manhattan, uh, by Helen Rayner, uh, which the last name Rayner reminds me of the game uh, StarCraft. Uh, but yeah, we get a Helen Rayner episode, and uh, I think that's uh, my first page of notes that covers it. Uh, next up, we have a Statue of Liberty base, just the base of it to start. Uh, old Lady Liberty. Uh, then the TARDIS the doctor says, oh boy, I love a nice cold Atlantic breeze. Uh, he says, Martha, meet Lady Liberty. She says, what in the heck? And he says, yeah, give me your tired, your poor, and your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. And Martha goes, geez, New York again, eh? Always wanted to actually go to the real New York, uh, not the new, 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 new one. And he goes, this is it. So nice they named it twice. Well, actually, it's called, there's a joke, you know, New Amsterdam, which is harder to say twice. Uh, New Amsterdam, New Amsterdam. That's a bit like a sleep with me joke in there. And then she says, uh, what year is it? Empire State Building's not done. And Doctor's trying to remember his history, but Martha picks up a newspaper says, 1930, November 1st, buddy. Uh, newsreels, is that what that says? Uh, I don't know what that says. She has a newspaper, though. Oh, yeah, Mar- Martha says, oh, yeah, you, you would have, we would have seen this in newsreels in black and white, cause it, but it's, it looks so, so different. Uh, and then there's a mystery about the Hooverville mystery on the cover of the newspaper. So they go to Hooverville and they introduce the Hooverville and uh, 1929, uh, like uh, a lot of the challenges going on after the Roaring Twenties, uh, boom to not boom. And uh, huddled masses doubling in number uh, in Central Park, and that's where Hooverville is, uh, in the middle of the city. And again, we see the positive, subversive nature of Doctor Who. You know, this is going on. Uh, Doctor kind of sets up everything, all the circumstances that led to Hooverville, and uh, geez, is this even okay? And we see uh, some stuff unfold in Hooverville. You know, people... Uh, not having an easy time of it. Uh, and we meet Solomon, who is the leader of uh, Hooverville uh, and uh, the author- like uh, the caring authority figure, I would say. And he says, geez, come on, like, uh, we're trying to get through this together. Because uh, we have, you know, human beings, dignity and kindness uh, and acting together. And you say, oh, boy. Uh, let's see what else we have. Oh, we passed a barber pole, Broadway, and uh, uh, something like street signs. Uh, they're stuck together. And then the doctor, they introduce themselves. Is that what happens next? Oh, yeah. The doctor and Martha introduce themselves to Solomon. 
They say, how you doing? Uh, are you in charge? He goes, yep. And she, he goes, who are you? Di- doctor and Martha. And he goes, you're the first doctor to live in Hooverville. Uh, and they kind of talk about it. But, you know, Salman kind of waxes, you know, he says, look at this. Uh, you're building the building, but you got Hooverville. It's pretty, uh, like, uh, it's not cool. Uh, then we cut to the um, Empire State Building, which they're working on it. Uh, what does that say? Foster, tell them yourself. So a foreman says, you know what, this is, I don't, I'm not comfortable with this working. Uh, our workers are flat out, man, and you want us to work faster? And there's this dude who's kind of playing like, a, I don't know what he would call it, but he's got a pinstripe, pinstripe suit on. And he, they, 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 he says, we got to go faster. And the foreman says, we can't go any faster. We're on schedule. Another month will be done. He goes, no, no, it's got to be done tonight. Uh, and the foreman says, no. And then the pinstripe guy says, no, yeah, you got to get it done. Uh, and the foreman goes, I'll just shut down the work. Like, uh, he goes, well, you got to talk to the people in charge. Uh, uh, I don't like your attitude. And the foreman goes, well, I don't care. Like, uh, send the suits in, whatever. Uh, same boss as the old boss, you know, just like the who sings. And uh, they see, he says, who who are the bosses anyway? And he goes, well, they're from out of town. Uh, you got, and the, guy, the foreman says, well, from where? He goes, beyond your imagination. And then he says, what do you mean? Who are we working for? And then... Uh, uh, the door opens and then a Dalek comes out and they go, goes, what in the heck? Uh, and the Dalek, it's always funny, the Daleks, it says, I've been summoned, explain, explain. And the foreman's like, mind is blown, obviously, 1929 or whatever, and he sees a Dalek. Uh, and then the pinstripe is a collaborator. He says, this guy won't do the work. And then the Dalek says, okay, well, we'll bring him down to be, do Porky Pig cosplay then. Take him with us. You're going to do, you can't work on the tower anymore. And then he says, by the way, pinstripe, get this done. And he says, don't worry, I will. Uh, so you say, wait a second, what's happening? we say, Dalek's in Manhattan. Uh uh, there's music. Uh, who are we working for? Big music after he says that. Uh, Blue Eye of the Dalek matches up with the door of the elevator. Uh, explain, explain what. Uh, he comes with a couple of porky pigs. Then we go back to Hooverville, and uh, the doctor says, what's up with this newspaper mystery, dude, Solomon? And he says, come on in, uh, you know, come on into my t- tent here and we'll talk. Uh, and the doctor says, you must be moving in and out of here all the time, right? And he goes, yeah, but this is different uh, because uh, he goes, they leave their stuff. Uh, no one leaves their stuff behind. Uh, you know, if you're moving on, you pack up. Uh, he goes, it's like they go went to work uh, and they stayed at work. Uh, and they go, well, who's looking into it? And they go, nobody. And the doctor goes, well, not anymore. Martha and I are on the case. Uh, well, first they go, somebody's here making, that pinstripe dude's making a speech. And you know who says that? You say, what in the Mark, what in the person that says Mark in my favorite way and uh, was once an amazing person of, uh, like a slinger of webs? You say, is that Andrew Garfield? And it is. Uh, 
So that was a pleasant surprise. I said, that, I, I, I was re- literally, re- I said, wait a second, Mark, uh, did you just say Mark? Uh, I don't know why I loved when he said Mark in that movie. Uh, but he, like, I just loved his character in that, in, in uh, Social Network. So, uh, whatever. So, um, what happens? So he says, the pinstripe suit's given a speech. So they go to see the pinstripe suits, pinstripe suit, suit speech. Uh, and uh, that guy is saying, hey, uh, who wants to do, first he asks for volunteers, but he says, well, not volunteers, very low paid work. Uh, uh, down, down, you know, down below, downtown, way downtown. Uh, you got to do some fixing. And they say, how much? And he says, it was very low. And then they say, well, that's not nice. Uh, and they say, what other guarantees? And the pinstripe suit says, no guarantees, uh, no questions either. And then the doctor raises his hand. He's like, no questions, I said. And the doctor goes, no, I'll go. I'm volunteering. Martha? Martha goes, great. Thanks a lot, doctor. And they go, anybody else? And then uh, Solomon and Frank, uh, who, who Andrew Garfield says, okay, I'll come too. But I think Andrew Garfield, understandably, says, hey, Martha, uh, are you, you know, he's like, uh, but he's see, holy Facebook. Uh, and they say, okay, go clean downtown. I'll go. Uh, they, then they go downtown and they go, okay, 273. Uh, you got to go down and, and then go down to the right. And that's what you got to clean up. And then I'll pay you when you get back. And they go, that's the oldest trick in the book. And he goes, so get to work, uh, the pinstripe suit. And the doctor and him have a stare down, which was great. Uh, then they go down, and uh, uh, Frank, uh, Gar- Andrew Garfield, says, okay, well, let's stick together. Uh, Martha says, Frank, where are you from? He goes, Tennessee, Tennessee born and bred. Uh, and she goes, what are you doing down here? He goes, well, that's just the way it is right now. Uh Goes, you got, you know, I'm the oldest of six kids. I had to go out on my own. And he goes, I'm, you know, kind of a rambler. And, and Martha goes, I'm on a ramble a little bit too with this clown. And Frank goes, stick with me. Then the doctor asks Solomon, who's this dude in the pinstripe suit? And he goes, I don't know. He just showed up as a foreman. Now he's running all of Manhattan. The actor goes, well, that's weird. And he goes, yep, strange times, uh, up and down for everybody. Uh, let's see, Solomon uh, looks around, uh, runs Manhattan. And then they see, like, this weirdest thing. It's like this green, a bowl of green jello, but it's like, or is it jello jig? It's jiggling on its own. And they go, what is that? And the doctor goes, it's glowing green jello, jiggling. And he says, by the way, we're past a half mile. I thought that's as far as we had to go to clean up. Uh, and he goes, this is like uh, manufactured. Why is there a bowl of glowing green jello jigglers that are jiggling? And how are they jiggling? And how are they glowing? Uh, then we go back to the Empire State Building. There's the plans for the mast of 1,470 feet, like a spire. But we got to put these plates on it with these bubbles, uh, and they got to go on tonight. Then again, the person says, "We're flat out, man. Can't do it." And and the uh, pinstripe says, "You got to do it. You don't have a choice." Uh, and they say, "We're not going." And he goes, "I don't care. Uh, you're doing it. Put this stuff up. Uh, get it done by midnight." Uh, 
and don't get to, you know, don't get it, whatever, don't get it wet and don't feed it after midnight, but get to work. And they say, oh, whatever, uh, uh, get to work, a familiar job or something. I don't know. Uh, and then a Dalek, oh yeah, get out there and finish the job. Uh, then a Dalek comes in, uh. And it goes, got, got to get those plates done. The Dalek says something like that. And he goes, okay, the, the pinstripe says, it'll get done, don't worry. And this was correct. me up there. goes, Daleks have no concept of worry. Uh, and he goes, really? That's uh, so interesting. The pinstriper goes, that must be nice. Uh, but then the Dalek goes and looks out at the, like, the skyline and has this moment. Again, treasure, a great moment. It says, uh, the day is ending. Humans are not great. Uh, you love comics too much, uh, and you waste your time reading comic books, yet you've built all of this. And uh, the pinstripe suit says, yeah, all work and no play. You know, you got to read comic books. Is that what this is about, this whole thing? Uh, and he goes, you got you to move with the times or get left behind. And the, and the Dalek is forlorn. It goes, my planet's gone you know, the Time Lord stuff, uh, yet versions of this city stand throughout history, and the, you, you always got humans in it. And uh, to, to, to this pinstripe suit says, do you know who Gloria Gaynor is? Because uh, she had a song about this, and the Dalek goes, uh, you have rare ambition. And he goes, I want to run this town. That's another song that I'd like to sing. And the Dalek says, you think like a Dalek. And he goes, darn tootin' I do. Uh, then they go downstairs, uh, like, uh, or we go downstairs for this, like, big Dalek meeting. Uh, and they got this laboratory down there uh, with Bunsen burners and those, like, uh, Tesla coils, the whole nine yards. Because uh, the Dalek says, we got to go downstairs for a meeting. Oh, first they go in the elevator, though. Uh, and we see there's uh, cool special effects to make the elevator. Then the, the meeting downstairs, just the Daleks. Uh, but these are happening at the same time, I, I guess. Uh, we get like a close-up, a really cool shot of like a 3D-level Dalek eye nodding when it talks. Uh, uh, like when it says, bring the person downstairs, uh, and they say, they, oh, and then they show up downstairs, uh, what else do they say? Oh, bring, yeah, get ready. That's what they say downstairs. Then they say, they go on the elevator, there's special effects. He says, where are we going? Talk to the boss doll. Like, oh, okay. Uh, then they go and they say, the dude puts on gloves, which was weird. I didn't understand that. Uh, but, uh, maybe it's just a flourish as an actor. I don't know. Uh, but then he says, who's in charge of uh, this pinstripe suit? And it goes, I am Dalek Sec, uh, leader of the C-U-L-T of Scaro. And he goes, great honor to meet you, man. Thanks for transmitting those thoughts in my head about, uh, you know, like, uh, and then the Dalek says, cease talking. And then he goes, well, I just want to give you a gratitude list. And he goes, the Dalek Sec says, cease talking. And they goes, Porky Pigs, uh, and they goes, don't worry about that. I'm with you. Uh, I'm your partner. Uh, then, yeah, I said, why did that guy put a, like, 
Because I'm like, why does that guy have gloves on? Then, uh, oh, also all the Daleks have like a do- uh, uh, like a dongle symbol on them. I probably noticed it before, but I said, do they need a USB-C to USB, uh, like, uh, and uh, uh, then we go back to the Dr. Solomon, Martha, and Frank uh, looking around downtown. And they go, what the heck? We didn't find anything down here. Uh, and then they say, wait a second, is that uh, someone sitting down over there? Uh, and the doctor goes, Solomon, you take those two back. Uh, I'll, I'll look around here on my own. Because he hears, like, snoring, I think. Uh, and they go, somebody's snoring. Or are they saying, ribbity, ribbity, ribbity? Because Porky Pig is, has, like, a stutter, a little bit like fumbling over my words like I do. And the doctor says, well, let me go look into this. This could be somebody uh, that's been walking around downtown uh, working, too. And they say, okay, well, huh. And the doctor goes, I'll look into it. Uh, they go, uh, and then they find somebody. And the doctor goes, hey, are you, what are you looking for? Everybody's talking to him. Once the doctor goes, I'll do it. Uh, he goes, that's Frank, Martha back there. Who are you? And then he goes, is that a... Because are you like a cartoon pig? Uh, and they go, is that, is that, per- no, the person's dressed up as a cartoon pig doctor. And the doctor goes, I don't know. I think this thing became a cartoon pig. And he goes, look at this. This is animated, but it's real. And they go, how is this even possible? Uh, and then all of a sudden, all these other porky pigs come out, uh, like, and uh, they realize, wait, this isn't cosplay. This is some sort of uh, human animation. And the doctor says, okay, maybe we should get moving. Uh, and they go, doctor goes, R to the U to the N. Uh, and they start running down. Then they go up a ladder. They find a ladder. Doctor opens it with his screwdriver. Uh, Frank stays behind. He says, wait a second, I want to touch. I know I've, I've watched it on the big screen. I want to touch it. And they go, Frank, come on. And then they all go up. Frank touches the, the he says, oh, maybe I want to do this. Uh, I'll stay down here and hang with these uh, animated figures. Uh, not like the doctor who says, uh, you know, that's not a good idea. Also, he said, Mark, are you down? Mark, are you, can we search these? Mark, uh, uh, the wiggle boss is in here. Uh, then the doctor closes the, the door. Then they're inside the theater. Uh, and uh, Tallulah's there. And she's sad. She says, or no, Fr- Solomon's sad because he says Frank stayed behind with those animated figures. Uh, and then Tallulah's there. She goes, where's Laszlo? And they go, Laszlo who? Uh, then they end up in her dressing room. And she says, uh, uh, let's see, she goes, my, bo- my boyfriend, Laszlo, uh, he's uh, been, he's not around. He didn't leave me a letter or anything. And she goes, I know some people do that, but not Laszlo. She goes, who asked you to go see his mom before he vamooses? Uh, and they go, what do you think happened? And she goes, I don't know. Uh, and they go, what's your name? And she goes, Tallulah. And the doctor goes, Tallulah. She goes, three L's and an H. Uh, and he goes, well, he goes, it's not just Laszlo. He goes, and then Solomon goes, you know, there's like animated figures down there. She goes, animated figures. Uh, and the doctor goes, I got to get back to this bowl of jello uh, because it's jiggling on its own. 
And they're like, what in the Sam Hay again is this? Uh, you're going to look into this jello. They don't, they're not on the doctor's level, obviously. Like to say, like jello, you need to look into jello. The doctor goes, mellow yellow or jello? You know, they call it both sometimes. Uh, then they're backstage. The doctor's at work getting parts to analyze the jello from like stage lights. Solomon brings him a radio. He goes, okay, yeah, let me take that apart. I'm going to scan this jello jiggler uh, and get some, you know, I'm going to check it for chlorophyll uh, or how it's gr- 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 glowing. Uh, and Solomon goes, Doctor, where are you from? You know, I've been everywhere, and I never heard anybody talk about you. Who are you? And the doctor goes, just passing by. The guy goes, give me a break. Solomon says, and I'm smart. And the doctor goes, sorry. And then Solomon gets, gets real. He goes, you know, geez, I was really worried about Frank. Uh, kind of froze. I shouldn't have let Frank go be with those animated beings. Uh, he goes, we're on our own, aren't we, doctor? And the doctor goes, yeah. And he goes, okay, I'm going to go help other people. The doctor goes, good luck. Uh, and Solomon goes, I hope you find what you're looking for. Get to the bottom of this jello, but not literally, just figuratively, for all our sakes. And the doctor goes, no problem. Uh, then, uh, like, uh, we see, we go back, uh, oh, let's see, Frank, then we go back uh, to, uh, oh, he goes back to Hooverville, good luck. Uh, then we, uh, uh Tulul and Martha are talking, uh, as she, she's getting ready for her show. And, uh, Martha goes, tell me more about this Lazlo. She goes, well, he'd wait, walk me home, leave a flower for me. Uh, just a single rosebud. Uh, he was a stagehand, and no one else cared about him like I did. And Martha goes, "Why don't you just you know quit the show?" And and she goes, "No." She goes, "You're a star." And Tulula goes, "You don't get it." He goes, "She goes, I got one song in a Backstreet Review, and that's just because Heidi uh, dropped out." She goes, it's tough, like, around here, Martha, tougher than it looks. And she goes, okay. And she goes, the show must go on, cause, and you got to, and she goes, oh, and Martha goes, wow, I didn't realize, yeah, the, uh, and Tulula again goes, uh, yeah, you, you like, uh, you got to get moving, uh. She goes, you got a hot potato in a suit there, uh, Martha, and Martha goes, no. And Tulu goes, yeah, I can see how you look at him. And Martha goes, I don't know. I don't know if he's into me. And then Tulu goes, oh, by the way, I keep getting these roses from somebody. And Martha goes, Laszlo? And she goes, well, I don't know. Is it, why is he sneaking around and not saying hi? Uh, then we see Hooverville in the rain. Frank's like, uh, we're not going to take this, you know, uh, animated. Like, and he goes, uh, he goes, we got to do something about this. Uh, like for Frank, he goes, and for, you know, he goes for everybody that's in this situation. Uh, then it cuts back to the Empire State Building. They're on the top working. And they're trying to put these panels on. And at some point you realize the panels look pretty familiar. Like uh, the bubbles or the raised half circles or half spheres. Uh, that they're putting on there. You say, wait a second, are those part of the Dalek da- address? Uh, 
And they say, okay, we're almost done, and it's storming. Uh, then we go down to the lab, uh, like below, uh, and they say, okay, all right, we're almost ready. Uh, all right, with Dalek says, let's get moving. And they say, preparations for what? Uh, and they go, the final countdown. And he goes, what do you mean, the final countdown? Like the song from the future? And uh, he goes, or more Porky Pig cosplay? Because I'm not into that. Uh, and they go, it's not cosplay. Those are animated beings now. This is bigger. We were only allowed to read Porky Pig comics uh, because, uh, like, of a, a new rule we came up with. Uh, and we, but we want to get rid of all comics. And the guy says, I don't understand what you're talking about. And they go, yeah, well, these people, re- we, we, like, we have them, we make them become comics from based on this one comic we read. And then we're going to destroy all the comics on your planet. That's why we're here. And he goes, okay, well, as long as I get power, this pinstripe, he goes, I don't care. And they go, they go, well, that's not quite what we're going to do. Uh, they go, Daleks are supreme. You human beings are weak. Uh, uh, but they kind of go back and forth. Even the Daleks, I think they're going back and forth because Daleks, these humans are very good at uh, adapting. Maybe comics have something to do with it. I think we should, I should read some more comics. Uh, and they go, how? And he goes, I'm going to download all the comics that Spinstripe Suitor wore. Carl Toscaro has a purpose, and we have to imagine going on. And then Thay says, no. And then Sex says, yeah, we got to do it. Uh, we've all given up something, and now we got to go for the greater cause. I got to read comics for the greater cause. Meanwhile, Pinstripe says, what do you mean? And Dalek Sex says, I'm going to open up my doors, and you're going to see the organic version of uh, a Dalek. And he goes, I prefer not to. And they go, yeah, because we need to get your comics that you've read, uh, all your comic memories. So come in, come in and join me. So he joins up so they can, can like, kind of use its, like, psychic power to uh, absorb his comic books. Uh, so that all happens, uh, which is, you know, interesting and why, like, you say, okay, wait a second. So what is Dalek Sek really up to? Is, like, or is Dalek Sagan or they? Like, I thought Daleks would never, they've read Porky Pig comics. I didn't even know there were any, but now this other Dalek's going to read a bunch of other ones. Uh, then we go back, uh, let's see. Oh, there was also dance music. Did I put a time here? Oh, 41 minutes in the background. There's a lot of dance music going on, which really stuck out to me. I said, that's dance music in the background. Like, it's not, it was just weird. It's not from the show because it's modern industrial type dance music. Uh, then we go back, uh, we go to a commercial, then we come back and, uh, the doctor's looking into the, 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 he's still trying to figure out the, um, uh, what do you call it? He's trying to use his screwdriver to warm up the jello. He's got his glasses on and everything. Uh, then Tallulah says it's showtime, it's opening night, and uh, they say, okay, and everybody's getting ready to get on stage. Uh, yeah, they see back and forth. She goes, come on, Martha, you want to watch the show? And she goes, uh, 
She goes, you've been on stage before? And she goes, uh, Shakespeare. She goes, oh, boring. Come see a real show. Uh, then the doctor is like, uh, he's kind of like, uh, he's meanwhile investigating the jello while the show's going on. The doctor goes, this is genetically made, you know, something jello. Oh, clever. Uh, then we go up and the curtains go up on the show. Tallulah's singing, uh, you, you lured me with your gray eyes, your simple smile. Uh, one and one is, one is three. Uh, you, you know, and she goes, you put the, 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 uh, brownie face in me. Uh, then Martha's watching. Then across, she sees a porky pig and she goes, she tries to sneak up on it. Uh, and then she ends up being clumsy and knocking over everybody on stage. She steps on a tail of, uh, one of the actresses and knocks her down. And Tula says, what are you doing? Meanwhile, the doctor says, wait a second. Okay, this is uh, 467-989. That's the origins of this uh, Jell-O Jiggler. And he goes, where's that from? Uh, Okay, 987, kind of like an area code for Jell-O Jigglers. Uh, There's also like, oh, wait, this isn't yet. And then he goes, wait a second, 989. Whoa, that's Scaro. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Meanwhile, Martha's like, everybody off the stage. There's an animated figure over there. And Tallulah's like, you get off the stage. You're ruining the show. Then uh, Martha chases after the animated uh, figure who runs. and she goes, wait a second, wait a second, there's something different about you. Uh, then it goes away. And then uh, Myrna's like, what was that? And then uh, uh, someone else is like, I don't know. And then the doctor goes, where's Martha? And Tallulah goes, I don't know, she ran off uh, after an animated figure. Uh, and then Martha yells, I've run into some other porky pigs. The doctor runs after her. Tallulah runs with doctor. Doctor's going to go down uh, downtown. Tallulah's like, I'm going with you. Uh, she puts on her coat, and the doctor goes, no, no, I'm putting on my coat and going by myself. Uh, he puts on his duster. That's when the big music is happening. And the doctor gets ready to go down, and Tallulah's like, no, no, I'm going with you. i got to figure out what's going on, or Lazlo, too. Uh, she goes, plus Martha and I got friendly, kind of, so... I care. And the doctor goes, Tallulah, and she goes, this is not, you, you don't get, you know, and they go down. Uh, meanwhile, Martha's with a bunch of animated figures. Then she kind of, they they say, wait here. She sees Frank. She goes, oh, boy, Frank. Uh, and they say, Frank goes, where do you think we're going? And she goes, I don't know. Let, we'll figure it out. Uh, then... Uh, uh, Tallulah, so they're downtown. Tallulah and the doctor, she goes, where are we going? Uh, what are we doing? Who are you? Uh, and the doctor goes, quiet, please. And she goes, okay, okay. And the doctor goes, no, no, quiet, 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 quiet. Uh, then a couple of Daleks like, just slowly buzz by, uh, like uh, on patrol. Uh, and the doctor goes, no, no. No, 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 Daleks. Uh, how do the Daleks keep going like Gloria Gaynor does? Uh, he goes, I, my, you know, I'm the last of the Time Lords, and they got everything. 
And Tallulah goes, what is that trash can? And he goes, it's not a trash can. It's a Dalek. Uh, and it's living. And she goes, nah. And the doctor says, do I look like I'm kidding? Uh, yeah, no. And it goes, inside that trash can is a being. Uh, and it, they loathe comic books. And Tallulah says, wait a second, uh, is it from outer space or something? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. What, what, are you, what is it going, doing in New York? Uh, uh, then we cut back to the Dalek laboratory, uh, and there's like steam coming out of the ears of the Dalek reading the comic books psychically. And they go, oh, no, comic, you got comic overwhelm. Your steam's coming out of your ears. And Dalek sex says, no, I'm going to keep reading. Uh, Give me some water. Uh, I'm evolving for my comic book consumption. Evolving, evolving. And they say, what in the heck? Uh, what is it? What did la- like uh, this pinstripe suit wearing person? What kind of comics did they used to read? Because, uh, like, why would you smoke them out of your ears? Then we go to commercial. And Doctor and Tallulah, well, they find, Doctor finds somebody. We know it's Lazlo right away. Mar, or Tallulah doesn't. Uh, but first the doctor says, Tallulah hit the road. She goes, no, no. And then the doctor finds Lazlo, the animated Lazlo. And the doctor says, where's Martha? Where is she? And he goes, I don't know. And the doctor goes, do you know who you are? And Lazlo goes, I feel like the Phantom of the Opera inside my mind. Uh, and uh, Tallulah goes, don't you know where Martha is? He goes, no, no, I'm the Phantom of the Opera inside my mind. Uh, and the doctor goes, well, how did that happen? Uh, and he goes, the, the Phantom of the Opera. And he goes, no, specifically. He goes, the Daleks. Uh, because they have, like, uh, they read all, the only comic they were ever allowed to read so that they would dislike comics was about some big animated pig, uh, Orky. And uh, so the, we, were, we were supposed to go out in New York and take all the comics and get rid of them eventually, I think. But something else is going on with the Empire State Building. That's all I know. And they go, Doctor goes, where's Martha? He goes, well, she was following me, so she got caught. Uh, then Tallulah, they have their Phantom of the Opera mode. She goes, what were you doing in a theater? Uh, he goes, I wasn't there. Well, I was. And she goes, why? And he goes, I don't, you know, don't, like he sings those songs, you know, hold me, touch me, whatever. Don't take my mask off. I'm the Phantom of the Opera. Not, you know, not, not, not anything to worry about. Just a musical character. And she goes, yeah, but you look like Porky Pig. And he goes, well, I'm just, and she goes, who are you? Uh, he goes, well, I just wanted to see you. I was lonely. Uh, and she goes, who are you? And he goes, well, I needed to see you and leave you a rose. Uh, and she goes, who are you? He goes, oh, wait. And she goes, Laszlo, my Laszlo, oh, boy. And he goes, sorry, sorry. And then the doctor goes, okay, well, hold on with this moment. you got to show me where Martha is. And he goes, you can't deal with them, doctor. And he goes, don't worry, I'm the doctor. And he goes, okay, let's go this way. Uh, then we cut back to Martha and Frank, uh, who are waiting around, and uh, they're getting bossed around by the Daleks. Uh, and they're telling them to be silenced, uh, form a line. And Martha's trying to be like, everybody stay calm and just to follow them. And they go, females wise. Uh, and another dog say, these are good. These are going to be, be good for everything. Uh, 
And they go, okay, well, the the energy conductor's ready. Uh, and they go, okay, let's start scanning everybody to see whether they're, like, which comic book character they're going to end up as. If you, unknown comic book character or Porky. And the first person, they go, okay, you're Porky Pig. And the person goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, yep, next. Uh, and then they go, no, please, uh, you know, I'd rather not be, I'd rather stay, I'd rather not become an animated figure. Then Lazo's with the doctor. He goes, see, there's like uh, two groups, uh, Porky's and then future other people. And he goes, if you, he goes, I ended up as a Porky. And, and Tallulah goes, that's not nice. And the doctor goes, please be quiet. Uh, Tallulah goes, you're the best guy ever. Uh, and the doctor goes, well, where do they go? And the, he goes, the lab, uh, why? And then Lazo goes, I don't know, some comic book or something. Uh, then they go to Frank. Meanwhile, the docs, they go, oh, whoa, you're not a porky. Uh, you're, you know, and he, he goes, yeah, that's right. I'm a lead. And then they go to Martha and they go, oh, boy, you're a lead, too. And she goes, you can't just do this. Uh, this isn't human. And they go, we're not human. Uh, and they go, come with us. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're of higher comic book standards, leads. Uh, then the doctor goes, they're moving. Uh, Laz goes, you got to follow them quick. Uh, uh, we, and then they, they're, they're coming that way. They go, we got to get out of here. The doctor says, no, 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 I'm going to follow them. Uh, you go. And then Tallulah goes, Lazo, come on. Uh, and Lazo says, can you get out of here, Tallulah? She goes, yeah. And he goes, just go. I'm going to have to help the doctor. You know, I'm, a, I'm an animated, you know, figure now. And she goes, okay. Uh, and he goes, remember, I'll always be here inside my mind. And she goes, okay. Then the doctor slips in with Martha and he goes, just keep walking. And she goes, oh, good. Thank goodness. And he goes, yeah, you can kiss me later. And he goes, you too, Frank. And Frank laughs at that. And says, well, I'd like to kiss Martha. And the doctor goes, that's not going to happen in a million years, Frank. Uh, uh, then, uh, they're all in the line and they go into, uh, uh, the lab and they go report and then they go, but somebody says, what is the status? That was my f- favorite part, status. Uh, uh, and, uh, they, like, they say, okay, well, like a Dalek is, a sec is still smoking or steaming. And they go, well, scan them, get ready. And the doctor goes, evolution? What's going on? And Mar- Martha goes, what's going on? Uh, and the doctor goes, ask about it. She goes, what? And uh, they go, uh, he goes, yeah, I can't ask because I'm the doctor. She goes, okay, I demand to be told what is going on. And they go, you're going to bear witness. And she goes, bear witness to what? And Dalek uh, one goes, the dawning of the age of Aquarius or something else. Uh, and she goes, what do you mean? And they go, there was only four Daleks left, uh, so we got to evolve. The children of Scaro must walk again. And this is all very dramatic. Uh, and then uh, everybody, like, uh, sex stops steaming. And it turns off his lights, and then his doors open up. Uh, and out of it comes like uh, uh, like someone that could only be called Squidworth from that uh, like a pineapple from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, I think. Martha goes, "Is that Squidworth?" Uh, 
and but it's in a pinstripe suit with uh, saddle shoes. And they go Squidworth from well that and they go well that must have been somehow the guy in the pinstripe suit that was the only comic books he read. And uh, then the Dalek Six says, you know, I'm a human Dalek uh, comic uh, animated. I am the future. And uh, so we realize uh, that it's a two-part episode. We probably realized that a little while ago. And it says, everybody get in a pineapple under the sea and uh, say SpongeBob SquarePants and then get comfortable and curled up and uh, snuggle in. And it'll all be very nice. Uh, and uh, and then, uh, you know, you say, okay, well, I'm going to puff my pillow up here uh, and uh, think about all the other, all my other favorite characters. Cause it, and they said, Scoots, isn't Squidworth the lobster person? And I said, well, I would assume Squidworth, I don't know, because I, don't, I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, so I'll just say goodnight. All right, everybody, it's uh, Scoots here. We're talking episode five, uh, the e- recap. The ECAP, I was going to say, is running on the screen up here. Uh, it's a two-parter from episode four. This one is called Evo- Evolution. I don't know is that how that was, Evolution of the Dal- Daleks. Uh, uh, but there's a recap at the beginning uh, with all things like, which basically, oh yeah, I should give you, uh, let me run through this recap. It's a really fast one as far as they do it well. It's the, uh, it's just a series of shots. Um, so let's do a live recap if I can keep up uh, in a slow way. Starts with the doctor and Martha at the, um, Empire State Building talking. Lady Liberty, uh, Roaring Twenties to Lula on stage, uh, Hooverville, uh, Porky Pig, Tallulah, Dalek, uh, Empire State Building, Plans and Dalek, Workers, uh, this guy in the pinstripe suit, uh, he merges uh, and becomes a human Dalek, uh, uh, still dislikes comic books, he, he looks at everybody, everybody looks at him, holy moly, I am a human Dalek or a Dalek human, and uh, that's it, the episode opens, uh, and let's see, this one is by Helen Rayner again, uh, episode 5, and uh, right now the, the beginning's running for me. Okay, so then uh, Dalek Sec, the now human Dalek, is talking. He says, prepare everybody. These humans are going to be just like me. And Martha says, what are you doing? Uh, and then, uh, like, uh, the mu- they start to hear some music. Uh, and they say, what is that a number? The doctor's near Bunsen. You know, Bunsen, not Bunsen Honeydew. Uh, but the Bunsen from your school labs, he says, hey, it's me. Uh, he makes eye contact, uh, power cells, joke. Uh, let me see what it says. Pulls on his ear. He's playing around. Uh, but basically, he says, they say, it's the doctor. Uh, you know, the, the person, the Daleks don't get along with at all. And they say, let's get rid of them. And Dalek Sec, human, human Dalek Sec, uh, like Squidworth, says, uh, wait a second. 
And the doctor says, amazing, you're a new form of Dalek. Very clever, fascinating. And uh, he says, yeah, we Colt Ascaro dodged you. He goes, what are you doing in 1930? And they say, emergency temporal shift, uh, which is actually important because, uh, and I guess that takes a lot of power because the doctor says, oh, that must use up like a, po- a lot of power. Uh, because otherwise you would have taken things over uh, instead of being in the lab. And sex says, I'm a Dalek in human form. He goes, what's that like? Uh, he goes, Dalek sec, right? Uh, SEC? He goes, you got a name and a mind of your own. What are you thinking? And he says, I feel humanity. And the doctor says, that's good. And he goes, well, not the not He goes, all the other side of humanity. And doctor goes, well, that's not humanity. And he goes, I think it is. He goes, he goes at the heart of your heart or, the, or their hearts is a very Dalek. Uh, and then the doctor changes. He goes, okay, so what are you up to anyway? He goes, uh, he goes, I can show you wh- what you're missing with this radio. And then it's hilarious. One of the Daleks says, what is the purpose of this device? And the doctor says, exactly. What is the purpose? Plays music. What is the purpose of music? Oh, sing, dance, fall in love. Uh, like, it's just hilarious. And uh, they, they say, uh, he goes, unless you're a Dalek, then it's just noise. But I, I put that, what is the purpose of the device? And no one, the doctor has to uh, go, go on like one tone uh, that none of the Daleks like. Uh, no, like it, hurt, it bothers their ears uh, and the Porky Pig cartoon figures they've created. So the doctor say, get out of here. Then the Daleks say, watch, protect a do- hybrid uh, uh, Dalek sec. Uh, so they all take off. Laszlo stays behind with the Porky Pigs. Oh, so Laszlo was Tallulah's uh, boyfriend, but he became a Porky Pig uh, cosplayer. Kind of cartoon, human cartoon. Uh, tough to explain, but you you know what I mean. They said, well, we're going to make you into a cartoon figure that dislikes comic books. Because the reason, one of the dogs' purposes in the human world is just to get rid of uh, comic books. Uh, Dalek says, geez, I don't know if I've felt this, uh, cause I was so used to being in that robot shell. This, my ears are, uh, not liking that music. And they say the doctor got away and he says, go find the doctor. And then they say, yeah, find the doctor and get everybody else. Uh, then they run to Tallulah Laszlo, uh, music sounds like, uh, inspector, uh, hall is calling uh, oh inspector hall is calling that's what the chanting of the music sounds like over and over inspector hall is calling like if you listen to the background chanting music inspector hall is calling sounds like what they're chanting over and over again even in my notes when i was reading it just now you heard it, i said inspector hall is calling what does that mean i must not be able to read my writing no that's what the, you thought they were saying over and over again Inspector Hall is calling. Uh, then Doctor says, come on. He, then Dalek Sex looks at the busted radio that the doctor dropped. He pets it. Uh, and he says, man. Uh, and then the, the uh, doctor and everyone is going up. And meanwhile, they're going up the uh, into the theater, I think, uh, or somewhere. They're going up a ladder. Oh, not to the theater, no. 
And they say, the humans have ascended, returned to base. Then the Daleks stop. This is another great classic, I mean, in my opinion, a classic scene. Because uh, they stop and they have a conversation. Just like, just a couple of Daleks talking. Like, if I could have been there when they pitched this, I would have, they said, well, what's the next part of this, micro part of the scene like? Uh, just a couple of Daleks talking, you know, subtextually, but they can't really do that. Uh, looking around. Talking doubts, because uh, the first Dalek says, uh, hey, can I request some information? What's your opinion of Dalek sec? And uh, the Daleks th- talk about subcommunication or whatever. Dalek 3 says, "What we're, we're supposed to follow him. And Dalek 1 says, well, I can read subtextually that you have doubts. Uh, and then they look around, like, is anybody listening? And then Dalek 3 says, affirmative, bum, bum, bum. Uh, then we're back in Hooverville, uh, and Solomon is uh, saying, what are these, like, these Daleks? And they go, yeah, they're mixing with humans, uh, and uh, they got a Dalek human down there, and they're coming here uh, to Hooverville. And he says, that's rough, because Hooverville's where you go when you don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, and doctor says, well, you got to go somewhere else. And he goes, dude, did you not listen to me? Uh, doctor goes, we'll take the railroads, get out of state. Uh, and he goes, I got a reason with them. And Martha says, no. And Frank says, no. And the doctor says, uh, he goes, they're vulnerable now. So they're going to be even more troublesome. Uh, then we see that the Porky Pig characters are coming. And they see someone says, cartoon-like beings, the Porky Pigs are coming towards us. Uh, they're, that's strange. It's strange. Uh, and the doctor says, see, and then Salma says, all right, everybody get ready. And they say, all right, everybody. Uh, and then Salma says, we got to stick together. And then Martha says, we got to get out of here. And the doctor says, too late. They're trying to, they're, we're surrounded. Uh, and then Tallulah says, yep. Uh, and the uh, Salma says, again, uh, we'll stay together. And then Martha says something strange, which uh, she says, if we could just hold off till daylight, uh, which I didn't understand. The doctor goes, oh, no. And then one of the Dalek uh, comes forward, and Solomon says, what in the heck? And everybody, you know, none of these humans have seen a Dalek before, so it kind of blows their minds. And, uh, like, holy moly. And then they try to stop the Daleks, which doesn't work. Uh, then Dalek Sec is in the... Um, Let's see, visual contact, command, oh yeah, then he he says, uh, Dalek Sec is back in the lab, or Dalek Human Sec, he says, establish visual contact, uh, uh, so he's watching through the other Daleks, he says, uh, commence, uh, and then they, the, the Martha says, there's more than one Dalek in the sky, and then they, the Daleks start flowing around, and they say, we've located the doctor, because uh, the doctor says, what are you doing, man, this isn't right. Uh, then we go to a commercial. When we come back from the commercial, uh, let's see, Sec is saying, um, he's saying, geez, look at these uh, humanity. Like, they're so courageous, these humans, uh, uh, to the other Daleks, which really don't want to hear it. Uh, then Solomon tries to win the Daleks over. He goes, hey, you're outcasts. I'm outcast. You know, we're all outcasts. Uh, can't we stick together? You know, Aren't we the same underneath? Uh, he goes, I didn't realize that the universe was a thousand times the size I thought it was. He goes, yeah, that's a bit overwhelming, but it's got to also give me hope. Uh, hope that together we can make a better tomorrow. 
So I beg you now, if you have any compassion in your hearts, meet with us and stop this. What do you say? And the Daleks say the only thing they can say, which is erase all humans in comic book readers, which is their new thing. Uh, uh, so uh, they try to, they use a giant eraser on Frank, uh, Solomon, and he says, oh boy. Uh, then the doctor goes out. He says, all right, Daleks. He goes, why don't you race me then? Uh, and they say, yeah, like, yeah, that'd be great. Cause you're like the one number one uh, person, anti Dalek, a doctor. And he goes, okay, well just race me then Daleks. And he's calling out sec who's watching. He says, stop. Uh, Dalek three says, I do not understand. This is the doctor. And Sex says, yeah, we got to bring him in. And the Dalek 3 says, no, don't understand, cannot compute. Uh, and Sex says, yep, I, I command it, so you must obey. And he says, oh, I obey. The doctor's like, what in the hay? Like, even he doesn't believe it. Uh, and they say, bring him in. Uh, like, uh, And the Dalek says, everybody follow me, or the doctor, you follow me. Martha goes, yeah, you can't go. And the doctor goes, you have to. Daleks change their mind. They never change their mind. Martha goes, what about us? And, and, and uh, he goes, yeah, I'll go with you. you got to leave all these humans alone, though. So the Dalek sex says, okay, leave humans alone. They will be spared. Uh, then, uh, Martha and the doctor, Martha's doctor, don't go, uh, you know, he goes, oh, I gotta go. You stay here and help people. But then he does a fake out. He goes, thank you very much. Uh, and he shakes her hand and gives her a, what well, I thought was a note, but it's a psychic paper. Uh, then we're back at the Dalek lab and the, one of the Daleks says to the sick, would you save the doctor for? He goes, he's a genius. We need him. Our future depends on him. Uh, then there's cleanup at Hooverville, uh, and then, uh, like, uh, Tallulah is boiling water. Martha says, okay, like, uh, and she, she, she and, I, mean, I don't think Frank's there yet, but he goes, she goes, well, what are we going to do? Tallulah says to Martha, he goes, well, the doctor gave me this paper. He's got a reason. She goes, what is it? She goes, I can go in places. Uh, he wants me to go somewhere, but where? What am I supposed to do? So she's got her own mystery to solve. Uh, then the dial doctor is very upset with Dalek Sec. He goes, what are you doing bothering humans? Uh, why'd you erase a human? Uh, it's not a cartoon. He goes, is that all you know how to do? And Dek, uh, Dalek Sec says, uh, yes, so I'm sorry. Uh, that was wrong. He goes, yeah, that was courageous. Uh, the doctor says, are you, saying, are you apologizing and saying courage is good? He goes, yeah, excellent. And he says, are you becoming a little human? He says it very loudly. And uh, Sex says, you're the last of your kind. I'm the first of mine. And he goes, well, what do you want? He goes, well, uh, he goes, we've been working really hard in this age we're in, uh, but we haven't had any success. Uh, and uh, the humans are one of the big re This is, again, like pro-humanism. Uh, he goes, humans are the greatest resource of this planet. And the planet Earth went, <laughs> uh, uh, but he, he, then he shows like this Matrix moment that they have. Like they said, also, we saw the movie The Matrix. So this is what we got going, human energy, pure energy, like that song from the 80s. And the doctor goes, so that's what you're up to? And they go, yeah, well, we're going to download uh, Dalek stuff into these humans, uh, just like the Matrix. He goes, the Matrix is powering things. 
And he goes, yeah, we're going to download our, our Dalek ideas into their brains. Uh, and he goes, really? And he goes, they go, how many? He goes, oh, more than a thousand. Uh, and he goes, that's going to take a lot of plant power. This planet hasn't even split the atom. So what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, and it was very uh, like that movie with um, Dr. Frank, uh, you know what I mean? Friend, kind of like not Frank and Furter, but it, like uh, the other, like uh, Dr. Frank, where it's like uh, he, it's it's a l i v e. Then we go back uh, to Martha and Tallulah talking about uh, wait a second, energy. Martha's still trying to conductor Dalekanium. Uh, Dalekanium, where would it be? And then you go, get Frank. And they say, Frank, what were you doing? What was all the work for? He goes, we're working on buildings, uh, like that building. Uh, and that gives kind of like a light bulb goes off inside of Martha. Then there's a break. Uh, okay, so then we come back from the break, and the doctor is talking to uh, Sec. Okay, Empire State Building. Okay, what's going on with that? Uh, He's like, oh, we got to go. He goes, let me explain. He goes, doctor, do you know about DNA and RNA and codes? Uh, and the doctor goes, a sigh. He goes, what about gamma and solar flares? The doctor goes, uh, yeah, I've heard of them. I'm pretty familiar. And he goes, well, I need your genius. Uh, because he says, uh, like, uh, he goes, okay, for, he goes, for, because uh, that doctor says, what do you need me for? He goes, well, you're a genius. So he goes, Daleks are intelligent but emotionless. And I goes, well, emo removing emotions is what your creator thought, that you were stronger. And Dalek 6 says, the creator was wrong. And the doctor goes, what, what, what? Uh, and meanwhile, I think the other Daleks are hearing this. And he goes, uh, he goes, it makes us lesser than our enemies. Uh, he goes, also, you know, he goes, we need body and heart. Uh, and he goes, but you wouldn't be a supreme being anymore. And Dalek 6 says, yeah, that's good. And then the other Dalek says, um, no, that's incorrect. Uh, and Dalek 3 says, yeah, Daleks are supreme. And Dalek 6 says, not anymore. And, and uh, Dalek 6 says, uh, by, or Dalek 3 says, uh, yes, it is. That's our purpose. And then 6 says, well, that's wrong. He goes, so, so being, he goes uh, where did that lead us? Uh, living in this uh, below the Empire State Building, or just the four of us, uh, we have to change and adapt. Uh, and the Dalek says, so let me get this straight. And on behalf of the other Daleks, you want me to change everything that makes a Dalek a Dalek? Also, I thought I put, he says, just four of us left. And I, I think it was like, uh, three, you're not a Dalek, dude. The doctor seems like he's shocked. Then we're in the elevator with Tallulah Frank and Martha. She has a psychic paper. She's kind of trying to explain it to them and how it works. And then we got to go to the top of the building. Uh, then we go back down to the lab, uh, where it's like, okay, we got to make these more human, uh, cause you got an idea, he goes, you understand this stuff. Uh, we got to get ready before the solar flare. Yeah, and the doctor says, okay, so what's the template? And he goes, well, I want to make it, change it up, uh, make it more, make them more, make these humans more human. And the doctor goes, what about the, they're not going to let you do that, uh, right, right, all other Daleks? And Dalek 6 says, I'm the leader. And the doctor says, so you're going to just listen to this guy, Squidworth, who's not even Dalek anymore. And they go, we follow orders. Dalek 6 commands, we obey. 
Hedonic Sexist Doctor, if we don't, if you don't help me, we're not going to change. Uh, and Dalek says, where are you going to, or Dalek says, where are you going to put all these human Daleks? Because uh, you ain't going to put them on Earth. They look like comic books on Earth. Daleks don't. Uh, and Dalek Sex says, put us in the TARDIS and bring us somewhere new. And the doctor says, okay, how long have I got? They go, 11 minutes. And he goes, okay, oh boy, let me get to work then. Uh, then we're at the top of the world, the top of the world, as Tulula says. They look at the plans for the Empire State Building, and then they start looking at revisions. Oh, this revision has today's date. Uh, Tulula looks out on a very New York uh, skyline. No wonder they came here, she says. Uh, then we get to, like, a sequence with the fun, uh, when, you know, when the doctors are, like, very frenetic, uh, working uh, at a high energy. But then he says, what about all these Porky Pig cartoons you made? Uh, like, uh, the, he goes, because uh, the, the, I'm working on the style of human things. We need chromatin solution. He sees Laszlo. He goes, where, where are these Porkies in, in the plan? And he goes, oh, they fade. He goes, oh, oh, oh. he goes, it's real r- r- drawing, so it's just going to fade away eventually. And he goes, let's get to work. Uh, and the doctor says, Lazlo, man. He goes, I got to put a stop to this. Uh, I'm sorry that you're a cartoon now. And Lazlo goes, do you think this Dalek sec Scootworth is up to something good or not good? And the doctor goes, I, he goes, people can change history. Right idea, right a right time. So I got to believe it for now. Uh, then Frank and Tallulah and Martha are look, working on the blue, blue, blueprints. Frank takes a look around. Storm's coming. Martha says, I wish the doctor was here. You know, he'd help. Uh, and then Tallulah says, so when did you first meet him? And she goes, well, it was at work. Uh, and she explains to Martha or Tallulah that she's a, doc, a physician and uh, and. Uh, Tulu goes, oh, what a partnership that would be. She goes, that doctor, he goes, she, she, she's different. He's different, huh? And Martha goes, you got no idea. And then Tulu mentions that he's a human, a man. Uh, and and uh, Martha goes, she thought of something, but she goes, he had this other companion uh, for a while and not anymore. And now he's on his own. And sometimes when he talks to me, I think he's looking at me, and then sometimes I think he's looking at her or remembering her. And Tallulah goes, uh, well, he, she goes, reality check, my boyfriend is a cartoon uh, porky pig now. So uh, and Martha goes, well, the doctor's on the case, so maybe we'll all be okay. And Tallulah goes, I can't believe those Daleks turned the, the Laszlo into a cartoon. Uh, then there's another commercial break, uh, uh, which, uh, but it was an interesting point, I guess, cause, uh, Tulu's kind of just saying, you know, I, I don't, I'm fed up with these Daleks too. Uh, then we go back to the lab. The doctor's like, all systems glow, go. He wears, uses a glass plunger, which I thought was cool. Like you got everything going here, uh, tubes with goo and goop, uh, power switches, uh, music, uh, it's, uh, almost time. It was 11 minutes. Let's see. All feeds ready. Solar flare ready. Uh, breakers on, uh, we're ready. Uh, then we go, uh, Martha figures out, okay, there's something new on, on the top of the building, Dalectanium or whatever. 
Uh, then we're back at the lab and this like thing goes off and uh, it's a blinking light and the doctor goes, what's that blinking light? And, and the sec goes, what do you mean? Uh, that's a blinking light that says it's not uh, properly functioning. And the do- do- doctor says, it's an override. And the sec says, no, it can't be overridden. I'm in charge. Uh, and one of the docs says, doctor, step away from the uh, control panel. And sex says no, and they say, "Yeah, you're, you're, both of you are now in trouble." We consider you comic book readers, which is outlawed. And uh, he goes, "I'm the commander." And they go, "You've lost your authority. You're no longer a Dalek." And the doctor goes, "What are you doing to these? Uh, what, what are you downloading?" And they go, "100% Dalek into human brains." Then they say, "Porky's like take these two under advisement." Uh, but Laszlo goes to the doctor, and Sex says, I can't believe this. Uh, and then they say, solar flare coming. And they get lucky because the elevator's there. And the, Laszlo says, doctor, the lift's here. So they jump on the elevator. Uh, and and the, the, all the docs, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and the elevator door closes, they go up. And Lazo says, my, I'm fading, doctor. My, my cartoon is fading. And he goes, we just got to get to the top of the building. Uh, meanwhile, the, at the lab, they're busting. They say, uh, listen, Dalek you're no longer in charge. Uh, you told us to imagine, and we imagined your irrelevance. Uh, then the... Um, the doctor gets to the top floor, uh, and Martha and Tallulah, you know, it's all happy for a second. Uh, a lot of hugs. Uh, Martha says, there's Dalectanium on the top of the building. Oh, good to see you. And he says, oh, come here. And they give each other a big huggy-poo. Still imagine that irrelevance is so good. Uh, and he goes, oh, that's a good... He goes, uh, or maybe they did more than hug. Uh, he goes, oh, I love hugging you. And they go, well, what's going on? He goes, he goes okay, well, we got to figure this out. Uh, Six minutes. I'll get the Dalectanium off. Uh, gamma something. Uh, blimey. Because that's pretty high to climb up. Uh, look out over the city. Martha goes, what's up there? Uh, and three pieces of Dalectanium to get off. Uh, you got to head up. The doctor goes, I'll head up there. And he goes, you'll have your hands full. You got to, because they're going to send the, the, you know, the elevator. I, I forgot to turn it off. Uh, uh, New York, then there's climbing music, uh, sonic action with the doctor. There's also a storm. Uh, we see the uh, Porky's taking the lift ready. Uh, they all have giant erasers. So they say, we're going to erase some stuff. No cartoons in this business. Uh, uh, the, the, like all the Daleks are giving out orders. Uh, the doctor's working on getting the Dalectanium off. He gets one off. Martha says, okay, the lift's coming. And Laszlo says, I'll take care of it. But then he's like, Martha says, no, 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 I'm helping too. But then Laszlo says, oh, no, my cartoon's fading. So we see his cartoon is fading. But he says, don't worry about it. And Tallulah says, what's going on? He goes, don't worry. Uh, but I better sit down because the cartoon fading. And Frank goes, we can't even... What are we going to do? Martha goes, let me brainstorm. And then she goes, the storm. Maybe we could channel the storm. And and she goes, cartoons? 
rain, uh, like the rain gutters. We'll use the rain gutters against them. And she goes, let's grab some stuff, Frank. Come on. Uh, and then uh, the Daleks are counting down 39, 40, 39, 38, 37. Doctor's still working. He ends up dropping his, he's really working hard. The doctor, the task is beyond the doctor, which is rare. Let's see what else we have. So he loses his sonic screwdriver. Uh, then, uh, Martha starts to enact her plan. She, they're using like, uh, everything they can to get water headed towards the opening of the elevator from the rain. Uh, we're watching the doctor working. We're watching the elevator climb on floors. We're watching the Daleks counting down to zero, 12, 11, 10. Uh, so everything's coming to a like a peak here. Uh, then it starts really raining hard. Uh, the doctor has, to, there's a gamma. So the doctor doesn't, he has to give up on getting the dolectanium off and hold on and absorb some of the gamma stuff. Uh, but some of it goes down to the lab. Uh, the Daleks are like, oh boy, this worked. Uh, all of the um, Porky's got erased because Dal- uh, Martha's plan washes them all with rainwater. And like a lot of rain, it was really raining. So they all get washed away. And, but she goes, Jesus, you like this. I don't know how I feel about this. And then they go, what about the doctor? Uh, oh, wait, but I think there was an, uh, yeah, after they washed the, the Daleks. So they say, what about the doctor? The doctor's sleeping. That's when it goes to a commercial. And then when it comes back from the commercial, let's see here. What do we got? Uh. Uh, okay, all the Daleks are lined up with their uh, new recruits. Uh, like uh, they talk, they're humans, but they talk exactly like Daleks. Uh, they say, "You will identify." They say, "I am a Dalek," uh, and he says, "Go out to all the comic book stores and take all the comic books. Uh, that get ready." Uh, then Martha's like, "Doctor, we found your sonic screwdriver. You're getting careless." He goes, "Oh man." Uh, gamma stuff uh and they go he goes hey great you're great too and she goes well, what happened there's still dolectanium up there he goes oh don't worry about it uh, uh then one of the daleks says uh, we're back there they see dalek uh, one of the daleks says to dalek sec i'm in charge now i'm designated controller dalek sec says i used to be that and they it goes you are unfit uh it says i'll coordinate everybody and the Dalek, or do, then we're back with the doctor. Uh, we see uh, New York City again. And the doctor goes, we got to stop them. They're going to get rid of all the comics in New York City, the comic, one of the comic capitals of the world. Uh, uh, and then uh, he says, I got to think. I got to think here. And he goes, I got it. He goes, I got in the way. So he goes, some of the gamma, he goes, uh, so we got to think, 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 uh, some space somewhere out of the way. He goes, Tallulah. She goes, that's me. Three L's and an H. Uh, he goes, can we get in the theater? She goes, yeah. And then the doctor goes, is there another elevator? And Martha goes, yeah, the uh, uh, service elevator. And then the doctor says the famous Olanzi, uh uh, I think I'm saying it correct. All on Z, uh, uh, and they all go into action. Then the Daleks, uh, 
like report maximum efficiency, get rid of the comic books, everybody get ready. And then they're in the theater, uh, the doctor, Martha, Frank, and Tallulah, and Laszlo. Laszlo is still fading. Martha's trying to help Laszlo. Uh, Tulu's like, why are we doing what are we doing in here? Uh, and he goes, the, the first thing he goes, they may dislike comic books, but they dislike me more, so I'm going to tell them where I am. So he turns on a sonic screwdriver. We go back to the Daleks, who are like, the doctor's still around. Holy moly, you got to be kidding me. Uh, so, uh, the, like they say, uh, doctor says, okay, everybody stay calm. Yeah, and the Daleks are like, don't go for the comic books. Go get the doctor, human Daleks. Uh, the doctor says, you, Frank, go back to Hooverville. Martha goes, no. And the doctor goes, that's an order. She goes, what are you, a Dalek? Order me around. But then all the Dalek humans come in, or the Daleks that are human downloaded Daleks. Uh, and the doctor goes, well, all right. Martha goes, are those humans with Dalek downloads? Uh, and he goes, that's when he says, stay calm, just stay here. Then this sequence is a little strange because Laz goes, well, what about the, Dal- the Dalek Daleks? Uh, then they very dramatically appear on stage with uh, smoke and stuff and music. Uh, and they're making Dalek sec crawl, uh, which was strange. And then the, one of them says, the doctor will stand before the Daleks. And they say, this is the beginning of a new age, doctor, not the age of Aquarius, the end of the comic age. Uh, Planet Earth will become a new scarrow, land free of comics and imagination. Except for our familiarity with Porky Pig, which was mostly Dalek Sec anyway. And the doctor says, oh, what a world will that be? Uh, and he goes, he goes, isn't that Dalek Sec in front of you? The cleverest Dalek ever? And look what you've done to him. He goes, is this your new empire? The foundation for a whole new civilization? Uh, treating a former Dalek with disrespect. And then uh, Sex says, if you choose this, Daleks, uh, then this will choose you. You know, kind of like a reverse golden rule or something. And they say, incorrect. We always, you know, we'll always get rid of comics. Uh, but first, we're going to get rid of the doctor. And he goes, but he can help you. Dalek Sex says that. And they go, no, erase the doctor. Eraser's ready. And he goes, don't do it. And then they go to erase the doctor with their sonic erasers, but the Dalek Sec gets in front of it. Yeah, so he gets erased. Uh, then it's the doctor's speech time. He goes, this is your leader. He goes, the one that would have led you out of uh, the deep, dark night. And he goes, what did you do? But he's really saying it on behalf of the human Daleks. He uh, goes, can't you see your mistake? Uh, and then the Dalek says, humans show increased levels of serotonin. Well, also there's clamshell light holders on the stage, I noticed. Uh, and then the doctors go, okay, well, the bapt- because is this going to be a baptism for Dalek humans with uh, dislike of comic books and erasers? Uh, why don't you have them erase me then? And Dalek 3 says, prepare erasers, humans. And he goes, go ahead, tell them to erase me. And they say, erase the doctor. 
but none of the humans do. And then they say, race the doctor, obey. Dalek humans will obey. And then Martha says, what? And then the Dalek says, you listen up. You're supposed to follow. Why aren't you following orders? And one of the humans says, why? And it says, Daleks do not question orders. And it's, it's like a kid. It says, but why? And it says, you will stop this. And it says, the human says, but why? And it says, you must not question this. Like, this does not commute, compute. Uh, and then they say, yeah, but you're not in charge of us. We're not just Daleks. And the doctor says, no, you're not. And you never will be. He goes, you got a little Time Lord DNA in you, just a little bit of freedom. And then they go, okay, uh, then we'll race everybody. The Daleks say that. And the doctors, then there's an eraser off. uh, And actually, the the two Daleks that are up there, they get erased. uh, And then they, like, end up, the other other Dalek that's not there uh, uses, like, they say, he says, get rid of the humans with sonic, uh, the human Daleks with a sonic eraser, a sonic sound eraser. Uh, uh, So there's, like, this whole thing. And and then it ends up, you know, like, where you erased a whole paper of work, uh, yeah, so they say, well, that failed. Uh, and the doctor says, they can't believe that. Uh, you shut down all of the new, and the doctor goes, that was a new kind of human Dalek Time Lord being. And you just erased it. And then Lazo says, that was only two Daleks. There must be one Dalek somewhere. And the doctor goes, oh, yeah. In the whole universe, just one. Uh, then there's an ad break. I guess maybe I thought the ad break was somewhere else, but... Uh, then the doctor goes down there, hands in his pockets, duster on, and he goes, "Hey, what's up?" And the Dalek one Dalek says, "You're gonna, I'm gonna uh, erase you still." And the doctor goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, well, "What's your name anyway?" He goes, "Dalek Khan." And he goes, "Like the movie, the Star Trek movie, the best Star Trek movie, or one of the best." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, what's your name? He goes, Dalek Khan. I just said that. He goes, sorry about that. I was just on Scoots' notes there. And he goes, right now, you, you, there's no more called Ascaro. You're the only one. And I'm the only person in the universe that might show you con- some compassion. And he goes, Dalek Khan, let me help you. What do you say? And he says, emergency temporal shift, uh, which is a callback. And then he temporal shifts, you know, to a random, you think it's like a random like thing where you can temporal shift in time and space, but you don't know where you're going to end up. Uh, emergency temporal shift. Then Laszlo's fading more and more. Uh, and Martha's like, doctor, you got to help. Uh, and she goes, it's okay, Laszlo. Uh, and Tallulah goes, what is it? What's going on? He's fading away. And Laszlo goes, this is what happens to cartoons written, you know, and, and temporary ink. Tallulah, Laszlo says that. She goes, well, what do you mean? And he goes, we're made with non-permanent ink. Uh, and she goes, no, 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 doctor, you got to do something. And at first you see, like, the doctor kind of fakes it out. Do you think he's going to give a, like, try to comfort him? Because, oh, Tallulah with three L's and an H, watch me. And then he goes into super frantic doctor mode. He goes, got this huge lab. Uh, 
goes, Laszlo, hold on. And he gets to work. Uh, too much, you know, too much erasing today. We're going to permanize your ink, Laszlo. Ink and pen. Uh, he goes, brand new beings, wise people. He goes, I'm telling you right now, no more. No more erasers today. He goes, Tallulah, step aside. The doctor is in. Which is a pretty fun classic line. So action hyper doctor. Then we see New York City again. Central Park. Uh, Frank comes. Who would later be in New York City, I guess, is a different uh, character. Uh, and he says, geez, I talked to everybody. I told told him what Solomon would have said, uh, that a cartoon could live here among us. Uh, he goes, I even had to, you know, put a couple people in line. He goes, Laszlo, you're well, you and Tallulah are welcome here. He goes, people are going to stare because you're a cartoon uh, that's not inside a TV or a movie screen or a movie screen because I don't think they had TVs. But he goes, that's what Hooverville's about, is sticking together for people. You know, this is where we all kind of stick together. And Laszlo says, geez, uh, thanks so much, uh, uh, yeah, Hooverville was out. It was for if you don't have any other options. Uh, then the episode ends back at Lady Liberty, uh, with the doctor and Martha. Uh, and Martha goes, Do you think it's going to work out, those two? And the doctor goes, I don't know. Anywhere else in the world, uh, I don't know. But New York, he goes, uh, That's what the city's good at. Tired, poor, huddled masses, and even. A cartoon Dalek uh, being, and Martha goes, the cartoon in the showgirl. And the doctor goes, the cartoon Porky Pig in the showgirl. And Martha goes, it just proves it, I suppose. There's someone uh, for everyone. And the doctor kind of mumbles. You can barely, I couldn't hear it at first, but he says, maybe. And Martha goes, geez, I'm sorry. And uh, the doctor goes, for what? And she goes, she goes that one Dalek. Uh, and he goes, what do you mean? And she goes, well, I knew it was important to you. And he, do you think we'll ever see it again? And he goes, one day, maybe. Then they get in. He, he opens the door while they're talking. And she goes into the TARDIS. And then the doctor goes in the TARDIS behind her. And uh, the episode comes to a close. Uh, good night. All right, everybody, it's Scoots here, and, uh, you know, uh, we're getting ready to cover Doctor Who Season 3, Series 3, Episode 6, which is our seventh episode, counting the holiday special, and then we're going to take a little breaky-poo from uh, Doctor Who, and uh, we'll have, uh, you may have your, I don't know, like, I haven't recorded any of the next episodes, so... But, like, I always want to say, so I watch these on YouTube TV, which is how I watch uh, TV. Though I think Doctor Who moved behind another service recently, but I'm not positive on that. But uh, I have all of them DVR'd. But so every single Doctor Who episode from this series, at least, opens with an ad for uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, so every time I see Doctor Who, I think... Uh, Oh boy, how's a Ferengi supposed to make an honest living? Which is a quote at the beginning of every in every promo. So I just wanted you to know that. But uh, let's see, it opens with some eight bit music. Now, like a lot of de- hand details uh, to, to open it as well. I'm gonna actually pause it because I just noticed something new. This is why I run the episode too while I'm recording it. 
Okay, so uh, in my notes, it said 8-bit music, Doctor and Martha, TARDIS moving. Uh, there's a goldish brown, not quite an amber, uh, glass like ball or bobble. Uh, then there's some flicking up, uh, end of some end of the line, no place like home. Uh, but also the doctor, so the doctor's doing a lot of flicking and stuff. But I just noticed when I paused it on the glass globe that there's also a. I guess you could look at it like two ways. It looks like a um, what is that called? A, a bishop, a, a glass bishop from uh, a chess a chess set, like a, maybe a hollow glass bishop, a clear glass, not frosted glass. That's a great question. And the doctor does a lot of flicking of knobs. Martha's holding on. She's actually holding on. I noticed in front of a. a some sort of mechanism that may have handholds on it. It does. I don't know if she's holding something down or she's holding her own, uh, or she's just holding on. Like, so I don't know if she was steering or driving. So then there's some dialogue. Uh, the doctor goes, perfect landing, which isn't always easy in a tight spot, uh, which is funny because there's a good reveal. Uh, Martha goes, well, geez, you should be used to tight spots. Where are we? He goes, the end of the line. No place like it, Dorothy. I mean, he doesn't say Dorothy, but. Uh, and then we see, so there's like Martha's face. First, she's excited because she doesn't know where they are. The doctor's kind of has his chin up. Uh, she goes out the door. Uh, but then she uh, goes in the room and she frowns because it's her bedroom or her apartment. Uh, and she says, geez, would you take me home? He goes, yeah, just the morning right after we left. We've only been gone 12 hours, uh, which is like no time at all, really. And she goes, but what about all the stuff we've done? Uh, Shakespeare, New New York, Old New York, uh, all that stuff. Uh, and he goes, yeah, we did that all in one night, relatively speaking. And we see, like, pictures of her as a kid. There's also, a, maybe I'll keep an eye out for it. There's a coupon she has on her uh, pinboard. Yeah, oh, 50 cents off or 50 pence off of something. Uh, but she, he says, back where you were, uh, everything as it should be, books, CDs, laundry. He, and she says, please mind my own, mind your business about my laundry goes as promised and she goes wait a second that's it uh and he goes yeah i gotta cut out so it's like this awkward moment then martha's phone rings uh, and she's got a, this is back when we had answering machines and she says yeah i'm not here to leave a message uh uh and she says sorry doctor you're gonna have to listen to this because this is old technology and it's uh her mom she says martha are you there pick up uh and she goes it's my mom let's just listen and she goes oh i know you're there pretend you're there i was just calling your sister's on the tv i thought you might be listening on the news of all things thought you might be interested Let's see. So tissue. So there's a, a mature, very mature uh, gentleman uh, making a speech, and Tish is with him on the news. Uh, Martha says, "What's Tish doing on the news with this mature-looking gentleman?" Uh, and uh, he's making an announcement. Uh, Top secret. I'm going to demonstrate a device. Redefine the world. Uh, she goes, "Oh yeah, her new job. PR research for a research lab." Uh, and this gentleman is Dr. Lazarus. He says, with a push of a button, I'll change what it means to be human. 
And then everybody's making, asking questions, but Martha turns the TV off. Uh, and she says, anyway, what were you saying? Uh, you were saying uh, something? And the doctor goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, there was one trip, and then we did another one. And she goes, yeah, things kind of escalated. And the doctor goes, it seems like it happens to me a lot. And then she goes, thanks uh, for everything. But it's not as comfortable a goodbye as the text would make it sound. And you could tell Martha has more she would like to say. Uh, and maybe the doctor does, but uh, he can't. I don't know. It shows the human side of the doctor and Martha in great acting. Uh, because he says, it's my pleasure. He goes into the thing. And then it's uh, two minutes and 12 seconds by my clock. Martha takes uh, this deep breath uh, and uh, just a really good moment. And uh, then it dematerializes and she kind of uh, is kind of trying to process what happened with the doctor. Disappointed a little bit, maybe. Closes her eyes, thinks. And then the TARDIS sound regenerates. Wind comes back. and the doctor opens the door. He goes, wait a second. Did he? Did that dude say, like, uh, change what it means to be human in his speech? And then it cuts to the opening. Uh, so I guess that got the doctor's attention. Uh, also, there's other stuff I put in here out of order. There's, like, a goodbye, like, kind of with no kiss. It was like even a kiss on the cheek would have been a good goodbye. That. I don't know. They felt like part of the tension was like, oh, you're not going to, like, at least give me a kiss goodbye? Or, and the doctor's like, maybe I should kiss you goodbye. But that could be all my imagination and fan fiction I'm writing. Deep Breath by Martha. Such a good moment. And then, oh, the TARDIS out. Martha closes eyes. TARDIS back. Uh, smiles. No, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, did he did he say what it means to be human? Oh, so that was on the TV that the doctor said. Then it opens. It's a Lazarus experiment by Stephen Graham, I think. is. Uh, let's see, it's coming up here on the screen. Doctor Who. And that zooms by. And then the TARDIS. So, yeah, Stephen Greenhorn. Sorry, Stephen. And then it opens with office. There's a statue of David. I think the same one that was on the t- coffee table in the Goonies, uh, like a miniature statue of David. There's also a, a glass globe or bauble there. And Lazarus is there with, I think, with his business partner and maybe his romantic partner. Uh, globe, lots of displays. Oh, lots of globe-like displays, too, like of circling uh, globes. Uh, projections, uh, they talk, then Tish comes, uh, and, uh, the, like, uh, there's this guy, Lazarus, uh, does not have, uh, he's a bit of a, he's unacceptable, I would say. His behavior throughout this episode in many t- layers is unacceptable. And he goes, oh, but what's that perfume? Tish goes, Tish goes, soap, uh, what do you think, uh? Then the doctor and Martha, holy moly, they dress up. They're in a, a tuxedo, and Martha's in a, a dress like they're going to a very formal event. And it's tough for me to say if Martha's dress is like a deep, deep, deep uh, maroon uh, color, like almost like a deep wine color, or if it's black dress. Because uh, just uh, I said, wait a second, it was la- like last night when I was watching this episode. 
But they go into a combination of an old building with a new building built on top of it. Uh, that's like Lazarus Labs. Uh, let's see, what else? Discussion. Uh, let's look at the dialogue. So uh, Lazarus and his business partner, uh, they're talking about, yeah, we resolved the issues, confident it's going to work. Uh, she, she says, oh, Richard, uh, you know, I just was concerned. He goes, oh, I'm glad that's touching. She says, this is going to be worth a lot of uh, money, though. So this is great. Uh, and we're really going to get a, get a, get everything. Uh, then that's when Letitia comes up and she says, he says, oh, what's your perfume? She goes, soap. Uh, then the doctor, Martha, walk in. He goes, yeah, whenever I dress up, uh, things always get interesting. She goes, it's not the outfit. It's you, but it suits you. James Bond. Uh, he goes, James Bond, eh? Uh, then, let's see, they go up, uh, they run into, uh, uh, don't they run into, Dar- oh, no, first they get into this uh, party, and then the doctor's very impressed with, uh, isn't there a plus one? Where's that part? Uh, oh, I guess that's the other part. The doctor loves the, um, what do you call those? Oh, nibbles, he says. Uh, it's a big party. Yeah, there's music, but he calls uh, appetizers nibbles. Oh, I love nibbles. Uh, Martha and Tish are reconnecting. Uh, I think there's hugs all around. Uh, and uh, so they're happy to see each other, especially Martha's very, maybe Martha and Tish were already talking, and that's only with Martha and her mom, but like uh, Tish says, geez, you look great. Uh, isn't this impressive where I work? Uh, and Martha goes, oh, yeah. And Tish goes, what are you going? You went out to- two nights in a row. That's wild. And Martha goes, yep, yep. And uh, Tish goes, yep, well, there's going to be a lot of photographers here. Mom's coming. Leo's coming. Martha's like, Leo? And it talks? Holy cow. And then she goes, oh, this is the doctor. And Tish goes, the doctor goes, hello. Tish goes, like, with you. The doctor's with you. Martha goes, yeah. And she goes, well, he's not on the list. How'd he get here? And Martha goes, he's my plus one. And the doctor goes, who, who's this Lazarus? Uh, and is he in charge? And, and Tish goes, yeah, I'm on the staff. He's Professor Lazarus. Uh, and Martha doesn't know so much about her sister because she goes, oh, yeah, Tish just works in the PR department. And Tish goes, no, 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 I'm the head of the TR, PR department. Uh, and she goes, I organized this whole thing. And then the uh, doctor goes, well, what's going on? Uh, is that a sonic microfield thingamajig? And then Tish goes, oh, okay, this is why he's dating you, Martha. He's, like, into science and stuff. Okay, that makes sure i got to get back to work. The doctor goes, a science geek? What does that mean? And uh, Martha goes, geek? It means you're overly enthusiastic about something. Uh, Then Mom and Leo show up, uh, and Mom's kind of like, geez, that was like last night with your father and his girlfriend. uh, And Leo says, yeah, Mom, uh, and then Martha gives her mom a hug like she's been traveling across the universe. Uh, but mom goes, what's with the hug? Uh, she goes, just happy to see you. And she goes, yeah, you saw me last night. And then she goes, missed you, mom. Missed you, Leo. You're looking great. Uh, and uh, mom goes, where'd you go last night, Martha? And Martha goes, home. And, and mom says, on your own? And I said, I know what my stomach does when you like Those are the kind of questions that give you stomach ache. Uh, and uh, she goes, oh, by the way, meet the doctor. And uh, Francine goes, doctor who? Who? Or doctor what? 
And she goes, just the doctor. We've been working together. And Leo says, hey, you okay? And the doctor goes, yeah, great to meet you, Mrs. Jones. Heard a lot about you. She goes, what? Uh, you heard about me? And he goes, well, that you're Martha's mom. And, uh, you know, we've been really busy. And she goes, busy doing what exactly? And the doctor goes, stuff, uh, just stuff, nothing but stuff. Uh, uh, then Lazarus gets up, uh, doctor on the spot, glass tap, uh, big speech. Okay, so this, the, the Lazarus gets up, he makes a big speech. The doctor's arms are crossed. Uh, the building starts to move around. Uh, uh, he presses down on a red plunger. Oh, then the building moves. We see. Oh, we see shots of a lab with readouts and switches and stuff. Uh, he makes he makes this big speech like, "Oh boy, am I going to do big things here tonight? I'm going to change everything. Biggest advance in science. Uh, tomorrow, the world will be changed." And then everything starts to oscillate. Doctor goes, wait a second, something's not right here. It's too much power. So he jumps over the controls as things start to get out of control, and he uses a sonic screwdriver to try to fix it. Lazarus's partner, she says, stop. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the doctor goes, well, if I don't do something, nobody's going to do something. Uh, then he manages to stop it. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, the, the thing stops and the door opens and all the smoke comes out. Uh, let's see, slow down, shut down. Martha opens up the door. So you see again, these little spots, like where Martha has such great courage. Like a lot of times she's the one taking action as opposed to other people, uh, and then the door opens, and it's Richard, he goes, hey, it's Richard Lazarus, but now he's like a young man. And he says, 76 years old, reborn. And his partner says, he did it, holy cow. And everybody cheers and does applause, and then it goes to a commercial. And Martha's like, was that some sort of, after the ad, Martha goes, is that some sort of magic trick or something? Like, what happened? Uh, and the doctor goes, oh, no, it wasn't a trick. Because uh, that really happened. So we got to, uh, he goes, hmm. Uh, and then Lazarus is like, this is only beginning. Uh, and the doctor goes, he did change what it means to be human. Uh, and then his partner says, that was so astonishing, Richard. He goes, this is only the beginning. And she goes, think of all the money we're going to make. Uh, and she goes, I'm next. Uh, and Lazarus kind of makes a face because we know he's like just uh, not a. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, I'm famished. I got to eat. And he starts just shoveling food in his mouth. And the doctor comes up. He goes, energy deficit always happens when you do that. And Lazarus says, what do you see this kind of thing every day? And there he goes, not every day, but I've seen this kind of transformation before. And he goes, just like with the, like the, you know, stories about wishes, he goes, uh, there's something else. Uh, Lazarus goes, you don't know what you're talking about. Doctor goes, hypersonic sound waves, resonance. He goes, great idea. And Lazarus goes, well, at least you get the theory. And the doctor goes, well, do you know about all the variables? And he goes, well, you got to accept the variables. And the doctor goes, like, like I don't know, that was uh, something weird happened. 
And then his partner says, you're not qualified. The doctor says, if I didn't stop it, it would have, uh, you would have been in trouble. And uh, he goes, thanks anyway. We got it. He goes, it's just engineering because it was just lights. Uh, he goes, what happened was supposed to happen. And Martha says, have you run any tests about this? Like, says, I'm a doctor. I know a little bit more than you might. Uh, oh, he took a deep breath before he ate all the appetizers. And he goes, I don't need to run tests. He goes, look at me. I'm like uh, looking good. Uh, it's all the proof I need. And his partner says, don't worry. We'll certify it before we start operating commercially. Martha's like, commercially? That's not a good idea. It'd be chaos. And Lazarus says, chaos? No, change. Uh, evolution. And doctor goes, this is about vanity, not about evolution. And he goes, no, 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 this is about indefinite. Lazarus, you know, he goes, this is, you know, this. And they go, we got to talk business, you two. Excuse us, Lazarus and uh, uh, Thaw. And they go, you, we'll be laughing. Uh, and then the doctor and Martha, and he goes, oh, boy. And she goes, what do we do? And he goes, let's look into it. Uh, let's do our own tests. Uh and he had kissed Martha's hand, which, again, Martha's brilliance. She goes, look, uh, I got a little sample we could run tests on. Uh, so there's also the use of impossible at some point that I liked. Uh, uh, then Lazarus and, and Thaw are by themselves looking over at the window over London. Uh, or where I think that's where they're supposed to be. Oh, yeah, Martha lived in London, right? And they go back and forth. Uh, and they, he goes, that's where I grew up. And she goes, oh, boy, it'll be famous. Uh, he goes, well, it's gone now. And she, then they talk about uh, back in the day. And she goes, well, my parents sent me to the country. And he goes, well, I was here in London during that, all, that whole thing. It was not easy. It changed me. And then she goes, don't worry, we'll create an empire and rule together. And he goes, eh. and then he goes, actually, I have to, he goes, I still need to, to extract some energy. Also, he seems to be having some issues, which we find out is one of the variables. Yeah, uh, what's happening? Oh, wait a second. Did I skip a page? Uh, let's see. He's going back and forth. Uh, Richard's having some issues. Uh, the doctor and Martha are like going through the labs, uh, and they're saying, wait a second, this is Lazarus's DNA. Martha goes, uh, what's the big deal about it? And the doctor goes, it's transforming like those transformer cartoons. Remember those toys? And she goes, my goodness. So he turned himself into a transformer, not just a, a younger version of himself. And he goes, yeah, but he doesn't have the ability to control the transformation. And she goes, so it's a, he's a human transformer now. That's impossible, too. And the doctor goes, two impossible things in one night. Don't you love it when that happens? And she goes, well, I guess that means he changed his molecular patterns. Uh, and he goes, yeah, hypersonic sound waves. And she goes, but it's still, so he's going to transform at some point soon. And he goes, yeah, I don't know. We better find out. Uh, and they go, all right, we better get upstairs and look into this. Uh, then we're back with uh, Thaw and uh, Richard, who Richard begins to transform, but he didn't expect to transform into a transformer. And he transforms into this, like, crane truck, but it need, like it needs gasoline, but it doesn't, like, uh, 
So it tra transforms into a like a truck with a crane on the back. Or he does. Uh, and then he says, I must have gas. Uh, and he says, the lady thought, go to gas. Here's a gas can. Go to the gas station and get a gas, gas thing. She he goes, petrol. And she goes, what? And he goes, and I don't have a wallet anymore because I transformed. I guess everything transformed. Uh, so you're going to have to. And she goes, what? And she goes, forget this whole thing, Richard. I don't want to be transformed into a truck. Plus, there's not room in here for me. So uh, uh, that part happens. And uh, I mean, it was like pretty much like, uh, holy cow. So she's gone, lady. Uh, uh, um, Lady Thaw. Uh, so she's out. Uh, but she's also her mind's blown. She saw a human get younger and then change into a, a truck with a crane. So she's in such a space uh, that she just instead of going to get gas, she just goes to the big farm. Uh, then Martha. Oh no! Then Mom is goes. Tish, where's your sister? Uh. Uh, what's going on? Who's that doctor? And Tish goes, oh, I haven't seen them. I'm working. Uh, she goes, well, who is this guy? Mar Tish goes, I don't know. And she goes, she's running after him. Uh, and she goes, well, she's a doctor. She was doing her job trying to help because uh, mom didn't like the idea that Tish, or Martha was like, uh, you know, putting herself in action, but not without, you know, consequences, you know. And Leo goes, well, maybe he's her bloke, mom. Uh, and Francine goes, she needs to focus on being a doctor. There's something else going on. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Lazarus is transformed back into a human again. So he comes off the elevator dressed as a human. And he's not a transformer, but we know he is. And then he says, well, Letitia Jones, I recognize your soap. Uh, he goes, I'd like to talk to you for a second. We got to talk about work stuff. I think he said extraordinary uh, when he came off the elevator. Juice of an orange. Oh, no, this must be the doctor. Uh, fixed tie. Letitia's working. Letitia Jones. Okay, then Martha and the doctor are in his office. There's the David statue. There's also like a bottle of booze, like a bottle of scotch. Martha sees his shoes, so she says... Uh, that lady Thaw ran out of here so fast she forgot her shoes. Uh, the doctor goes, and there's a gas can, uh, uh, an empty gas can there. He goes, like, someone wanted it to be filled up. Uh, no shoes, no shoes in an empty gas can. That's weird. Uh, then uh, the dude and Tish are on the elevator. And he goes, you must need, oh, the doctor says, must need a lot of gas for something. He goes, I don't know, for part of the process. Then Letitia and Lazarus are on the elevator. And he says, geez, you, you're very, you got, she goes, he goes, so you've been working with us for a while, huh? And she goes, yeah, I'm, I'm good at my job. She goes, where are we going? He goes, oh, I thought I'd show you the view from the roof. Uh, Maybe that's what he says is extraordinary, yeah. yeah then Martha and, uh, uh, then Martha, let's see, elevator, faux tie, fixed tie, dude and Tish off, elevator extraordinary. Oh, yeah, Dr. Martha come back downstairs. 
And the doctor goes, where is he? And then Martha goes, I don't know. Then Leo goes, hey, Martha, what's up? Mom's looking for you. And Martha goes, well, where's Lazarus? He goes, oh, her and Tish just went upstairs. Uh, or him and Tish. And she goes, oh, boy. Then Mom tries to talk to the doctor. He goes, where'd they go upstairs? He goes, upstairs on the elevator, I guess. And Mom goes, doctor, I'd like to talk to you. But the doctor barges past uh, Martha's mom in such a way he, she, he even spills her drink. And she's wearing this, like, beautiful dress. So I thought that was a little bit rude. Uh, but, you know, those things happen. Uh, and uh, then... Uh, Mom says, Martha, I need to speak to you now. Uh, and Martha goes, not now, Mom, I got to run. Uh, then Martha tries, or Martha's mom tries to dry off. Uh, and this rando dude goes up to her. He goes, hey, here's a napkin. She goes, thanks. He goes, do you know that man? And she goes, he's a friend of my daughter's. Uh, and he goes, not a good choice in friends. Uh, let's see. Then... Uh, uh, they return to the office. Uh, no one's there. Doctor and Martha. The doctor goes, uses a sonic screwdriver to search for her. He goes, up oh, top floor, let's go. So they head up. Uh, Tish is with uh, Lazarus. She goes, can you just feel your face? He goes, yeah. She goes, this is weird. Uh, he goes, yeah, it's weird for me too. Still adjusting to it. She goes, same here. Uh, and they're up on the roof. There's a view of a cathedral and uh, a bunch of different cathedrals, actually. And she goes, what's that one? He goes, it's Southwark Cathedral, the oldest one in London. Oh, because she says it's a church or a clock tower. He goes, no, it's a cathedral. And then uh, the doctor goes, a doctor shows up with Martha. And the doctor starts reading, uh, doing poetry a little bit. Uh, Oh, there's also a bar cart there, which is weird. Uh, but the doctor goes, uh, oh, Lazarus goes, oh, you know T.S. Eliot, that's great. Uh, and Martha goes, Martha, or Tish goes, Martha, what are you doing? And Martha says, Tish, this dude is up to no good. And then they have, you know, sisterly rebellion. She says, don't tell me what to do. And the doctor goes, I'm not surprised you're into poetry, Lazarus, uh, since you're so busy defying the laws of nature. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, life's too short for me to do any everything. But uh, he goes, I'm going to have three or four lifetimes now. And the doctor goes, come on. That's not how it works. We all know that. Uh, it's not time. It's people. It's not time that matters. It's people. And he goes, well, right person, the right amount of time. It's a gift. And the doctor goes, mm, maybe not a gift. Uh, more than meets the eye. Isn't that what they used to say in Transformers? Uh, and uh, Lazarus goes, what are you talking about? Martha goes, Tish, get over here. And Tish goes, Martha, why are you interrupting uh, this? Uh, and she goes, he's a transformer. And Tish goes, like, uh, yeah, he transformed into a, from a, like a more mature person into a much younger person. And then uh, Lazarus transforms into the crane truck. Uh, and Tish goes, did he just transform into a, tr a, a crane truck? And now his engine's revving and his crane's moving. And he's saying, get, get me gas in a way that doesn't, and they, they go, let's get out of here. And then we cut to a commercial. 
Uh, we cut back to the commercial. Uh, transforms, get out of here. Then there's the elevator. They're waiting for the elevator. Tish, Martha, and the doctor. Power goes out, so all the doors close in the building. Even the doors automatically shut down. Uh, but they get to the lobby, uh, the doctor, Tish, and Martha. The doctor throws Martha the sonic screwdriver. He goes, open the doors, setting uh, 54, no, what did I get? Setting 754. Uh, 754, he says, do that. Uh, I said, oh, well, Martha knows how to use settings. I said, I don't remember how to do, I don't know how to do that. I'd be like, what do you mean? How do you do 754? Uh, then the doctor says, everyone get out of here. Party's over. There's a transformer out in the building. And some person says, transformer? I, what is it? That's ridiculous. My kids did. When I was a kid, my brother had transformers. And I thought they were lame. Uh, and he goes, you got to get out of here. And she goes, we're having all of uh, snackers or whatever you said, uh, tiddlers. Uh, and next thing you know, the crane transformer truck drives down the stairs, and it makes a big mess because it's a giant truck with a crane on the back. And he starts just moving his crane around with gas cans, trying to get people to get gas. Uh, and the person that yelled at the doctor, she ends up holding a gas can. He goes, go get gas right now and pay for it. So she runs out. But then everybody's trying to get out of there. Uh Mom's looking, she says, Leo, Leo. Uh, and then the doctor's trying to distract Lazarus, Lazarus truck. Uh, Francine saying, Martha, come with me. Oh, Leo gets bumped by a gas can. So he's like uh, resting. He says, I just got to throw in a gas can and I wasn't expecting it. The doctor's saying, Lazarus, you can't control this. You're going to be stuck as a truck for the rest of your life. Uh, and people can't just go fetch you gas, and you don't have opposable thumbs, so you won't be able to fill up your own gas. Uh, this was a mistake. Because uh, you're going to be a footnote in the history of failure, which he doesn't like. So, of course, he chases after the doctor, honking his horn, saying, buy me gas, buy me gas. Uh, or petrol, I guess. I'm sorry. Martha says that was a distraction to buy us time. Leo, uh, let's get everybody outside. Mom, get Leo some air. She goes, come on, I'll be right behind you, Tish. Let's get moving here. And then the doctor tries to play hide-and-seek, which is tough or easy for the doctor. Uh, harder for Lazarus, the truck, because he has to push his way through stuff. The doctor says, you're never going to find me. And he goes, well, I'll just plow through everything. He goes, you're very arrogant. Uh, couldn't you have seen this was going to happen? And he goes, you're arrogant, a doctor. You're in the way of progress. Uh, now I'll be a truck. I could get maintenance forever. And the doctor says, that's delusional. Uh, uh, then Trish is waiting for Martha to open the door. Martha goes, a super action move, slides over a desk, and then uses the 754 sonic screwdriver to open the door. Everybody goes outside. Uh, then Lazarus actually says peekaboo as he sees the doctor with his crane, because he has crane on his crane on the ball part of the crane. He, has, he can see stuff. So he says peekaboo, which I thought was funny. Um, 
then Martha goes, okay, I got to go back and help the doctor. Her mom goes, no, 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 no. And she goes, yeah, I have to help. It's uh, what's right. Uh, your mom goes, you really changed. Is it because of this doctor? And Tish goes, mom, he's trying to help. Uh, he helped us get out of there. Martha goes, I'm not leaving him behind. Uh, so she runs in. Then there's more hide-and-seek and, and back-and-forth between the doctor and Lazarus. The doctor goes on the run. He actually runs into Martha, who's running after him. She goes, here's your sonic screwdriver. It's a nice, cute, amusing scene because uh, they're both happy to see one another. Uh, he says, hello, uh, I think. Uh, and he goes, she goes, what's going on? He goes, well... Uh, Oh, I forgot there was a scene in the lab where the doctor kind of tries to, it's like a, like, like a high school lab with Bunsen burners. So he tries to use the uh, glass from the beakers to pop the tires of Lazarus, which seemed like it worked. But then when he meets up from Lazarus, the, he's still trucking Lazarus right after him. He says, nope, uh, you know, burst-proof tires. And the doctor goes, he's so, so more annoyed. Uh, then Tish is outside with Mom. She goes, don't worry. Her and the doctor look out for each other. And the Mom goes, I can't believe she went in there without us. And Leo goes, he must be some dude. Uh, Tish goes, yeah, maybe she loves him. Uh, and Mom goes, she just met him. What are you talking about? Then that same dude goes up to Mom again. And he says, uh, let's see, slides. Oh, wait, I'm behind on that one. Uh, Oh, yeah, very Jurassic Park, uh, that moment in the lab, like the scene in the cafeteria in Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, and then the guy goes up to his mom, Francine's mom, that same guy. He goes, uh, there's something you should know about the doctor, and he whispers into Francine's ear. Uh, then we come back, to. then they go to commercial. Then the doctor and Martha run. Uh, they actually have to run into the transformation chamber because uh, that's the only place they could find to jump into. And the doctor says, okay, we'll hide here for a second. It's a tight fit again, because uh, they don't want to lead him outside where the people are. Uh, and he goes, he won't break this thing because he needs it. Uh, and she goes, yeah, we're stuck. And he goes, yeah, we'll figure it out. And she goes, you don't have a plan? He goes, yeah, well, I'll get in here, come up with a plan. Uh and she goes, oh, take your time then. And then he goes, okay, let me get on the floor and work on this. She goes, doing what? He goes, improvise. And she goes, what is it? What, how, what's a transformer anyway? Are they from Earth? He goes, uh, not just human. Uh, he goes, but yeah, human. He goes, this one is a human, yeah, human transformer, I guess. It doesn't make any sense, but... Uh, he goes, it wasn't, he goes, it was locked in your jeans. And she goes, like Pandora's box? He goes, yeah, by the way, nice shoes. Then uh, Lazarus hits a big red button, so the machine starts going. Uh, there's black lights on, it starts to spin, and Martha goes, can you pick up the pace? He goes, yeah, I'm going to reflect energy. And he goes, maybe I'll uh, shrink him down or something. Uh, and then he gets it, uh, there's a big energy burst. Uh, uh, Martha comes out. She's holding her tummy, which I thought was a good, a good thing. Uh, Lazarus is asleep on the floor, uh, as a young man, but with no clothes on. And, uh, the doctor says, pitiful, uh, out with the whimper. So then they kind of take him in. They say, they say, oh, well, no one believes this stuff. Uh, so they say, oh, let's just take him in, uh, and, uh, 
get him some water. Some people come to help. Uh, the doctor and Tish and uh, doctor and Martha meet up with Tish and mom and Leo. Mrs. Jones says, stay away from my daughter. And Martha goes, what? And he goes, doctor goes, moms don't like me. And she goes, I've heard things about you, doctor. And she goes, this isn't the doctor's fault. Uh, he uh, saved us. And Leo goes, it was Tish that invited us to this party. But then they hear a truck start up again, and then the doors open or drives off. And they say, oh, boy, that sounded like a crane truck. Uh, and they see it was on the streets. So Dr. and Martha run after him. Southwark Cathedral, Tish says, that's where he's going. Because uh, the doctor goes to church. She goes, no, Cathedral, Southwark Cathedrals. Or Suffolk Cathedral, maybe. The doctor, uh, let's see. So then uh, uh, they go in there. Uh, Martha goes, do you think you're in there? The doctor's like all like action moves with his sonic screwdriver, tracking him down. Uh, sanctuary, tense music. Uh, then they find him. Uh, oh, they say, where, where else would you go for sanctuary? Then he's wrapped in a blanket in the cathedral. And he says, geez, I came here a long time ago uh, uh, for sanctuary when I was really young. And the doctor says, yeah, it was a tough time when you were young. Uh, and he goes, and I swore I would always, you know, I would do, do whatever it took to transform into something more powerful and longer lasting. I always wanted to be more than meets the eye. And the doctor goes, well, that's, he goes, that's, he goes, that kind of stuff's what make you, makes you human. He goes, no, 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 avoiding that stuff is what makes us human. He goes, I'm going to be more than meets the eye. And the doctor goes, but you're good. And he starts to transform again. And transformers even make a sound in the cartoon that goes, uh, can't do it on a sleep podcast. So it goes, do, do, something like that. And so the die, he starts to transform. Martha goes, he's transforming. And the doctor goes, yeah, I know. We got to get him to the bell tower. Martha goes, up there? And the di Lazarus says, doctor, you're so sentimental. Maybe you're older than you look. And he goes, the longer life isn't always the best because uh, you just get tired, tired of struggle, tired of losing everyone. He goes, you end up all alone, which pays off at the end. He goes, that's the price we're paying. Lazarus says, doctor goes, nope. He goes, I'm about to transform. And Martha goes, uh, hey, Lazarus, uh, you want some gas? My sister and I have uh, gas upstairs in our gas cans. Uh, somehow they had gas cans. They thought to carry in gas cans. Uh, really filled with water, but not important. They swish him around. He starts running after them. Like uh, Martha goes, doctor, we're going up to the tower. So, again, we have this heroic moment from Martha. Oh, a good laugh uh, from uh, him at one point. Accept what you cannot change. So then there's a race to the top. Martha's like, yeah, this is a bait move, uh, Tish. Because uh, Tish says, what are you doing? Uh, she goes, we're going to bait him. Uh, and so they head to the top. He's changing and chasing them. Like he transforms into the truck at some point after he gets to the top of the stairs. Uh, the doctor goes to the organ. He goes, hypersonic sound waves. He starts to use his sonic screwdriver with the organ. Uh, I think that was before. There was an ad before that, maybe. Uh, but yeah, then they get to the top. Uh, 
and he kind of has them cornered, Martha and Tish, in the di- like uh, he starts swinging around his uh, crane, trying to grab their gas cans, and they're diving out of the way. But Martha's so smooth, she says, hey, oh, 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 no, I'm going to drop my gas can. But then she almost drops it, and then she says, oh, boy, I don't want to drop a gas can in a cathedral, even though it's filled with water. Uh, wouldn't be a great idea. Uh, so, so I don't know if, uh, when you play that thing, you play the bells, uh, but I, I, I'm a little, uh, uh, but he says, hypersonic sound waves inspired. So I don't know. Oh, and then there's an ad in there at some point. Uh, and, uh, he said, wait, wait a second. What was the ad before? Uh, it was, well, before, before the doctor got to the Oregon so after the ad, the doctor's at the Oregon. He pauses. I said, dude, you're taking it forever to get this Oregon going. He said, did you say Oregon? And I said, no, Oregon. Like, get you the Oregon, start Oregon playing. He's like cracking his knuckles. I mean, I guess if he didn't want to do it. That's when Martha tells Tish at their bait. And then they duck and uh, play to catch and hide and catch, catch and seek with the um, gas cans. We also see Martha has really good upper arm strength, uh, her ability to toss the gas cans and tish. Uh, she said, well, it's impressive. Like, uh, uh, the doctor says, I'm going to turn up to 11, 111. He's playing on two different levels on the Oregon, which I think was interesting. And he plays so loud that it jams all the controls of the crane truck, which goes over uh, the belfry into the center of the church again. Uh, and he returns to, uh, transforms instantly on his way uh, to rest. Uh, he's a naked man again. At first, a young man. Uh, Tish grabs Martha, so she saves the day, or saves Martha's day. And then they like uh, they say, okay, doctor. Doctor says, Martha? And she says, don't worry, we're okay, we're okay. Uh, and Martha and say, she's like, uh, thank you for saving me, Tish. And Tish goes, well, it's the doctor that saved all of us from that crane truck human. Uh, cut it close, huh? Martha goes, doctor always cuts it close. It's what makes it fun. And Tish goes, well, who is he? And she goes, he's the doctor. But she has a look in his eye, that's her eye, that's very important. Uh, then we're downstairs. The doctor uh, says, uh, Lazarus, you've gone to sleep uh, forever in the place uh, where, tra- you know, in the um, all spark beyond the all sparks. You're once again united with the all spark. Uh, Marcy goes, nice job on the keys, uh, maestro. Uh, you're like Paige, the chairman of the boards. Uh, and he goes, oh, well, you know, if you hang around with Beethoven, you're bound to pick something up. Uh, she goes, yeah, it was loud, too. Uh, then we see the doctor, his key goes in. I saw a key go into a keyhole for the TARDIS. I said, holy cow, a key in the TARDIS door. Have I seen that before? Uh, they're in Mar- Martha's room. Uh, and Martha's kind of like the one doing the uh, like a pre-breakup kind of thing. She goes, okay, well, this is a pattern, so uh, you should take care in the future and the past or whatever period you find yourself in. And the doctor goes, we had fun, though, didn't we? And she goes, yeah, we did. Uh, and I, I don't know, I really love the, like the, 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 this character because she says, uh, 
Yeah. The doctor goes, well, how about one more trip? She goes, no. He goes, well, I thought you had fun. And she goes, yeah, but it's not fair for me to just go on these trips with you. And he's got like his happy doctor face on at first. And she she goes, I'm not going to be a passenger. So when you take along for a treat, uh, if you just see me as a passenger, I'd rather stay home. The doctor goes, oh, okay, then. First, he acts surprised. Uh, like, and he says, oh, okay. And then she goes, oh, okay, then, fine. Uh, uh, and she goes, great, bye. She gives him this look, great. She goes, okay. Well, we'll see you later. And she turns her back, walks off, and she kind of, like, keeps her back at him. She goes, aren't you getting out of here then? Uh, she goes, we already said goodbye once. You better hit the road. And he just stands there. And she goes, what? And he said, I said, okay. And she goes, you're right. And he goes, okay. And then he, like, turns his head towards the TARDIS, like, okay, you're my partner now. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he goes into doctor mode. They hug. And she goes, he goes, you're never a partner or passenger anyway, were you? Obviously, she wasn't. Uh... And then they go into the TARDIS. It vanishes. Then mom calls. She leaves a message. She says, it's your mother. Call me back. I know the doctor. I know who he is. Uh, Harold Saxon. I said, am I supposed to know who Harold Saxon is? He's the one that told on the doctor. So call me back. He's done no good. Bye. And with that, the episode comes to a close. Uh, Good night.